Uh, welcome in, guys. Welcome in. Uh, Rach, uh, Jamie, um, Dax, Mikey, Lorna. Welcome in, guys. How are we today? Um, as you can see, I'm joined by these two handsome gentlemen, Mr. Got Red On You and uh, and Collective Unit. Um, uh, firstly, Jamie, mwah, thank you so much for the sub. Mikey, mwah, thank you so much for the sub. And Mikey, mwah, thanks so much for the gift to Lorna. I appreciate it so much, guys. How are we this, uh, this evening? Um... As we have explained, we are going to be talking today about the Oscars films. Um, we have been tasked by myself um, to watching all 22 films, uh, or not all, sorry, not all the films, of course, but as part of the, the categories that, that I had chosen for us to, to watch, there's 22 films. Um, so we're going to go through each one uh, and we're going to uh, chat about it and, and basically take it from there. Uh, but guys, welcome. How are we? Yeah, all good. Excited for this. Excited to kind of go off on it, I suppose, is the phrase. Go off on it? Yeah. Get, getting off About on it. About one or two. Yeah, good. Well, we've just started, Matthew. <laughs> do you know what I mean? We don't have to do this. We don't have to start like this. Yes, we do. This is my stream. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sorry. I forgot about that. Collie, how are we doing? Yeah, I'm all good. Again, excited to, to chat about some of these films, majority of these films. Excellent, excellent. Yeah. <laughs> Snez, thanks for the hundred bits. Um, guys, I would say, as you've probably seen, I've got new overlays and stuff just for this the stream, so it's not the normal uh, Batista shaking the ropes and the and the the noises and stuff. And there's no TTS as well. Uh, so sorry, Snez. <laughs> but I may replay that for you the next stream I do, which is actually going to be too much time. But I'll remember. I'll remember. Don't worry. Don't worry. Um. So uh. So yes. Yeah. Uh. As I say, we watched twenty two films. Um. How did you guys feel it went in general? You know, was it a, a, a good crop? Was there, you know, did you find you were getting burnt out by the end of it? Or what were your thoughts? Yeah, by by the end of it, there was a few that I kind of held off on and I probably should have got through them first. You know, um, there was a couple of slogs. I, I enjoyed it, though. I enjoyed kind of, I, I'm a big, you know, you should have a, you should have seen them to have an opinion on them type thing. And I know that some people don't do that, but like, I, yeah, I've, uh, I enjoyed the experience cause I haven't had the chance to do it before. So, um, yeah, but there are some that, uh, I won't be watching again. Of course you can just go on YouTube, Todd, if you've not seen the film and just watch some clips. <laughs> Watch the clips and form an opinion based on that. That was so funny. Oh, I was um, boiling about it as well. Absolutely um, raging. For for me, there was more good than bad in the in the in the films that we were watching. So overall, I enjoyed my time. Good, good. good. I, I agree with yourself, Collie. Again, I, I I think it was actually with both of you. I think there was some that I left towards end that maybe if I'd watched them earlier on, I would have enjoyed them a wee bit more. Um, you know, it, it's it's understandable to get a bit burnt out as you go further uh, down the line i'm not as you know uh, my free time basically i felt was spent just watching movies or walking the dog so it was a bit of a uh i don't know i suppose that's probably a good oh, so thing. you're certainly not spending your spare time recording marvel podcasts anyway that's for sure fuck's sake <laughs> <laughs> so right just to put it out there just to put it out there the plan was that i was going to finish this i was going to do this stream uh, so watch all the movies do this and then the wake up call this is important uh then uh, <laughs> then from like tomorrow i'm gonna be doing marvel podcast stuff i swear i swear <laughs> tomorrow never comes that's the old line isn't it so we'll see we'll see hi all right ronan keaton um okay anyway <laughs> <laughs> uh so the first uh the first fuck hold on is she working 
I've got these new ear, got these new earpods. Uh, and they're not me, but it's fine. Uh, right. So the first category. Yeah, what we're what, chat what, about what today, better time um, to try out new technology? You know what I mean? Fucking hell. I know. I know. Wait. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Oh God. Wait a sec. We've cut out. Hold on. Oh fucking hell! Just plug in the normal headphones. Oh my god. Oh. <laughs> wait, 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 hold on, hold on. No! Right, wait. Massey runs a tight ship, oh, guys, god. not a shite tip. Oh god. Remember this. Oh god. Oh god. Wait. My spare time's really limited. <laughs> there we go, there we go. That's it now, that's it now. Are you sure? We're good? Yeah, yeah, we're good, I think. I said, you just go use your normal head. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> Fucking hell. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> okay, so the first, uh, the first set of films, the first nominations that we're going to be talking about, the first category we talk about of the Oscars 2022, which of course is, is it Sunday morning for us? Saturday night, Sunday morning, isn't it? Uh, no, yeah. Sunday night, Monday Sunday morning. Night, Monday morning. Right. Sunday night, sorry. Perfect, perfect. Um, so the be- the first category is... Uh, oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> Best animated feature. <laughs> so the nominations for the Best Animated Feature of the 2022 Academy Awards is Encanto, Flea, Luca, The Mitchells vs. The Machines, Rhea, and The Last Dragon. Who wants to kick us off? I'll I'll go first if he wants. Go for it. Uh, Right. So, uh, like, for me, when we were talking about the crop, I think this is the crop. Do you know what I mean? I think in terms of a category, we, we like, this is, like, I struggled out of these to pick at least... I think there was at least three that were sort of front runners for the longest time. And and just as a point, uh, we were talking in uh, Collective Stream the other day, we were talking about... um, you know how many we've watched and how many we're watching again i've only managed to see all of them once so uh, it, out of them this is sort of the one where i would go back again and, and watch them over um so uh from encanto to start with it just uh, was phenomenal i stuck it on as like a kind of i had a lot to do i think i was in the kitchen um and i had a fair bit to do and i stopped everything i was doing and watched it and danced about the kitchen like an absolute <laughs> nugget. It, w- it It's like, I'm, I'm a fan of Lin-Manuel Miranda, you know, and it, it stinks of him. It has that about him, but it also has like a kind of um, a, a new feel to it, something that he hasn't done before. Um, so that for me was, was fantastic. Um, I don't know if any of you, like, are we, do you want to touch on any of the others? Do you want to, is there any that like stood out in particular? Yeah, no, I mean, for me, in Canto as well, like, I'm a, I'm a big Disney fan, um, and, it, like, I'm just kind of looking back at my, because I did Letterboxd, um, I know, Todd, you've got your wee, uh, your wee book that you're writing to, um, but I did Letterboxd, so I Fucking patronising, Jesus Christ. <laughs> you want to hear him, mate? Honestly, it's disgusting, just because I don't use a website. <laughs> just because I love uh, your book. I know in Newcastle, like, you guys have limited access to stuff, but, come on, come on. And Anyway, <laughs> um, yeah, so I did like, uh, obviously, like five star uh, rankings, uh, or sorry, I went with five stars for, for rankings for the animated films. And I think, uh, as you said, this is probably the, the most stacked, what the stacked category that there is. Uh, I don't think there was one under four and a half stars. Uh, just phenomenal. Um, 
but yes, Encanto. Uh, what I loved about it, it's not your typical animated film or animated Disney film movie. There's not a villain as such. Um, it is just, you know, about the family. Uh, and uh, as you say, of course, the songs, Lin-Manuel Miranda, I'm, of course, a big fan of his. I don't know if you've heard of a musical called Hamilton that he did. Uh, no? Little one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um so yeah absolutely I, I it blew me away blew me away um and, and i did give that a five stars uh on my in my rankings um Collie, what was your thoughts on kano yeah i loved it so the first time i watched it was actually in a movie night with dax and his community um so we're doing the text chat during it and thereafter like listened to quite a lot of the music on spotify and stuff um for the next wee while and then i've went back and watched it the twice uh, twice um, since then, uh, I thought it was really, really good. I, I'm the same as you. Like, love like Disney, love the musical ones that they do and stuff. And and it was an interesting angle that they went with with the no villain. Um, all about discovering, you know, that. Um, is it Mirabel? Mirabel's the main character, is it? Yeah, yeah, Mirabel. She didn't need a gift and all that kind of stuff. Like, was inside her all along, and she was the one that needed to to help the family and in, in, in or the the village as well in a less obvious way. So yep. I thought it was good. Uh, Stephanie Beatrice's uh, voice in her was really good as well. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, just I mean, like you can tell straight away that it's a Disney animated style, big eyes and and stuff like that. But I think like the culture that they were going for, um, the songs and stuff were were really really well put together. Um, don't talk about Bruno was a personal one that I really liked, mm-hmm. uh, song wise. Um, along with um, uh, the one that what's the song? Isabella sings with her when she goes to visit Isabella and asking for the hug and stuff like that she needs. Mm-hmm. Can't remember the title of that song, but yeah, mm-hmm. I, I really, really good. Thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, it's so for for me, like, are we wanting to do the the picks at the end of our discussions of like each category? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah, cool. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, sorry, just because uh, we don't talk about Bruno. Um, am I right in thinking that's the first Disney song to get in the top 40? Was that? I'm sure that was the, the stat that I heard. There was and something, I, yeah. I, I, I liked it, but the one with Isabella, um, the one about the, the pressure, drip, 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 that yeah. kind of thing, that for me was like a, a, a one that was on repeat. I thought like the, the individual songs that they all had were like, were all like fantastic. And I don't think you get that a lot in these musical films like there's always one where you're like right let's you know like hurry yeah. up let's get through it and i don't think we had it with that I, well i don't feel like it anyway mm-hmm. um i feel like there was there was plenty of like bangers so to speak yeah. um yeah i agree and I, I think as well the um the representation was incredible as well you know you had um the the, the sister that was the strong one the, the masculine woman um who you know, you don't you don't see that in in films. Never mind animated films. Um, so I thought it was very brave some of the choices they made with that. Um, did you see the uh, the conspiracy theory about or not conspiracy, but the theory about how she didn't get her powers? No, no, I've not read anything into it. So Zoe Zoe saw it on TikTok, uh, and basically, you know how they like touched the door and got their powers before Mirabel actually like wiped her hand, and they said that that was what it was. But they never they never reference it or anything. But it's just like a little. A little thing that um Feedy. None of the others do, yeah. Yeah, 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 totally, totally. Um excellent. Anything else you want to add about Encanto there at all or No, uh, no I think no, just, I'm good. Sorry, just what uh, Collie said about Stephanie Beatrice. Like mm. 
how she is in in the Heights, uh, which is another Lin Manuel Miranda joint, and then how she is in Brooklyn Nine Nine. She's st- sort of typecast as this kind of like loud and sassy kind of like she didn't play that at all, and it was it was I know we didn't see her, but for her to play that kind of character, like I just think she's got big things ahead of her. I know she's she's not exactly low in the career. I know she's not just starting out, but I just think this is like the kind of jumping off point for her. Yeah, um, yeah that was what that was. No, definitely, definitely. Yeah. Um, so Rach says Encanto was the first one in a long time that, that I haven't looked at my phone during it. Uh, yeah, I absolutely agree. It was it was very very engaging. Lorna loved the songs. Um, Mikey says Mitchell vs Machines. Well, we'll get to that. Uh, Hamilton never heard of it. Yeah, I know. Uh, Mikey says be careful, don't talk about Bruno, and it got to number one. Apparently, got to number one. Oh, oh right, wow, wow. Okay. Is, yeah, is... I, I was just, I was just reading that there. Actually, it was number. Where are we? Where is it? From number 66 to number four in its second week and reached number one in its fourth charting week and was there for seven weeks. Wow. Jesus Christ. First ever original Disney song to top the chart. Oh, top the chart. Okay. Yeah. That is wild. Um, But I mean, again, you know, as you say, you know, uh, obviously the the drip song, as Lorna just put it there, um, I, I... Really enjoys. I thought it really sounded really Katy Perry-ish, you know, like the the way she was singing it and stuff. Um, but of course, don't talk about Bruno as well. It was 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 a very good song. Um, Sugarcane, welcome in. How are you? How's things? Uh, right. Moving on to the next one that is on our list of best animated films is Flea. Who wants to start us off? Here? Um, you want to take this one or will I? I'm yeah, I mean, I'm, I, I'm easy. I, I can yeah, take this one. This, this is yeah, cool. Um, so Flea for me was incredible uh one of the first ones i watched um before we started doing this uh and it's obviously a story about the uh an, an immigrant coming from afghanistan um but it's done in an animated way it's done as a, like a obviously a documentary as well um which is incredibly brave and incredibly uh unique i've never seen anything like it before um and some of the animation that I, it took me a while to get my head around it I thought it was it was kind of it looked sort of sticky, the kind of stop motion a wee bit at first, uh, but once I kind of clicked with it, like phenomenal, absolutely blew me away. I was I was glued to screen with it. Um, yeah, just it's it's. I don't know where you can. I, don't, I watched it legally, of course. Um, I don't know where you can catch it, but it was. Um, yeah, it's one of those that I um, I, I had I kept thinking about it for days afterwards. Um, just. It just touched something with me. Just I don't know. It just it just hit me. Um, what did you guys think of it? Yeah, I thought it was great. The, the the kind of the graphic novel kind of style yeah. of the, of the animation was was really really good for a change. Um, because like three out of the five of these are quite similar in animation style. One of the others has got like a distinctive studio style. So this was very different to all of them. Obviously tackling a lot of heavy subjects in in terms of um sexuality and um you know uh, racism and, and all that kind of stuff uh, coming from afghanistan to denmark um which is you know a fair culture shock and stuff so i thought i thought the topics that were that were touched on was really good i thought the story and the way that it was presented like you say in a documentary kind of flashback-esque style at times um like warping back to previous experiences and stuff was really good so Again, I just enjoyed this as a kind of not a break in a negative way, but just as as a complete one hundred and eighty to 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 all of the other films in this category. It was really good that it did get nominated. Um, some some years you just see these and it's literally just all the kind of 
DreamWorks and Pixar films that have come out that year by proxy. This is a bit different. I highly recommend. Um, it, it's not the easiest to get a hold of. I think I rented it for like three ninety nine on on iTunes or Apple or whatever. Um, so uh, I had to pay that twice. <laughs> I should have just bought it. But um, yeah, it's, I highly recommend people when it, even when it becomes more widespread, if it ever appears on on uh, Netflix and that highly highly recommend sitting down and watching it for a night. So I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. What about you, Todd? Yeah, yeah. I, like echoing everything you've said, I think it was like an amazing choice to to put in because it could have just gone into documentary. It could have gone into best international feature. Like I think it, it was it was um, fresh is the word. Fresh is the word. Um, I love the fact that they could have chosen any song from like the period where they were, but they chose Take On Me as they went to that first flashback. And I was like, how that video is and then that straight away, I just thought was a lovely little touch. But yeah, great story. And like you say, it it, it took me a minute. It took me a minute to kind of get into it. Um, and once I was in, I was hooked. Like I say, it's not easy to get hold of. Um, but it's uh, it's something that I think everybody should be watching. Just again to get that perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, and and again, that's why it falls heavily into the documentary thing. But um, yeah, it was absolutely brilliant. Absolutely. And, and as you say, the perspective of, you know, I don't know if I've ever actually had this sort of um, almost mainstream kind of glimpse into the, you know, the life of someone fleeing from, uh, you know, a war-torn country or, you know, having to go through like these, the people trafficking and, and stuff like that. Um, again, okay, I know it wasn't, it wasn't like live action and things, but it gives you an incredible insight into it and, um yeah a kind of a view from the other lens isn't it it's uh how the other side has to live survive yeah i I think if you again going down that documentary angle if you make a documentary about somebody fleeing from a country they're not going to have the camera on them the entire time so you either have to be really lucky that they caught all that footage or you've got to piece it together with pictures and images that have been taken that isn't personal to that story or the worst thing you can do which not always the worst thing one of the worst things you can do is reenact it and then it doesn't have that that same feeling where this had that like that personal touch to it as well i thought that was really cool i thought that worked exceptionally well for it as well so definitely definitely uh okie doke perfect anything else you want to add about fleet nope nope, nope. i'm good cool. cool uh right so um luca uh, it's uh, another, obviously, uh, Disney film. Um, Todd, do you want to take this one? Uh, yeah, so for me, uh, this was, again, excellent group, but the worst of a very good bunch. Uh, I, like, I don't think I'll watch this. I can see myself watching the others again. And although I enjoyed it, I can't see myself watching it again. Uh, like, I, I don't know particularly why it didn't do anything offensive. It wasn't, I can't sit and be like, it's shite and start whinging about it. But it just wasn't, for me, it didn't have that kind of magic and the enjoyment that the rest of them did. Um, I love the characters. Um, and obviously with it being set in Italy and it has that feel about it, I, I really enjoyed that side of things. But I don't know what it was. I, I can't, I, I don't know. I don't know what it was, but it wasn't something that I would like. I would put forward as a a best animated at the Oscars for me. Okay, Collie. Yeah, I, I kind of echo that sentiment. Like again, like I wouldn't say it's the worst. Uh, I would reword it as in the least good because it was still yeah. good in its own right. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
Sitting in the Italian Riviera was really good, I thought. Like, culturally, again, like in Kanto, it's maybe something that's not been overly represented, certainly in animated side of things. And the underwater stuff, like, if Pixar do anything good, it's underwater um, animations and scenes and colours and stuff. I thought it was really, really um, good. The transition from when he was the monster to the boy, I thought was really cool. Um, I thought the, the, the dynamic between the two boys was probably my favourite part with it like how they were um look i was enticed away to to come out of the water and he was he was scared to do so at first and then they were all about getting this vespa and stuff um i thoroughly enjoyed it I, again like i would I, I wouldn't say that i wouldn't rewatch it but i thought it was the weakest of the or the least good of, of the of the of the five um but again i would i would really um recommend people go in and, and check it out um it's a lovely like coming of age story especially for the boy and his parents that dynamic's really nice as well. So overall, I highly, highly enjoyed it, but they're just better ones in the category. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, again, I completely agree. I, th- I think it's um, pretty unanimous that this is the weaker one of the of the five that were obviously nominated. Um, it's, uh, I definitely, I, I agree. I think the, the Italian kind of uh, Riviera setting and, and feel as well, like it, it kind of felt like it was, it was almost felt like it was filmed as an Italian film, um, even though it's obviously animated, uh, and it had those little little pieces that, that, that made it feel really Italian. Um, almost like, um, I don't know if you've ever seen Porco Rosso, the Shiro Ghibli film. Yep. You know, it kind of felt like that sort of, uh, that sort of feeling as well um, with, with the film. Obviously, obviously not about flying a pig, but, uh, but, uh, but yeah, absolutely. Again, you're absolutely right. It's one of those that I thought was really, 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 really good. And if it didn't, if it wasn't such a um, strong um, category, then, you know, it could very well be winning best animated feature in, in pretty much any other year, essentially. But um, because it's so strong this year, uh, it is obviously the, the, as you put it perfectly, Collie, the, the less good of the of the bunch, absolutely. Yeah, just absolutely. just on the, just on that Studio Ghibli note, like um, Enrico Casarosa that did this, he did La Luna, which is a short that was a Academy nominated before. If you've not seen that, it's very much like uh, Miyazaki's style from Ghibli, and he there's a quote here that I I did I did note um, describe the result as a film that pays homage to Federico Fellini and other classic Italian filmmakers with a dash of Miyazaki in the mix too. So if you've pulled that like without even knowing that that's what they were going for out of it, then it, they've pretty much nailed what they were going for like from a technical standpoint and an animation standpoint. Absolutely, absolutely. Brilliant. Uh, right, next one. The Mitchells versus The Machines. Uh, Collie, do you want to take us? Yeah, uh, so this, this is... Uh, one of the aside from flea this is the one that's the, the most different i guess of of the five it's um the way that sony seem to be moving forward with their animation studio as it stands very much in the ilk of into the spider-verse um the kind of cutaways and um when oh god what's the girl's name that's that's bad um katie katie the main girl when she was doing our little movies on our laptop and stuff like that <laughs> like it was almost like meme videos and stuff like that and then when she was out in the world telling the story through her eyes like her, her like um like a cat would go over her dad's face and stuff like that the way she was picturing it and it was very much a larger than life kind of animation style that they were going for um i thought the story was really good um i thought the 
whole hair wanting to go away from college. At, at first, I was like, oh, this has been played out to death. Like, you know, it's been done in so many films all the way back to, like, Goofy Movie and stuff like that. But the way that they went about it, I thought, was really good. Um, you know, they, they kind of reconciled the, the, the daughter um, and, and Katie and her dad. And then when the robots were trying to manipulate her in the show, they, they, they've captured the footage of her being like, oh, no, I only said that because I want him to do something. So obviously manipulating her dad. And then it comes full circle around again, and then the, and then she realizes that her dad gave up his dream of being a recluse in the in the in the wilderness. And then there's that home video of like her, him being like, "Oh, it's worth it" and stuff like that. It was very much an emotional film in that regard. I think they, as silly as it was, um, for for the fact that like the the villain was a phone, a little touchscreen phone. Um, <laughs> the emotional aspect I thought was really well done. It wasn't like sappy. Or like overplayed i thought it was sentimentally just like pretty spot on for me so um yeah i, I love this film and i'll be watching it for a long long time i think uh, i think it'll be one of my ones that if i fancy just like a sunday afternoon animated film this is one that i'll just chuck on and and watch and i'm really looking forward to picking it up on 4k at some point i think it'll look really good like into the spider-verse on 4k looks incredible with all the colors and stuff and i think this is going to be the same mm-hmm. going forward so i think this is um well worth of, of being in this category i i really really enjoyed it yeah i i agree and um i think chris uh, phil lord and chris miller were the producers is that right or at least one of them was um, yeah i think so yeah and it's very much their style of of filmmaking you know as you said spider-verse um you know they did obviously like 21 jump street uh, or the jump street films as well uh and it's it's totally totally got their fingerprints all over it um and uh I completely agree. You know the, the the even the more emotional um beats in the film as well were perfectly toned. It, it wasn't overdoing it. It was it was um believable. Uh, and you know for a, a film about where robots <laughs> literally uh take over and and you know uh it was it was genuine believable emotion, which uh for a film to do that is just uh, outstanding and um yeah i completely completely agree you know it's definitely one of those that if, if you haven't watched it it's very 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 well worth your time going back and and seeing that todd yeah i pretty much echo on everything you said like i stuck it on again as a kind of uh I'll, I'll, we we do in the oscars i'll put it on i don't know if i would have if we weren't doing this don't know why there was nothing and i i loved every bit of it like like you say, it was it was the right level of silly. It was the right level of emotional. It like it just had everything in there. I thought uh, it's Olivia Coleman who's the uh, who is the phone, like the you know pal, the, the yeah. main pal. That's mm-hmm. it, uh, and that was brilliant. But like you say, I love the full the full circle aspect of it. I love the fact that it came back round and things that they set up early doors. You know, we use later on. Um, yeah, it was just like like you say, it's a lot of fun, and I think. Aside from obviously Flea, which has, you know, that's the point of the majority of these films is that they should be a lot of fun. And I'm, I'm like you, Collie, I'll be going back to this, no bother. Like as soon as it'll be one of those where I'll be saying like, oh, do you want to watch this? And like, I, I just think it needs, needs a rewatch on a few, few goes. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, Danny McBride is the dad. It's the voice of the dad. I thought was really, really good. He was probably my favourite character out of it. Because yeah. you can kind of see like from katie's point of view how he's being overbearing and stuff and like you know he's this big technophobe and she's obviously really tech savvy and stuff but 
the way that he portrays like it's always like you can see that he's always trying to do his best for her but he just can't convey it properly um yeah i thought i thought it was class I, I really really enjoyed it absolutely and i mean like you know none of us are parents so don't really you know but it must be hard being a parent having to you know put everything your your, your kid first um well I'll never have them <laughs> 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 fair um but yes absolutely i completely agree casting was was incredible incredible um now the last it's, film sorry oh, sorry, sorry. Yeah, it, was it, was, it was chrissy teigen and john legend where they you know they find a fancy neighbors oh, um, right and then they're a real life couple i thought that was cool because as soon as they like, started speaking i was like i wonder who that is because i recognize both their voices and obviously mm -hmm. they employed a a real life like couple, couple. and then um it was Eric Andre as, as the guy who actually started it all. I know you yeah. didn't get to see him too much, but he's always funny, is he? So Yeah, Eric Andre's brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Um, now we just move on to the last one in the best animated feature. So it was Rhea and the Last Dragon. Um, <clears throat> again, anyone want to take this? It's, uh, you, you can take this if you want, yeah, because yeah, I know Disney and that's your forte. So, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so Rhea and the Last Dragon is uh, it's a, a, a film that uh, obviously came out, I think it came out just at the start of the pandemic or just after the pandemic i think there were the plan for the pandemic the plan was that i think was for them to actually do a theater release but then they decided not to because of everything that happened um oh. and if you're not sure what happened uh something called covid happened um sure at the end of 2020 and they right. got delayed about five six months okay cool um so i i never went went to it i i, I came up with disney plus and i was like you know what i don't really fancy giving it a go i'm it didn't really didn't really tickle my fancy so to speak um but i'm really glad i watched it i'm really really glad i watched it the whole asian inspired uh you know side of it and and the uh the setting of this apocalyptic kind of uh sort of world kind of thing um uh, was incredible and I, I genuinely blew away i would say that the i didn't i didn't really like the dragon side of it i thought it was a little bit too hammy uh but overall again very 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 good film and um again filled with emotion uh the whole thing about you know trying to live up for to her dad who um of course was turned to stone if you're not aware of the story that you know people get turned turned to stone uh because of like a, a MacGuffin essentially um and um and yes i really 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 enjoyed it uh again there's there's three films that stood out for me in this in this feat in this um category uh this wouldn't be in the top three but it's it's again another a very very worthy um nomination collie yeah, so I, I, I love this and, and just touching on the kind of Asian influence um, coming along at a similar time to Shang-Chi and even Aquafina, who voiced Sisu was in Shang-Chi as a main character as well uh, obviously doing the double duty on there I thought it was really good it was good to represent that um, culture from a mystical point of view um, and for me, like the I, I again, really, really enjoyed this film animation style, you could tell, you know it was a Disney Studio production, and it was a good mix of uh, well, the, the big double cross, the big double cross near the start of the of the daughter, and then the kind of fast forwarding in time until she's an adult. That's been played out in quite a lot of films. Um, you know, losing of the parent as as, as well. 
But I thought Kelly Marie Tran as Rhea, I thought was was excellent and it's really good. Like after the horrendous way that she was treated and came out of the Star Wars franchise, that this is another big chance for her to do well. And I'm glad that it's been such a successful film. Um, kind of like you, like I wasn't where I w- well, not, maybe not so much like you, Massey, but like I'll similar to Marvel and Star Wars, even if like it's not as good as the rest of it, like any new Disney animated film, I'll, I'll make sure I watch because, you know, even if it's distinctly average, it's still, you know, good to, good to watch. Uh, I didn't like do the whole Premiere Plus, plus thing for it, mm-hmm. but as soon as it became like free to watch or like included in the sub, I watched it straight away and then rewatched it a couple of times. Um, for this, uh, I thought the voice cast was really good on it. I thought the uh, Namari, the kind of antagonist of the whole mm-hmm. story, I thought she was really good. Um, and I, I and personally, I, I enjoyed the mystical elements that were added into it with the dragons and the big roly boy that she was riding about on was good fun as well. Um, so like you could tell that it wasn't set in like like you could tell from the beginning, obviously because it's dragon based and stuff, mm-hmm. but. It was, I, I didn't find it too high. I thought that was... I didn't find it too hammy. I thought it was quite a good aspect of it, but, you know, I understand where you're coming from, that it was a bit left field, because they were obviously... They were stylized more as, like, um, what they called again. It's not It's not like a dragon, because everyone argues about it. What, yeah. What's it called? It's in the Game of Thrones and stuff. I'll, I'll, have, I'll look it up when Todd's giving his review, but you know what I mean? Like, they were stylized mm-hmm. as in this long, like, serpent bodies and stuff like mm-hmm. that, rather than... And very similar to how... Um, in the end of Shang-Chi, how the dragon in that is stylized. It's not as a dragon as as we know it uh, from, from Shrek, for example. You know, yeah. it, it's it's very much a, an Asian-inspired design. Mm-hmm. It's like a Ray- drake or something like that, I'm sure. Ray says wyvern. Yeah, that's it. A wyvern, yeah. a wyvern, yeah. wyvern. Yeah, wyvern. that's exactly it, Rich, yeah. I was in, I think it was in a TV show or something recently that I was watching that they were, they were explaining the situation, the difference between or something, I don't, I don't know, whatever. Anyway. I think it was Game of Thrones, there was arguments about oh, what they it? were and stuff, and then I think with the Hobbit films as well, Right. there was arguments right. about what Smaug was. Right. I would anyway, say as sorry, well... Sorry, digress. Sorry. No, no, sorry. no, absolutely fine. I, I just, yeah, quickly, no. just quickly say as well, um, I didn't think all the dragons were happy, I just thought Aquafina's dragon was a little bit... Again, when we first met her and stuff, she she did grow on me as we went along. Uh, but I did think at the start it was kind of a bit of a jarring. I I, I think I think like because of the way that she portrayed her, mm-hmm. I think because she was supposed to be a mirror of Rhea mm-hmm. as a bit of an outcast, a bit of an oddball, and then like when her dragon siblings choose her to be the sure. one that holds the crystal, she's like, "Why me?" And it's kind of like Rhea's like, "Well, why am I having to be the one that's having to do with this?" Mm-hmm. Um, sort of thing. So that's that's how I read it that they were kind of mirrors of each other. But I I do. Aquafina is just quite a weirdly voiced person, or like the way that she's like both of the characters that she played in um, Katie and Sisu, um, a bit quirky and stuff like that. As long as she doesn't get like stereotyped into that kind of roles um, going ahead, then then it kind of it won't it won't look, be as bad looking back. I guess. Sorry, Todd, yeah. I've hogged this time. Gone you go. No, no, it's absolutely fine. Like I, I, I'm with you in that it wouldn't be. It, it, there are three clear stronger films uh but again it's a very good film uh, the the only thing i found like using your word massey hammy about aquafina and, and, the, and her dragon was that and and brad to remember that this is a kid's foot like it is it is made primarily mm. for kids was every time so if you haven't seen it again uh they get like they gain a power with every region that they go to they gain a power it felt very video gamey in that way that like you know you go to an area and you unlock something new and you build these powers and, uh, um and she, every time they got a power 
it was like, oh, yeah, because my brother was really good at this. And, like, every time she got one, she explained it. And that's where I was, like, a bit, like, I don't know, not put me off, but that's where I felt it was hammy Mm -hmm. is is the best. But, like, then I remember, right, this is a kid's film. This is why they're explaining it like that, because it keeps kids in the loop of what's going on. Uh, But I really enjoyed it. I thought, like, um, the the different, like, um, sort of versions of action. And the sort of like, you know, one you're going quietly, one they went in loud and full of crack. And I, I thought, uh, I loved the little kid as well, the uh, the little mm. uh, chef. I thought he was like, these little characters, these, like you say, Rolly Boy, uh, again, I don't know what he's called. <laughs> the fact that he grew yeah, tuck, from tuck. that, tuck, 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 that's it. It. from from the ti- like the tiny thing that we saw in the first scene to this huge hulking thing, I thought that was brilliant. Um, but yeah, like I say, it was really well done, and not just from like a, a, represent, a representation side of things, which is really cool, and it's really good that they did. But like to explore that and to like open that up to the world, that like that side of the you know the the mystical side of it, the mythical side of it, um, of of that culture was was really cool. So yeah, really enjoyed it. Um, but like I say, not in any way, shape, or form bad. Just not the top tier this of this this year. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, Lids. Oh my goodness, welcome in, Lids. How are you? Thank you so much for the raid. How's things? Collie, thank you so much for giving a shout out to Lids. How is Guardians? I knew I did see on Twitch, uh, so on Twitter that you were going to be playing that. Um, guys, welcome in. Uh, if you do not know me, my name is Mass Nineteen I am here with um two other fellow streamers, uh, Mr. Collective Unit, and also Got Red on You, aka Todd. Um, we are chatting about the Oscars, um, and the nominations that have you know for for this year coming, um. But yes, welcome in, welcome in. If you want to get involved in the chat, please feel free. If you've seen any Oscar films, let us know. We're going through each category and chatting about them. Um, and, uh, and we're taking it there. But guys, thank you so much. Welcome, welcome in. It was really good fun. Excellent. I started playing it this weekend, actually. Or sorry, this weekend just passed. I've got it on my Xbox uh, and played the first level and it was ace. It was really good. And I know Todd loves it as well. Um, Colin, have you played it as well? No, I've got it. I've got it to play. I bought it on Steam because like, I think like not long after it came out, you could get it quite cheap on CD keys. So I bought it for like 30 quid or whatever. Mm-hmm. Never got into playing it, and now you can play it on Game Pass for yeah. free. So. <laughs> uh, and, and Todd, have you ever played Guardians of the Galaxy? Uh, I've heard good things about it. I have heard that some people would maybe consider it as their game of the year for last year. But I don't know. I don't know. I've heard good things. You know, No, it is. It's, it's <laughs> phenomenal from like a Guardians fan and just gameplay wise. It was It was amazing. Excellent, excellent. Um, right, so we have chatted through the uh, best animated features. Um, so what we're going to do now is just quickly go through, uh, firstly, what film we want to win, and secondly, what film we think will win. So I'm going to start with Todd. Uh, what film do you want to win, and what film do you think will win? The only one I'm... I'm I want... Mitchell's and the machine Mitchell's versus the machines to win I was stuck between that and Encanto but I think how much I enjoyed Mitchell's versus the machines and how much it surprised me it's yeah for me I want Mitchell's to win it fair and do you think that'll win as well no I think I think Flea will get it okay I think Flea will will take it well Collie Uh, I want Mitchell's and the machines but I think Encanto will take it Fair. Academy, they're scared. They'll just go <laughs> the, the expected route. 
um so i i also think in kanto when i think i think it's the safe uh the safe bet for the the academy uh but i want flea to win it i was stuck between flea wanting flea or mitchell's versus machines to win it uh but to be fair if either three of those win it you know i'm i'm i think you know i think that's the three that were well i, I think are the, are the that's standard the top three of the category, yeah, I think. yeah yeah yeah, yeah, I totally yeah. um so um so yes interesting interesting okay now we are going to move on to the next category which is the best cinematography so the uh nominations for best cinematography you have right i, I just want to double check this is it dune or is it june it's I've june. june 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 yeah like the month yeah that's fine that's what i was thinking but some folks said dune so i wasn't sure so okay so it might be doing by I'd say like June, like yeah, yeah. San Junes, yeah, yeah. Well, that's what I thought as well. You've I got a Geordie should... and a Scotsman trying to pronounce something <laughs> properly in English. Give us a break, like fucking hell. Dune, why I? Um, okay, so best cinematography. Uh, we have June. We have Nightmare Alley. We have the Power of the Dog. We have the Tragedy of Macbeth, and we have West Side Story. Now, as I said at the start, we're gonna try and like keep it down the cinematography route and not kind of veer off too far on the actual quality of the film. Um, so we will kind of be trying to <laughs> it's going to be hard because i i know i'm going to start veering off and stuff like that but we're going to try and keep it reined in towards the cinematography to the level cinematography side of it so firstly we have dune or dune whatever however you pronounce it um todd do you want to start us off yeah so this is one of the the films i was like i i, I try and get the cinema for as much as possible and I know it's not always possible, but I, I had to say this in IMAX. And we had, we don't have an IMAX close by. It's a bit of a drive. And I'm chuffed I did. And if we just talk in cinematography, like, it, it blew me away. It was just a, a spectacle. Um, I think, you know, you can... Sand can be done wrong. You know, those those open vistas that, you know, have been done time and time again can be done badly but it wasn't just the sand that was impressive it, the, the whole thing it was I, I hate to sound as, as wanky as this but like it was an experience and i'm so happy that because of the size of the imax you got to kind of like almost look around does it um yeah for me it was just it, it's difficult to put into words without sort of going into kind of this scene and and showing a picture and being like here look at please just look at this it's um you know the twitter account one perfect shot yeah, yeah. and they've yeah. got the website of like the bank of things it's um i know it's villeneuve and, and it you know it's his sort of, but like you could do the same with blade runner 2049 it, it's taken each frame and going that could be a poster that could be a poster it was just like visually you can't fault it uh, if you have an issue with the film, and I'm sure there's a lot of people who do, I've heard some mixed things about it. You can't fault how it looks. You can't fault the cinematography. So for me, it was, uh, yeah, it was amazing. Yep, yep. Collie. Yeah, I think a lot of people were excited to see how Villeneuve would film it and stuff. But it's Greg Fraser was actually the cinematographer for it. He worked on Rogue One and most recently the Batman. Um, this is his actual first ever time working with Villeneuve, which surprises me because I think. It was kind of very comparable, like you say, to 2049. Mm -hmm. uh, one of my favorite shots was um, when... Is it, Je is it Jessica? It's Jessica that's the... Yes, Paul and Lady Jessica's mum. Paul, Paul and his mum come back over the dune and they look back upon like all the kind of devastation that's been laid onto them. 
by the Harkonnens when they've blown up all the ships and stuff like that. It's at night. It's at like dusk time, and just like when they stepped over there and they were just looking at it, and they, like the zoomed in bit of their faces, like the way it was filmed, you could tell like the horror on their face, and then it was cutting back to showing you what was going on and stuff. I thought it was just fantastically well filmed. Um, even even the cinematography through when they're uh, Paul's flying through the sandstorm, maybe like in the last third of the film and stuff like that, like that could have easily be filmed really badly or not badly, but like choppy and stuff. But I think there was a couple of like top down shots of the ship and you could tell how damaged it was. I thought it was fantastically well shot. And um, I'm really looking forward to seeing what like Greg Fraser, because we'll touch on quite a few of them as, as we go through the category, but some of the other ones are like long-term like collaborators with the directors. Um, but this being the first time with this Greg Fraser and, and Villeneuve, hopefully they work together again in the, in, the, in the future i know they more than likely will on two i've not double checked that but on part two they'll hopefully work together anyway um and then in the future like villeneuve for me um like we'll, we'll, we'll touch on him later but like I, again it's just a massive big tick in the in the amazing film column for him so uh yeah massey yeah, no, I completely agree. And you're right, you know, it's not just the big sweeping vistas, it's the smaller, kind of more intimate uh, shots. One of my standouts, and again, it's a relatively small one, but it fills me with dread when I, when I see it, when Oscar Isaac's character is passed out on the seat uh, and it's focused on him and then behind you see um, Stellan Skarsgård's dude just float up and he's out of focus. But oh, he somebody just... comes along the table. Yeah, 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 yeah. It yeah. is creepy. Like, I literally had... He, if I had hair in my head, it'd be standing up. If I had hairs on my arms, were literally standing up. Um, it, phenomenal. And again, you know, the, you're saying every every single shot could be a poster. You know, you think of the the sandworm being out staring at them. Um, it, it just like I, I I can't fault it for the cinematography. I think it was one of the most perfectly shot films I've seen this year maybe of all time like it's just like i i was totally totally blown away by the technical aspect of that film absolutely absolutely um anything else you want to talk about june cinematography wise uh covered cinematography <clears throat> for me at least because yeah. uh, again i just don't want to divert uh divert it too much into other side of that i almost did with talking about mr <laughs> mr v so I'll, I'll leave it there on the cinematography side of things yep no that's absolutely fine um sure kane says well she's glad to see june in the cinema as well uh, yeah absolutely sure. absolutely uh now the next uh the next film in the cinematography best cinematography category is nightmare alley thought can take this one <laughs> so i i'm i'm a big uh game of toro fan i i do i think the man just knows genre, and I think he, and again, I'm being very careful because again we're going down the sort of him rather than the cinematography. Um, for me, I don't. It's well shot. The cinematography is v very good, but it's not like uh, it's not impressive. It wasn't something that kind of I expect Oscar films, and this is uh, uh, later on we'll talk about this a lot more, and I'll probably. You'll have to tell me to show up and stop. But, like, I want to be impressed. I think if you are winning an Academy Award, it's got to be, like, breathtaking. And that doesn't mean, like June, where it's, like, huge. I'm not talking about everything being big and being sort of, like, uh, in your face. It just has to be impressive. Um, and 
Del Toro does one thing very well, which is like he gets the atmosphere. Sorry, two things. He gets the atmosphere, yeah, and he gets the creatures. They're the things that Del Toro does without question. Um, the cinematography in this felt a bit lapse, and he could have done a lot more. I think um, in terms of like you know the the whole uh, side shows in in the fair, it could have been shot like just a bit more. I, I say flair, and I feel horrendous because it rhymes with flair. But like that, it, it it would be done with a little bit more originality. It felt like, and again, I, I like the film, and I'm not going to go into it too much because we'll talk about it later. But like, it felt like American Horror Story, uh, the one set in the uh, the sideshow, freak show, um, freak show. Yes, thank you, freak show. Um, it felt like that the movie, and just felt like it had been done before in terms of the cinematography, not the film. So yeah. Um, for me, it's uh, not weak. Again, it was good, but it wasn't Oscar-worthy. It wasn't on the level of some of the other films that we talk about. Yeah, uh, yep. Collective? Yeah, uh, I, I thought it was um, pretty much on par. To be honest, I actually quite liked the way that they shot the fair and some of the shots of that guy that would eat the chicken and stuff like that. I thought, the like... The, yeah, the geek, the way that he was portrayed it was very horror-esque um, so it was Dan Lawston was the cinematographer uh, who worked with Del Toro way back when on Mimic one of his uh, older films and then he came back for Crimson Beacon Shape of Water and this but he's also worked on the John Wick series of all things um, so two very contrasting films um, probably two different really you know different ways that they wanted the films to be shot but I, I thought I thought overall this film was really shot in, in a really nice way in terms of uh, like the noir aspect of it um, some of the scenes in um, Kate Blanche's office for example um, certainly a conflict towards the end of the film was really well done um, and I'll come back I'll say this now because it's it's very much about the style of the film um, but it's a very very highly stylized film um, and I think that's kind of where Del Toro's made his name and, and like I say Lawson's worked on the last couple but even you know um What's the one with it? Pan's Labyrinth and stuff. Mm -hmm. There's that kind of gothic noir horror stuff that's been throughout his work. And I think Lost in coming back on with, with Crimson Peak. This reminded me a lot of Crimson Peak. I know same director, same cinematographer, but even just some of the interactions between the way that a conversation was filmed. Because um, it's uh, it's Loki, is it? And Chastain is in Crimson Peak. Mm -hmm. They're yeah. the, the siblings in it and stuff. And I thought um, some of the conversations between... Uh, Blanchett and, and Cooper later on were kind of the more confrontational scenes were, were filmed in a very similar way like you could I could tell that it was a Del Toro kind of collaboration uh, and this Dan Lawson fellow so I, overall I really enjoyed it um, again like Todd says though maybe not a, a blown away kind of thing but I thought it was kind of done in a very stylish uh, way I absolutely yeah yeah I, I completely agree um, yeah <laughs> I don't want to just keep saying yeah I totally agree uh, but yeah, I think you're spot on when you say about the whole noir side of it. I think that was a part of it that, for me, was the strongest part of the cinematography. You know, again, you're absolutely right. The, 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 the I don't want to say freak show because I feel that's very insensitive, but like that side of it was kind of, it was quite uh, by the book a little bit for me, um, but definitely the noir side of it. Uh, so like almost like, the, you know, the two year, I think it was like two years later, wasn't it? Um, that it moved on to i think from Something then like on time jump wise yeah, yeah yeah i think from then on 
that was the part of it that for me was much stronger than the, than the first sort of part in terms of cinematography. Um, a lot of the shots in the snow as well, uh, you know, over the, the big gardens and stuff like that as well, um, uh, was was really, really good, really, um, really well done. And of course, when he's, when they're doing their show, you know, their, their mind reading kind of show and, and some of the, um, the, the sort of, claustrophobia you feel a little bit when it's uh cooper and kate blanchett in like the at that actual show when she's like trying to call him out kind of try to thing him it was a massive obviously room but it was well well done and it, it made us feel intense and and right up next to him and close to them yeah and... the way the way that it frame the frames yeah. like cooper's face when he's like doing the whole like you know trying to think thing and that's all you can see in the screen yeah. is him i thought it was really well done and like you said i, I yeah, touching on the snow, like you say, like Crimson Peak cinematography-wise, that stands out for me all the times, the snow and the the red blood aspect, and it was the same as this towards the end of the film, that on that kind of estate that they all kind of do naughty things on, um, with, the, totally. with the snow and stuff like that, I thought was was really well done, so. Totally. So yeah, that's that's it for my thoughts on the cinematography of that, anyway. Yep, absolutely. Yeah, me too. Uh, oh, for fuck's sake, Mabel. Sorry. Uh he stepped on my um oh you fucking little bastard. He stepped on my uh my keyboard. Look at him, look at him. Honestly, <laughs> he's a nightmare. He stepped on my keyboard and it like took me to the end of the um the spreadsheet I've got for everything, so I was like, fuck's sake. Uh and he deleted one. He del- he actually deleted the next um the next cell. But anyway, the next cell is uh in terms of cinematography, um the next nomination was The Power of the Dog. Um, you can take this one, Massey, because we was... obviously started. The... Yeah, yeah, so you that's don't fine. agree with us this time. That's fine. Um, so, again, we'll get into this film in in more detail. Uh, but once more, you know, it, we've went from the the stunning vistas of the uh, the sand of the desert uh, to the um, you know the 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 harsh landscape of of the um, you know the sort of like Western America. Um, and it looks absolutely phenomenal. Whether it's the whether it is the big kind of landscapes that we see, whether it's the uh, the more um, close up, uh, you know, even things like when he's washing his hands in the um, in the the little bucket thingy, majiggy when he's making the the what are they called leather straps and stuff, ropes. Was it ropes? Yeah, yeah. Is that why uh, that's what he's making for the sun? I'm sure that's what he's making. It's like a rope or something like that. Okay. Uh, this is a different thing that you're talking about. Uh. No, I don't. I don't is know. it not what he does? He washes his hands after after touching the. Yeah, the cow stuff. Rope. Yeah. Is it ropes? I th- I thought it was leather. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Sure. Anyway. Yeah. Like even it's that. A leather rope. Oh, it's leather rope. Okay. Okay. That's fine. Fucking <laughs> out. Anyway. 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 Um. Yeah, like that was that was really really well done. So this, the this more intimate kind of shots like that, um, were were really well put together. And again, you know, if you're making your your film, uh, I think they must. I think did they film it in Australia or did they film it? Uh, I'm not sure. Anyway, if you're making a film for you know in a westerny kind of thing, then and you've got the right location, which they did, it's gonna look phenomenal. Um, almost no matter what, it's there for you on a, on a plate. Um. So yes, I thought cinematography, cinematography-wise, it was very, very well done. And again, it, it, I feel like it did blow me away. I feel like technically it was uh, an incredibly well put together, 
well put together film and basically on a par with with June for me. Todd. Uh, yeah, um, I thought it was stunning. I thought, you know, you've you've got this sort of barren landscape that can look very very bland and very boring. Um, I thought they did really well with that. And I thought in terms of not just the shot itself, but in terms of where the characters are in those shots, for me was like a real, a real strength of this. Uh, and again... We'll come to Benedict Cumberbatch, but I think a lot of the power that he had within this film, you know, and the way that he was his character, um, was helped on by the um, by the cinematography. I felt like he was centered. He was he was focused on so well. Like he's not an imposing bloke, you know. He's not a big fella. He's not got that about him. And I think this helped him on very well. And I know we'll get to him. I'll stop talking about him. But like, um, I feel like that re- worked really well but even like in the um in the cafe sort of restaurant where you know at first with the with the flowers i thought that was incredibly well shot like again it just set the film up brilliantly um yeah really well done for me and and again you say about breathtaking i think it's harder to make this impressive than it is june Do you know, when, when it's done right I think it's harder to make this sort of thing impressive and it really sort of like you say it was technically really well done so yeah cool. yeah so one of the shots i was going to touch on was what you mentioned first massey the one of, of the actual dog shaped um mountain when cumberbatch and the kid are talking about it. i thought that was really a stunningly well filmed thing it was it was all in uh, new zealand was it was okay. all in new zealand and uh ari wegner is the second ever woman to be nominated <laughs> as a cinematographer um, at the Academy Awards. Um, there was somebody a couple of years ago, four, year, four or five years ago, I read, that was nominated for it. Um, I think one of the interesting aspects that I was reading up on the cinematography of this was that Campion and Wagner, the cinematographer, they storyboarded this film, like, loads, but separately, and then came at it from, like, both, and then they kind of combined their visions for it. So it wasn't as if, like, the you know, the director was taking... It all in terms of like, though this is good, this is bad. It was very much a collaborative experience. Um, one of my favourite uh, shot scenes was the one in the the dining room when uh, they're all asking her to play the piano and stuff like that mm-hmm. after the meal, um, or like during the meal, and then Cumberbatch comes in, and it's just like, we'll come on to uh, Kirsten Dunst in a bit in terms of how, how good she was, but I thought like the way it was filmed, you could immediately sense how uncomfortable it made her through the way that they filmed like Cumberbatch was standing on like the edge of the scene and they didn't really try and center him for a while he was very much on like the periphery of the group and there was like, a couple of interestingly shot conversations between him and and the older people in the party and stuff like that and then but it's only him and Kirsten Dunst left like the way that conversation's framed was really good and um, so some of the like even though like with the big and, and the whole when the guys were like swimming about in the water and then the way that um the sun catches or, or like is spying on cumberbatch when he's washing and stuff i thought that was really well made within the wooded scene but i thought a lot of the interior shots were, were even more impressive i thought like the dining room and and then uh also the so there's the dining room sorry that they they ate at the big table but then there's the like the cafe dining room from the um, the, the beginning scene as well um when Jesse Plemons ends up like helping out and stuff like that, I thought it was all you could kind of tell like the, the, the starting 
start of it when they were in that small like cafe kind of not cafe but you know what i mean like the small room with all the tables and stuff like that. it was very claustrophobically filmed um so i i thought it was really impressive and and i can't wait to see more of either either these two collaborating or just um where ragnar gets next um because i thought like some people are really good at shooting the vistas and some people are really good at shooting the interior stuff and i thought both were captured really well during this definitely definitely and i think as well um you know we're talking about you were talking there about the uh the scene with the piano and things i when you know they're all around for for food and stuff and it's it's the the darkness combined with the natural lighting that they used um i think as well you know made even more imposing uh and, and the sense of dread in that scene um and again you know use natural right lighting throughout the whole thing when in that you know the the, the cafe that we're going to call it um you have the light just beaming through from the uh you know from the little windows and stuff um uh, and yeah yeah absolutely i think it was um very very good technically um right so the next uh nomination on best cinematography is the tragedy of macbeth uh, anyone specifically want to take this yeah I, I can i can start with this one um so it was bruce uh, delbanel i think that's how you say it is it's the cinematographer working with one of the coen brothers um it was the first time i think they'd, they'd worked separately on a film so it was joel um he'd worked with him previously on buster scruggs and Inside Llewellyn Davis and uh, Parachutem as well, and um, but one of the one of the films that was on this guy's, um, you know, like filmography was uh, Harry Potter and the Half Blood Prince, wow. which I thought was quite interesting, um, because stylistically I thought the way that Macbeth was filmed, obviously uh, the color scheme lacking, there there there's a lot to make up for in in that <laughs> regard, um, kind of what you were talking about in the last film, the light. Mm-hmm. plays a big pa- uh, part of it um and and, and there's and it, a lot of the interactions really d- it did remind me more so in retrospect when i found out that you know he, he did half blood prince and he did uh, tragedy of macbeth but the 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 scenes in harry potter where they're at the top of the tower and it's like the death of dumbledore and stuff a lot of the conversations there were quite a lot of conversations in macbeth reminded me of that like i say like oh, that's kind of like how he was styling it there and stuff like that. So stylistically, I thought this was really good. I thought the set design was really good. Um, there was one particular scene where um, Macbeth is sitting back and he's he's watching some characters and it's just the way that he was framed like behind this pillar and he was like on looking on, on, a, on a conversation and they kept cutting it between like how they would normally fill a conversation, which is like back and forth and then you cut back to him like listening and it, even like the sound design was like really good that you could tell that he was within like earshot and it was like so distinctly quiet that you could still hear it but it, like the way it was framed i thought was really really well done um and then kind of the big jewel towards the end the way that that was shot i thought was really good uh as well uh, the set design of that it was really like claust- a claustrophobic because it's kind of like a long, thin bit like that they were fighting on and stuff. I thought the way that that was filmed was really good. Um, so we will cover this film, obviously, a couple of times, I think, going ahead. Um, I think maybe like once or twice we'll, we'll discuss it again. But I thought from a pure cinematography side of things, I thought it was really, really good and very impressive. And I think was worthy of, of a nomination in this category because it was just that little bit different, I, I thought. I completely agree. Now, if again, if you follow me, Letterbox, you'll know my feelings towards this film. Uh, again, I'm not going divert, to divert 
too much into that side of things um but the cinematography on it was outstanding again you know the fact it was in black and white um it was um incredible that that you know they managed to even get so much character with a black and white film um uh, the things that stand out for me are, are basically a lot of the scenes with the witches the first scene where we see uh, the puddle in front of the witches and you know it shows all three of them in the puddle and there's just the one there of course as well we, we meet the, the witch all contorted and stuff as well at the start like just phenomenal and when Macbeth's looking up to this sort of like open roof kind of thing uh, with the hatched wood and the three witches are sitting on there uh, you know speaking to him from, from that like blew me away um, I did read that uh, it was all it was all uh, like creating on a soundstage uh, and apparently all their costumes and that were in like not like neutral tones like blacks and whites and things uh, they didn't actually use much color you know actually when they were filming it um, which is even more interesting um, but yes absolutely you're right the conversations and things were were very well I think it was the one you're referring to there that was the when the guy's speaking to the younger kid right and then he's like further I think back so, yeah. I the... couldn't remember the name of, or I couldn't remember what characters were talking yeah but when Beth is just in like the shadows behind this pillar like listening in on the conversation yeah absolutely and uh and yeah I mean I, again you know I, I completely I completely agree you know the fact that, it, that it's nominated uh is as a very very worthy nomination it's one of those that um it's it is a lot more well you know it's a lot more muted terms of colors but also in terms of cinematography than the, than others you know there's, there's not the massive sweep of vistas that we see but it was incredibly incredibly well done and uh a very engaging um you know way to to film it uh todd thoughts yeah um like you said you've got a lot to make up for in black and white in terms of cinematography i think that's a good way to put it is like it's going to turn some people away from it it's going to turn some people off um uh, the witcher scenes for me were brilliant like it, it's been done before and it's not that long since we had a macbeth film which I, I i again enjoyed um and and you know was done very differently to this um for me just cuz I, I agree with you know a lot of what's been said but it was um just after they'd murdered the king and um they were up they were talking down a set of stairs so you had like you know you had the the people who were unaware to the situation downstairs and obviously uh, Macbeth and Lady Macbeth upstairs and that shot from like so it was like over the shoulder looking at the looking at the couple looking down in with the group who were panicking and there was just like it was flashing between the like sort of the four points that the camera was in that for me was um was genius because it's like it it, it puts you in that moment you know what's happening you know, uh, uh, you know that they know what's happening. You know that they don't. And I thought it really portrayed that well. Um, but yeah, for me, the the witches, that puddle. Mm -hmm. I think I'm in like I, I'm ridiculous when it comes to watching films sometimes, and I must be an absolute pain in the ass to watch them with because like sometimes there's things that I audibly react to, and that was just one of those things where I think I like went fuck off. <laughs> like I just got overly excited about like this shitty little thing that's never beat. As far as I'm aware, and you know, iterations that I've seen it, it's never been done before. Like the, it's always been three. It's always been the witches. It's never been that one embodiment <laughs> of evil, if you want, or whatever, that 
you know, is represented then by the three in the puddle. And I thought that was that was brilliant. But yeah, I think working around that set design is um it's good. I think it's a big contender. I, anyway, we we'll get to what we think will win, but I do think it is a big contender for it. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh okay. Last one on the best cinematography, we have West Side Story. Another film that's been done a few times. Um who would start off? Uh, Todd, do you want to start us off? Yeah, because I can be like sort of, I'll be, I'll be relatively brief on this just because in terms of West Side Story, this is the first time I've ever seen any version of West Side Story. It's never, I know, I know, I, uh, it's never been anything that's come across my path. I don't know why it's never been anything I've ever been interested in. Uh, it, this is just, and it's not my cup of tea at all um you know what the issue i had with la la land sorry i know is you know what the big just bear with just bear just uh you know you know at the beginning where they're all dancing on the on the thing and i was like oh it's a gap advert here we go it's like bright colors <laughs> and everybody's going to be like just huge choruses and it's not for me in terms of what it is but the way that the i mean the choreography is amazing i know we're not talking about that but for the choreography to be good in a film, it has to be shot well, and if it doesn't matter how good the dancing is, it doesn't matter how good the if if that choreography's class and the cinematography's shit, the whole thing's shit. And I think the way that they've got through these gigantic crowds of people dancing without it all just being right, we're going to film from up here down on a group was amazing. Um, the scene in the dance. Uh, in like the dance hall, sorry, and I'm saying dance a lot, but in the dance hall where the, it moves through and round was just. I have no interest in watching this film again. I'll I'll, I'll say that now. Uh, it's not my it's not my thing. But I would love to watch a making of just to see the way they moved around that because it was just phenomenal. That was that was what gripped me with the film. That's what kept me watching. Um, mm. was the cinematography. So, uh, yeah. Just to kind of. Just jump on the back of that. Um, have you guys ever seen Dear Evan Hansen at all? No. So that was also a musical that was um, that was just recently turned into a film. Uh, and I seen a, th- a thing on tw- on Twitter where it was uh, there's like a, a comparison. There's a, a very similar sort of uh, scene in Dear Evan Hansen when he comes into like a a gym hall where people are dancing and it's all very choppy and very kind of busy, busy, um, and it looks like shit. It looks like absolute dog shit. Um, and then it's compared to uh, this West Side Story, um, you know, dance scene. And, and as you say, because the cinematography is so good, because, you know, as you say, choreography can be fine. Um, the cinematography, because it's so good, it makes it look good. And comparing it to this very similar scene in Dear Evan Hansen um, just shows how important, um, you know, the technical aspects of it are. Um but I, I completely agree. You know, I, I know Collie kind of scoffed there when you said you'd never seen West Side Story. Neither have I. I've I've, I've never watched West Side Story before. I know it's a, it's a take on Romeo and Juliet, um, but I, I'd never watched it before. And and I and also it's not my sort of thing. Like I I, I'm sorry, Collie. I, I didn't I didn't even like La La Land. I, I watched the first half hour of La La Land and I had to turn it off. I, I just couldn't get into it at all. Um, so uh, it's not again. This isn't really my sort of thing. Uh. But uh, cinematography is beautiful. You know, even the first shot where you're coming across through the buildings that are being uh, built and things and, and demolished and blah, blah, blah. And it's, and it's like, there's there's obviously a cup. It looks like one big shot. 
um, where you come down, you can see the, the, the jets and... Was it the jets and the sharks? I think they're called, right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, and, and even, like, the little fight scenes and stuff that they have. I know they're, they're little pussies, like, you know. I could take all of them, but... Uh, they're, they're shot, like, so, so well, even in the dark warehouse. Uh, you know, you have the lights of the, the, the police that come through and things, and... and um, and uh in terms of a musical it was very very interestingly done very very interestingly done um i did very much enjoy the cinematography aspect of wesley sorry and and same with yourself todd i don't know if i'll go back and watch again it's quite a long movie uh and there, but there are some high points to it and cinematography is one of the best parts of it in my eyes collie you've obviously seen wesley story before uh, yeah, so the only the, the only reason like I I really like the original as well because it's my mum's favorite film or one of her favorite films. I watched it a lot growing up, so I've got quite a big like when they first announced that they were remaking it. But it was Spielberg. I was instantly like I I want to see it. Like I know a lot of people probably were like they loved the old film. Or like oh why why is the, why are they remaking it? Why are they remaking it? Um, but I was really excited to see it. So I've watched it a few times now. Um, so the cinematography, uh, cinematographer rather, Yanis uh, Kaminsky, who is long-term Spielberg um, collaborator, won the Oscar for Schindler's List, won the Oscar for Saving Private Ryan, was nominated for War Horse Lincoln. Um, so like he, he's like you know cinematography like royalty, like up there with Deacons and stuff. Um, and I think the film was shot in such a way that it like. It paid homage to the way that the film was made back then in the 60s, but also with like his own modern like technology and his takes on the on it. The the, the, the one of my favorite the way that it was filmed was um is it is it the um the America America where they're where they're singing about you know the American dream and stuff like that and they're all out in the middle of this junction and there's the big circle of people and then there's the choreographed dancing in the middle and stuff. I thought that was really, really well done. Um, but the highlight for me, which is what Todd uh, touched on, was the was the dance hall scene. I thought that was so, so well done, and the way um, you know uh, the 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 filming behind the bleachers of 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 the two the two meeting for the first time, and he's like you know at the far end of it, and it looks like he's so lonely, and she's over at the other side, and she looks, like, so small and, like, naive and stuff, and then they meet in the middle and stuff. I thought it was just... The way that that was filmed and built up to is really, really well done. And then and then another highlight was the the warehouse fight at the end with the, you know, where they, where they store all the salt for, for winter and stuff. I thought the... When they were turning on, like, the, the big overhead lights obviously made it, like, super, super bright. And then by the end of it, of everyone leaving, and there's the two bodies there just as the police are coming in. I thought it was quite a really well-made shot that they were obviously pulling open the shutter doors and the police were piling in, and there's these just two young lads, like, dead there. I thought it was uh, I thought it was really, really well done. So it's, uh, I, wasn't let di- I wasn't let down, and I was blown away by quite a, quite a few of the shots. Even, even the original kind of coming together of the two gangs when they're in the kind of... I don't know if it was a basketball court or not. I think in the original it might have been... Um, and uh, the, the the police officers are, like, dividing them, but they keep, like, coming together and then having to be separated and coming together and having to be se- se- separated. You could just feel, like, the, the the atmosphere and the pressure there was, like, ramped up to 11. I thought it was I thought it was super well done, and, and I was really, really impressed with it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> anything else you want to add cinematography-wise at all? Happy enough with all that. I know I've covered everything. Aye. 
Good stuff, good stuff. Uh, okay, so, um, Collie, who do you think... Oh, sorry, what do you want to win and what do you think will win? Uh, June for both, for me. Stuff. Todd? Uh, I want June to win. I think West Side Story will take it. Wow. So I want June to win and I think Power Dog is going to take it. Um, Okie doke. So that is Best Cinematography. We are... An hour and 20 in, and we've done two categories. Brilliant, good stuff. Um, so the next category we have um, is the Best Supporting Actress. So the nominations we have for the Best Supporting Actress uh, are Jesse Buckley for The Lost Daughter, Ariana DeBose for West Side Story, Judy Dench for Belfast, Kirsten Dunst for The Power of the Dog, and Anjanu Ellis for King Richard. So... The first one we have here is Jesse Buckley for uh, Lost Daughter. Todd, do you want to start us off? Yeah, um, I thought I thought she was amazing. Um, I think to go up against Olivia Coleman and to so sorry if, if you haven't seen the film, um, Jesse Buckley plays a younger version uh, of like in in flashback scenes, uh, and I think she does an amazing job. Not just to be of a similar sort of. Um, not to be the, the character, but I just think to see this desperate woman and she was like, you could feel the desperation, you could feel it in her. Um, I thought she was amazing. I think um, the way that she interacts with her kids, you can see that like that she wants to be a good mom. You can see that she's trying and I th- without going over the top, you can, you know, you can have the overdramatic, you can have the melodramatic. We've seen it time and time again. It's shite. It doesn't work. I thought she, she did an amazing job of keeping it realistic, but keeping it, um, but like just completely gripping me. I thought she was, uh, I thought she was incredible. Collie? Yeah. yeah just kind of echo that. Like the, the frustration that you can tell, like you say, the, the conflict that you can, see on her when she's like she's wanting to be the best mum for her kid and, and and stuff and she's wanting to give them a hundred percent but just can't seem to get herself there uh, i thought i thought like it was a really like i say a really conflicted performance and i i personally think it was the best thing about this film to be honest um she was the best thing about this film so i, I was really really impressed with it not too much to say on this uh, i don't think like there's too much to say on my part but um, high, highly, highly impressive, and again, like just one of those people that's just maybe coming into their career, and and it's going to be you know a lot of fun to watch where they go next. Definitely, definitely, and I think what what kind of struck me as well, you know, exactly what you're saying, the trying to be as as good for, um, you know, her career and her kids as well. It was the little nuances when she showed frustration towards the children when they were like just wanting to you know just wanting her attention or just wanting to like play with her and stuff. And she was getting frustrated by them always at her and annoying her. And, and, and uh, I thought that was really powerful and really, really well done. Um, without being over the top, without being melodramatic, it was, it was you know, you could just sense the frustration from her. Now, I, again, I think, uh, I, can't, I don't actually have IMDb up, but I think she was originally a stage actress, right? She was in yeah. Searching for a Star or something like that, like one of the reality shows. Um, and I don't think she's done much movie-wise. Uh, but I I completely agree. I think in terms of this movie, she was hundred percent the best thing about it. You know, um, I, I, it was in I Do Anything, uh, which was to find Nancy for Oliver. That's the one. That's the one. Um, so you know, 
I think I think it's it's as you say, it's the start of her, you know, film career. I I think she's has has so much potential um to skyrocket. I th- I think she could be you know fantastic if if she you know can perform to level that each time then then easily easily um should be a rising star definitely definitely um sorry sorry just before we move on she was in uh chernobyl that was that was i've just had to flick through there because and she there is a trailer that's been released today that like people seem to be raving about i didn't have a chance to watch it before we came on here called men it's for a film called men um that people are like just the just the reactions from it look amazing i do think she's got like a a massive future ahead of her i do think it's going to be a yeah big thing for us excellent i've not seen chernobyl i i know it's really good yeah Yeah, phenomenal television absolutely Uh, and the last role of um the dad from uh friday night dinner dinner as well you know the martin oh yeah Uh i never watched friday night dinner though Shocking, shocking. Uh, okay. I try. I hate you. Uh, okay, next one. Uh, so next, <laughs> the next nominee in Best Sporting Actress is uh, Ariana DeBose from West Side Story. Now, guys, if you don't mind, I would like to start off with this one. <clears throat> Absolutely fine. Okay. Um, Collie, is that okay? Well, I don't mind. That's what I was oh, saying. Oh, is that when you're shaking your head? Is it? Oh, yeah, okay, okay. Um, so, Ariana DeBose, uh, she, for me, was one of the now I'm going back to Hamilton because, you know, I'm a, I like Hamilton a little bit. So uh, it says La La Land's not his thing and raves about Hamilton. <laughs> Hamilton's a stage play. Uh, um, anyway, Hamilton. She played the bullet in Hamilton. She was uh, a very. She, I don't think she had any lines or she had one line maybe uh, in Hamilton, but she was so interesting, charismatic. You know, as part of that the ensemble. Um, in West Side Story, she was incredible, like unbelievable. The emotion of of from uh, you know, well when she when she was obviously the 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 girlfriend of the leader of the Sharks, uh, Bernardo. Yes, yeah, Bernardo. So that's what, yeah. Um, you know, she's obviously a a, a a important part of the whole story in terms of of helping Maria uh kind of get out there and meeting boys and blah blah and things uh but then after of course spoiler alert her boyfriend dies and there's that scene with the the jets in that bar where they kind of are a bit forceful with her um like she is that is one of the i'm not gonna i don't like hyperbole too much uh but she was absolutely incredible in that scene um from uh, almost accepting her fate to then you know getting the strength to uh walk out with her head held high when when the people are the the, the jets are stopped by the owner of that store and things um like like she absolutely blew me away you know we talk about how great the cinematography was in west side story i think her performance was what uh what kept me glued to the screen um and yeah just just a perfect performance for me uh in in that film collie you like west side story yeah so it's, it's a fun fact um so valentina who owns that cafe played anita in the original oh. um and Ani- and valentina was like a new character for 
this version she was never in any of the old like stage plays of it or the original film wow um so harken back to the original one um like a neat in the original film was a highlight of that film and just a very big character in it like not only just in terms of like you know important character but very much like a standout performance and and i think uh ariana debose has done has done uh, rita morena who's the actress who played her in the old film like complete justice and even added on to that legacy of of this firecracker of a character who you know is, is, is kind of not egging on bernardo as such to fight or that but you know, is is obviously trying to wind up um, the opposing gang and stuff like that at the, at the dance. Um, you know, wanting to dance publicly in front of them and stuff like that with Bernardo to show off and stuff. And then, like, come to the end of the film, Bernardo's passed away. She comes into the apartment and sees um, Tony and Maria there. And she obviously loves and cares for Maria so much. So I think, like, she very much showed a very hard shell and then you know, a very sensitive side as well in that. So, like, to be able to play both of them convincingly in a film's a really hard task and a big ask, and I think she absolutely nailed it. I think she was absolutely fantastic in this. And, and like I say, it was big shoes to fill because Anita was one of the biggest roles that I, or, like, I was looking forward to seeing how it would be portrayed in this film, being a standout in the original and, and again, went, went above and beyond. I thought it was absolutely, absolutely brilliant. What about you, Todd? Yeah, um, like I say, it wasn't my cup of tea and I really struggled to kind of be in it, if that makes sense, be sort of engaged by it, um, the whole film. Uh, but I thought you did an amazing job. I think, I seem to be talking a lot on caveats tonight, like, oh, if this and if this doesn't work, this doesn't. But I think um, in terms of musicals, you can be let down by the singer. The singing can be great if they're not singing again. You, uh, sorry, the singing can be great it's difficult to act as well alongside that. And I thought she did an amazing job um, with that. Like you say, that kind of almost catalyst role. I think she did an amazing job. And I think the high energy she brought with it was, uh, was uh, yes, it is good to see me, Massey. I've got the chat open. Uh, thank you, DC. I appreciate it. Uh, but yeah, so I just echo everything you said. I think fantastic energy brought to the film uh, and the relationships between the characters was, was brilliant. So, yeah. Um, Excellent. Uh, now, the next uh, nomination for Best Support Actress, Judy Dench in Belfast. Collie? Uh, so this, this was an interesting <clears throat> one. Like, And we'll, we'll touch on this with, with Kieran Hines as well. I thought it could have been the complete opposite. Nom- this is more like a nomination mention that it easily could have been um, Buddy's mum and dad nominated. So Katrina Balfe and Jamie Dornan nominated in both of these supporting roles. Because like Kieran Hines and Judy Dench, don't get me wrong, we're both fantastic. And again, we'll move on to Kieran, so I'll stick with Judy for now. But like the way that they played like this elderly couple, and she's obviously like uber religious, and has obviously grown up with a lot of the not so much the troubles because this kicks off the troubles, but like always that divide between the two religious like parties in in um or not parties but you know what i mean like sides in 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 belfast throughout our life so i think like some of the some of the scenes with um with buddy uh like one of the funny uh, one of the funnier scenes is when they're sitting on the couch and he's like oh how do you like you know make is it, do you tell a woman that, or a girl that you love her or whatever 
and the back and forth between Kieran Hines and Judy Dench is just like so not uncomfortable or conservative in that, but like she's just telling like Kieran Hines to like piss off and like leave her alone and stuff like that because he's like you know oh you do this and you do that. But then they stand up and they have like a little dance together and stuff. And I think like Judy Dench is such such like a an esteemed actress that she's now in these roles that like uh, she's playing this elderly woman and it's obviously a bit more frail and stuff like that. Because like the main roles I've ever seen her in was as M and James Bond and she's this like absolute like powerhouse. Whereas uh, there was a film and and you, and I can't I don't know if either of you have seen it. I can't remember the name of it, but it was her and um, Coogan, Steve Coogan. Where it was in a film, I can't. Uh, it's uh, the name escapes me, but it's 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 again. She's playing like a really old, vulnerable woman, but in this, it was kind of like old and frail, but like really, really strong, like like a typical Northern Irish kind of Celtic woman who, you know, had gone to church every Sunday of her life, never missed one and stuff. I thought it was a, it was an amazing performance, but I do have to say that that in the support and actress role, it would have been just as satisfying and, and i would have waxed as much you know lyrically if it was uh it was buddy's mom that was in this nomination as well um but judy, judy dench is like you know royalty at this point she's she's an unbelievable actress and anything that she's in she's gonna be a focal point and she's gonna stand out um so yeah i, I really enjoyed her in this but again like i just when i seen that she was nominated i was like oh okay like i can see why but i can see obviously if she wasn't there as well you know Mm-hmm. i mean yeah I, I completely i think i actually think it's probably the most undeserving of the nominations but i do think that um it, it, it's like you know when, when dicaprio got his oscar for uh for the revenant you know he should have got it a few a few years earlier i think it's more like a, a career kind of nomination i think um i definitely feel that you know you said you probably wax as much lyrical for the if it was the mum. I think the mum is more deserving for best supporting actor, uh, actress. Sorry, uh, like by far, to be perfectly honest. Uh, I think it was Judy Dench. I'm not. I'm not taking anything away from her. I think she was really good in the role, but I just do think that to, to, for her to be the best supporting actress, uh, you know, next to Buddy's mum, etc um i just feel like it's the wrong person that's been nominated really for me um but again she she, she did really well she did did really well the role todd thoughts yeah i i think i'd echo what you've said but in a bit more sort of like it, it it didn't piss me off it wasn't to that extent but i think this is one of the issues with the oscars is that you know uh is it katrina balf is that how i think you'd pronounce it? katrina that's how, um, I, that's how i was reading it anyway yeah about like like you say she for me was the best bit about this film like i I was just i was glued to her she was amazing and i can't Uh, judy dench was very good like as this woman but uh, meryl streep wasn't wasn't nominated this year so like there had to be a level of of oscar royalty in there and i think that's where judy dench came in and i think they'll have put her forward because they know that it's a more surefire bet if there are if they are going to win it then Katrina Balfe would be, and I think it like I don't know, it wasn't. So, I guess so. Just on this, and and like it's a person that I I fully expected to have been nominated, but wasn't. It's um Marley Matlin and Coda. I know we'll talk a lot about Coda going ahead, but like how she not nominated? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like I'm not even like we're obviously talking about like a person from the same film. Mm-hmm. 
but how's how's Marley Matlin not even considered to be one of the five? It's just a bit weird, if if anything. Um, but yeah, I think I think we seem to be all on the same page that she was amazing, but maybe there were you know like it was it was more of a kind of tip of the hat to kind of you know how esteemed she is and stuff like that. You know, give her a lifetime achievement award. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, Dawn. yeah, yeah, no, ex- yeah, like, exactly. Yeah, that's me. <laughs> Uh, yeah, absolutely. No, 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 that's fine. Uh, Todd, I love your passion. It's fine. Uh, right, the next nomination of Best Sport and Actress, uh, Kirsten Dunst and The Power of the Dog. Um, if you don't mind, I'll just kind of yeah, kick right. off it. Yeah. Um, again, another one where I thought she was really, really good, but you mentioned there, um, you know, the, the, the mum in, uh, in Coda. I would have, I think she's more deserving than even Kirsten Dunst uh, as well. Um, again, a good performance, and I think the chemistry also between the actual married couple who are married in real life, her and Jesse Plemons, um, was was really good. It was, you know, um, the also the the the, uh, the relationship she had with Cody Smith McPhee's character as well, obviously her son, <clears throat> who is a troubled boy. Um, and uh you know had some issues and things uh or some character development that was needed to be done and, and she was they were they were basically each other's rock sort of thing um i thought that was that was really 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 good performance um but yeah as i say it, it, it's another one of those where i feel like there was better people that should have been nominated todd I I, th- I think I, I completely get where you come from. Like I think it's fair. For me, it sh- the the decline in in Kirsten Dunst's character was was amazing. And again, I think it was a a, a performance that was subtle. Uh, I know there, there was moments she had big moments, but we talked about that scene around the piano. Like I sort of um, I, like I felt for it in that moment, and and it it was her that did it. Do you know what I mean? It wasn't the situation. Yes, it was shot beautifully. Yes, everybody was acting wonderfully around her. But it was it was her that that took me into that moment. It was her that, that had me there. Um, and I think when you're up against like these, you know, you've got the, the polar opposites kind of, I know that's too, you've got um, Benedict Cumberbatch, you've got Jesse Plemons, and you've got Cody Smith-McPhee who have these like really uh, descript sort of characters you know, Kirsten Dunst could have fallen through the cracks. I think, playing against them three, and I think she did a very, she did an incredible job of being subtly strong, if that's uh, if that's a phrase I can use. But yeah, um, I thought she was very very good. Um, I thought she was, like I say, powerful in a in a in a quiet way, was was is the way I would put it. Uh, Collie. Yeah, so I'd I'd like say what Todd's saying but even like more so I, I thought she was absolutely outstanding in this I thought to, to have to, she had to have three different relationships with three strong male characters in this she had to be a mother to again like you're saying this troubled kid wife to this you know Jesse Plemons who's kind of like a bit you know absent in it and stuff like that he's, he's not there for her very often and stuff and, and then obviously this big combative relationship with um benedict cumberbatch I, th- I think like like todd says the descent into alcoholism and stuff and breaking down um 
I thought I thought she did it really really well. There was even like obviously like one of her standout roles that I know a lot of folk will know her for is like Mary Jane in the Spider-Man films, and some of her scenes really. I mean, Spider-Man Three is an atrocious film, but like in that, obviously her and Peter like conflict and and split apart and stuff like that. Like, and then they reconcile, and and I think like she has a similar kind of arc in this film which is like what 20 years later like just under 20 years later or whatever so i think like she's come i've not watched much with her in since probably um that i can remember anyway but i thought this was completely standout i thought she played the frailty really really well and then there's that kind of big fuck you moment when she's away and she sells all the she chases down like i thought that i wouldn't really talk about in the cinematography but when she's chasing down that um the, the guy that came to visit it would to buy the hides and stuff like that and as as they're leaving she's like you know like there's that sense of like realization that oh well he burns them because he doesn't need them well i'm gonna fucking piss him off like royally i'm gonna go and then she's sprinting after them and she's taking off her shoes and like and she's like wait wait i, I just thought she would she played it she played like vulnerable and strong like so intertwined i, th- I thought she was fantastic I thought she was really, really, really good. To be fair, I, I, I may be being harsh because I think, you know, Todd, you're saying as well there that, that she was subtle in a lot of things. I may have been sucked in by the over-the-topness of Bendit Cumberbatch's character and the, um, you know, the side of it from Cody Smith-McPhee. As you say, there's, you know, Colin, as you said, there's like three really strong male characters that she has to play off of and, and it could be that i was maybe just drawn in by those side of things opposed to like her side of it. i get i do think that you know the, the piano scene um she is very good at that like the, it's it's a very um uh tense sort of moment um so again i i may be being a bit harsh uh but that was just my kind of uh initial initial kind of uh, hey, it's like it's your thoughts uh, like and you're completely that's fine I, I just like i th- I thought she was amazing and i thought she shone through those three male performances and she so easily could have just been uh, like a shrinking violet and just completely not only just from like a character sense uh, point of view that she was being dominated by benedict cumberbatch in terms of like beating down and, and worn down but like even like as an actress in a performance it could have just dwindled away into nothing mm-hmm um, but I thought I thought she was it was a standout, and and to say that again, I know I know we'll come to Cumberbatch in a bit, but like, to say that she was a standout against him in in prob like for me, like again we'll get onto it, but like career defining performance for him, for her to be in the same film and, and performing to that level, I thought was awesome, mm-hmm. and 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 like uh, similar, I know we, I, met, I briefly mentioned it in Mitchell's and the Machines, but like the chemistry that her and Jesse Plemons had was really interesting because they managed to play every aspect of that relationship from like just getting to know each other at the start like how he's like offering to help out and stuff like that he's really like sheepish about it uh, i I, th- I i get we won't get to discuss him really because and well unless we get to the the best picture nomination but like i, I thought plemons was excellent in this as well and and i think dunst maybe pulled that out of him i know he's a good actor and stuff but i think like she pulled a good performance out of him whereas he could have just been a bystander in this film because he's not that important of a character you know he's 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 like the fourth tier of character after you know cumberbatch the kid kirsten dunce and him probably and 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 i think like she pulled him up alongside him to be at the forefront of this and i think that's interesting you say that because i think that's kind of where i'm like you know saying 
the subtlety of her with the, the I was pulled in by the three others and thinking back it could be her performance elevated each one of them as well as part of it uh, and that's maybe why I don't I wasn't drawn to her as much because she did a lot of the heavy lifting, which meant that there was kind of Sean sort of thing. Um, maybe, again, like maybe on a rewatch, like after our yeah. discussion, you could see it a different like Because I think like, like yeah, Cumberbatch was a bastard to um, the kid, but I think like he was equally a bastard to her. And, oh, yeah. and I think that was because of how she played the vulnerability of it, you know, because like how it affected her. Like she wasn't just like, obviously it's, it's the way that just, the character's written, but like, she could have just been like crying all the time or whatever, but there was that underlying like strength that then came through in that then that scene with with the chasing down and selling the hides. Sorry to touch on that again, but like you could tell that she was like fizzing underneath, but he was just like chipping away at her, chipping away at her. And and that piano scene that like, I think I think in years to come, like that could be a, an absolute like you know, S tier seen for her uh, like looking back on her career and how many years are that you know um but yeah that's that's all on that for me sorry we rambled on that one a bit that's all right um todd anything else we add to that you're muted, you're muted. apologies jp was taking mavis out <laughs> uh, yeah I, i'm good there thank you yeah cool. it's me cool uh okay and then the last um nomination in best Sport and actress is and is angenu angenu that's how i would read it yeah yeah, yeah. angenu ellis in king Richard. Now, I, I literally just watched this film yesterday. One of the three I watched yesterday. Um, so you I'll delete it then. Yeah, it's just yeah, refresh. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, she. You know, obviously, we'll get to Will Smith. He was obviously nominated for best actor. It was her and him uh, that were the, the sort of, uh, you know, the adults of the the the, the parents of Venus and Serena, um, and it's funny we're talking about uh, about Kirsten Dunst subtle performance i thought hers was incredibly subtle incredibly powerful um alongside will smith's uh you know his more bomb not bombastic but his more like uh his more it was out... head... he was very headstrong yeah yeah exactly he had the voice he had the physicality you know of um richard williams and hers was a lot more subtle but uh, a very very important part to keep Will's sorry I don't know him. I don't actually know him sorry Will Smith Mr. Like, Smith to you. Mr. Smith <laughs> um, Big Willie uh, keeping his <laughs> keeping his um, more uh, external performance grounded uh, to that to the level of, of which you know we're talking about how potentially it was Kirsten Dunst that lifted other guys up I think uh, she was just as important for Will Smith's performance as uh, as he was for it as well. So, um, yeah, phenomenal, brilliant, brilliant, really, really good. Collie? Yeah, so I, I thought, uh, again, similar, like you say, to Kirsten Dunst, I was definitely going to draw comparisons between the two. Um, and and, and, and her, it, it was it was interesting because in, in roles in films like this in fiction, because I know this is based on real life, um the wife of a very, you know, headstrong, like, dominating, but not in, like, a negative connotation kind of way. A male, like, it tends to be just, like, oh, and his wife. And his wife is just, like, there. But it, it was good that, that the way that they established it from the start, that, yeah, he was this guy with this plan, but, like, she was fully on board with it. It was her that was, like, you know, while he was maybe focusing on Venus, 
her that was cheating on Serena and um and obviously raising the other kids as well and stuff and then they're all on board with it like going ahead going ahead going ahead and then obviously there's the conflict at one point that between you know um Will Smith's um, or Richard and, and and the wife and the coach and Venus and stuff like that like there's two sides to the coin and then they reconcile and then I thought like some of the better or some of the best performances from them both was when they were talking to Venus after her losing at the end and they comfort her in the uh in the in the locker room and stuff like that I thought like some of the interactions there between uh, I mean like like I, I guess like a special mention to both of the girls who played Venus and Serena I thought they were both really really strong performances on their part I mean I I don't know the age of the two girls that were playing them but I think I think like even at a, a youngish age that they are I think they've got a long way to go and I think like performing under somebody like Angelou Ellis and and I'm I'm sure she did at the time and I'm sure she will like moving forward keep an eye on these girls and like look after them and and, and there's probably you know a really strong role model for them to follow in and be in this strong female performance in a in a tight in a in a film that is titled and completely you know male driven um and, and that, I know it's about like these two female tennis players but it's the story of Richard Williams not of Venus and Serena kind of I know it's like their origin story I know they're not superheroes but you know what I mean like it's like it's it's the story of their young life but it's all about this guy who had a plan for his kids from before they were even born and, and he was like so um like heads like pushing towards it but like she's very much the yang to his like yang and stuff like that I thought it was uh really really good and like I, I know I know we kind of like you know poo poo Judy Dench a little bit in this category but I thought this was alongside um animated feature and um, one of the strongest uh, categories that we that we're going to be discussing I thought I thought you know we'll, we'll say four out of five were 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 absolutely top tier and 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 I think just to cap off our discussion I thought Angelou Ellis was fantastic in King Richard. Um, for me, it was the so touching on like trying not to say the same things and trying not to touch on the same things. The the scene where uh, one of the girls had, had won um, at, at one of the matches and they're giving it the big one on the way back and and Richard isn't happy with it and makes them sit down and watch Cinderella uh, and then when they don't get the message of the film about being humble. W- Richard's like, right, get everybody back down. We're doing it again. We're watching it again. In that moment there, it was like a kind of, that was where she stood out for me, Anjanou uh, uh, Ellis. That's where she stood out because it was kind of, there is this man who has a plan, who wants to get this message across, and she is more than willing to go along with it and support this plan and help this plan, but she doesn't take the shit. And like you said, uh, Collie, Andy's wife, Andy's wife. It was. It wasn't that. It was. If she had something to say, if she had something to do, she was there doing it. Um. And again, a weaker performer could have faded in the background against against Will Smith and against the two girls because I. But also when uh, the the get uh, Will Smith gets into like an altercation with some young lads outside the the tennis court, um, and when they come home and you know how did it go? Oh, dad got the shit beaten out of him again. Oh, dad got his ass beaten or something along those lines. Like there's this there's this woman who's been there the entire time and you feel it from it. And I thought, um, like you say, a very strong performance um, in a like you say in in a stack category, which uh, I think will be interesting when we come to the 
the next category. Uh, sorry, not the next one. One after that. Uh, yeah, brilliant. Absolutely fantastic. Okay, Doug. Uh, well, Todd, who do you want to win and who do you think will win the best supporting actress? I want I want Jess Buckley to win it. Uh, I think, you know, her coming out, it, it, like it would be an amazing success story, but I thought she was amazing. I, she really knocked me for six in that. I, I think uh, Kirsten Dunst is going to take it. I think the Academy will give Kirsten Dunst it. Collie? I think that I won. I, Ariana DeBose will take it. Uh, I'm the same as you. Absolutely. I think that I won uh, Ariana DeBose. She won the Golden Globe as well. Um, so that's kind of what I was sort of uh, prefacing on as well. So, um, yeah, completely agree. Completely agree. Uh, okay, look. Uh, are you guys needing toilet or anything? Because I'm. Kind well, of... If you want to take a five minute break, we can. Yeah, I think we'll take a wee break just now. Um, I'm kind of needing a piss. So, um, guys, we will be right back. Uh, just in like five minutes or so and uh, and we'll get cracking on the next one which is the best supporting actor see you guys soon
Hello, hello, hello. We're back. Yo. Hello. Oh, I was bursting for that. I'm sorry. Oh, good. Uh, right. Okay. So, um, let me just make sure that's right. Perfect. Uh, okay. So we are going to move on to the uh, the next category, which, as I said before, is best supporting actor. Um, so best supporting actor. Uh, the nominations are: we have Kieran Hines for Belfast, we have Troy Kotzer for Coda. Uh, Jesse Plemons for Power of the Dog, J.K. Simmons for Being the Ricardos, and then Cody Smith McPhee uh, also for Power of the Dog. So, first nomination, Keenan Hines. Um, Todd, do you want to take us away? Um, I think I'm I'm going to be sort of, you know, repeating a little bit. I, I thought he was good. I thought he was very good. But I think, um, you man, uh, J- uh, I was going to say, Jason Donovan. Who am I on here? Not really <laughs> Jason Dornan. Donovan. Jamie Dornan. Very different people. Uh, Jamie Dornan was done dirty here uh, in terms of like um, not being nominated in, in one way, shape or form, whether it was for best or best supporting. Um, it, again, it, he was... Um, he was a good granddad. He was he was an interesting part of the film. But for me, I, you could I could find a number of different people. I, I would have nominated just to, while we're on about like um, the the son, the eldest son from Corda, over mm. um, over Kieran Hines. Um, so yeah, like I say, fine, good, great performance. But there's there's nothing that now at Belfast I watched um, a, a bit ago so it, like it's not fresh in my mind, but um, you know the mum stood out as much as I can't remember the lad's name Jamie Dorn and stood out and I, like it, it it's still there with me. Couldn't tell you much about what Kieran Kieran Hines did other than those moments with Judy Dench or with but but I just yeah for me fine, but I um I don't understand this one because I don't think he has that prestige that the judy dench has to to kind of warrant uh a nomination like this one so yeah, i'll pretty much echo sorry on you go on you go. no 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 on you go go for it go for it. i was just gonna say like i'm i'm echoing the exact same sentiments that were kind of covered with a supporting actress like very good uh, i was a massively esteemed actor and stuff but there's like roles within a lot of the other nominated films that you could, could have probably pulled through um you know, even like Oscar Isaacs in, in June, for example, I thought did a really good job. So like he could have been as a supporting actor, but yeah, like not not to detract from Keenan Hines, but there's probably better nominations than 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 himself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, completely agree. Completely agree. Um, yeah, absolutely. Uh, and again, you know that is as you say, Todd, it's one that stands out immediately. Is that you know why is Jamie Dornan not getting, you know, not getting a, a wee nod for that? I think, um, just purely thinking about the exact same film i think he did a lot more as a, a supporting actor than than kieran heist did um yeah d- d- just to speak on him like the conflict between obviously the guy that was trying to recruit him to your know, quote-unquote mm-hmm. the cause i thought he was like really really strong in those performances and stuff like that and then like kieran Hines was more just like as an advisory figure to to him every so often and stuff in the film so i thought like even just based on how he was standing up for his family and 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 um you know, returning from working in England to to kind of um, stand up to these these people that were trying to obviously cause a lot of disruption in their community, and I thought he was really good in that regard. Definitely, definitely. Um, thinking about Belfast, Buddy, would do you think he'd probably class as, as if he was to be nominated to be best actor, right? 
Yeah, he's the main character. Yeah, yeah, so. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's fine. That's fine. Um, I was just trying to think, you know, uh, who else could potentially be um, put in there. But yeah, certainly, uh, yeah, it's same as I say, same thing with with Judy Dench. Um, Kieran Hines probably been nominated there more. I don't know, more the name, the lifelong kind of thing. I, I don't know. Um, we'll move on then. We'll move on to the next one. So it's uh, Troy Kotzer, 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 from Coda. From Coda. Uh, now, does anyone want to start off with this? You got it if you want. That's yeah, I was going to say, you look keen. Yeah, yeah. Um, like, he blew me away. Absolutely blew me away. Uh, he was unbelievable. Um, to be a deaf actor um, and to convey so much emotion, you know, from. You're limited as to what you can do. You can't use. You, you know you can't use your voice uh or you know it, it, it's a the, the the way that he uh performed was again hyperbole one of the finest actor performances i've seen uh ever um i thought he was absolutely unbelievable you know the uh the the, the father figure who um owns his own business um but also relies on his daughter and feels bad for having to realize daughter is the only you know the only hearing person in their family um to then even when you know the more emotional bits towards the end with it with the songs and and the the part when we are in watching her sing from their point of view with like the, the no audio and things and the emotion in his face and and it, it's just genuinely one of the most moving performances I've seen in a long time. He was phenomenal. Absolutely, absolutely phenomenal. Uh, Collie? Yeah, like, um, you've, you've pretty much covered it. Even just as, like, the co- comedic relief, I thought he was really good. Um, the bit where he's at the doctor's office and him and, and his <laughs> wife are obviously trying to get, get getting annoyed that they can't... Uh, well, originally they were told they can never have sex again, which was quite funny, and he's like, you know, obviously... Like, because he can't use his words and stuff like that, yeah, and he's like overemphasizing things using uh, like sign language and stuff like that. Um, I thought like it was just really, really well done. And and for me, like I mean, we talked about. It. I think I was streaming at the time we were talking about it. The scene in which he asks to hold his daughter's like vocal cords as she's singing was just unbelievably well done. He like every emotion that he was trying to convey on his face, he, he absolutely nailed and. It was one of those like one of those moments in a film that just like properly gets you and stuff like that and and yeah I thought he was I thought he was absolutely fantastic and I think he covered the spectrum of you know completely over the top silly comedic to to absolutely serious and 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 all the emotions in between that uh, I thought he did so well and he's doing all that without even being able to convey it like vocally it was all through the physical performance which is a lot which is a lot to ask for. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm exactly the same. I think um, it's hard, it's hard not to just go. Yes, I agree. But um, I think the comedy moments for me, I thought he, because it was largely comedy moments with obviously him getting frustrated about, you know, um, the business and and how that works. The the moment for me, and 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 I know we'll touch on the whole film and everything to do with that, um, is the moment in the meeting 
where he he stands up and wants to talk about the fact that you know he's going to start his own business and and that's the way it's going to be that uh, and obviously Amelia Jones is there his daughter is there talking for him to the rest of the group and there was like this level of acceptance but he didn't give a shit about the the acceptance he didn't care he he was focused on this one thing and that for me was the moment where I was like like the other moments the the vocal cords where he's watching her singing on the stage were amazing and like but it was that moment where it broke for me where he was really going for it that um made me kind of stand up and go holy sh-. like he is he was phenomenal there's there's no other word for it he was one of my favorite performances from the from the the films that we watched for the Oscars absolutely absolutely um next we had jesse plemons uh from the power of the dog now we have kind of obviously touched on him uh here uh but todd do you want to elaborate a little bit more yeah so um i think we've we've touched on what i'm gonna say when we were talking about kirsten dunst i don't think he his performance would have been as good without having kirsten dunst to bounce off um i i he was very good, don't get me wrong, and I love Jesse Plemons. He's one of those people that, like, we've seen this kind of... You know when we're talking about, um, who was it, uh, Ariana DeBose, I think, maybe? Where we're saying about wanting to see that rise, wanting to see that kind of, like, where they're going. Uh, Jesse Buckley as well. Um, I, we've seen it from Breaking Bad onwards, and, you know, it, it is it is brilliant to see, but I think... He played a very sort of middle of the road character, and, and and maybe that is the character. Maybe that's the character, and maybe that's me being a bit harsh. But I just felt like there could have been a bit more done with it, especially when there is so much conflict going on around him. When you know you've got, like you say, this towering figure of Benedict Cumberbatch and the Wilton of um, of Kirsten Dunst, and then Cody Smith McPhee in the middle of it. I, I think he could have done more with that. I do think it was very good, but I think he could have done more with it. Uh, Collie? Yeah, I mean, I'm going to say this. Um, oh, well, sorry, we've already covered it with Keenan Hines, and I'm saying it again. Like, I think it's a pretty weak category overall in terms of the nominations. I don't think that... It's not that he doesn't deserve to be here, but I just kind of find that he's a bit more of a, a placeholder in this. He was good, but is he in the top five supporting uh, performances in the films that were you know available um i i wouldn't say so as much um kind of you know harking back to um oscar isaac maybe in, in june or, or thinking of some of the other ones even in like don't look up um some of the some of the like the the scientist guy from nasa for example i can't remember the name of the actor from even don't look up i thought he was a good strong like support and performance and stuff so Clemens was good, but I think like uh, we, t- we touched on it with Kirsten Dunst. I think he was pulled up through performing against her, um, and yeah, I don't have too much to say on it. Yeah, I mean, I completely agree. You know, there, there's two nominations here um, for supporting actor for Power of the Dog. Um, he is definitely the weaker of the two. Um, the way I see it is like if you've got a best supporting actor, uh, you know, nomination, surely you have one because you can't have two of the best supporting actors from one movie really uh well i, I guess I, for me it speaks more as to weakness of the category the fact that they could get to in yeah yeah it's cause um, you can have you can have a big cast and and like you know 
five of the main character or like you know two main characters and then there's like five or six underneath them and you could have a couple of good performances from them i can't understand how you could get multiple nominations from the same film but because because i don't think i don't think it's as clear cut as like best actor and actress mm-hmm. support an actor can cover a wide variety of people so if you get two amazing supporting performances then they deserve to be nominated um but, but for this film i don't think Clemens really deserved quote-unquote deserved to be there if you think so i'm sure it was last year uh judas and the black messiah which is a an insane film if you've not seen it i, w- I would hide um you had your, your two main and they were the two main actors you, you can't get away from it were, were both nominated for best supporting um and like you know you look at them and you think right that is fair that you've got two actors you know who put the best performances of their lives in no questions asked in the same category and then you've got this way it's kind of like like you say it's filling it. It's making sure that there's there's something in there because. But then again, like you say, I'm just looking through the list. Uh, there is a lot more. Uh, I feel like uh, deserving um, actors in there. Even your man from what you call it, uh, Big Bang Theory, and I despise that stupid program. But in Annette, he played uh, a conductor, and he was um, in love with uh, Marion Cotillard's character. Like he should he should be up there for me instead of Jesse Plemons. I think there's just there's so many that you could go through. I, I must admit, I've I've not watched much of the other films that aren't Oscar nominated, um, so I don't know too much about you know things. So was that um, like Sheldon from Big Bang Theory? Was it? Or? No, uh, I not. Uh, he was he's like uh, the little one, I suppose, is how you would describe him. If you give us two seconds, I'll find his name. Um, oh right, okay. Hi, right, Johnny Johnny Galecki, or whatever his name is. Um. Like I say, I, I've watched it once and it what like it was for me. Um, but yeah, he it, it, like I can't I know Sheldon because of you know he's the uh, Simon Helberg. Oh, it's Simon Howard Helberg, isn't it? Um, and oh, he it's was Leonard's the main guy, is he? Saw yeah. yeah, Howard, the little the guy who's mum. Right, he was he was class in a net right. and really hit. Uh, and you know when people are typecasting, they've been known for one big thing. You know, you see them. Um, and he he blew me away. Jesse oh. Plemons really didn't. But I, and I'm sure we'll we'll come back to this kind of theme very soon. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I think we kind of covered everything about Jesse Plemons there. Um, yeah. Uh, so next one is J.K. Simmons in Being the Ricardos. Um, college, with starts off. Just gonna echo pretty much what I just said about Plemons and Kieran Hines. To be honest, I, it's not that I don't know why he's here, but I, I don't think he was that. He was J.K. Simmons, like he was. He was a big bombastic performance and stuff, and he was good. But I've, like, I, I don't know. I, I, I just, he's he's not even anywhere near um, who the, the two contenders for me in this category uh, for for winners. So I, I don't have too much to say. Like he was good. Like he was perfectly serviceable. He wasn't shit. But yeah, same as Plemons and 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 Hines. Like, just could have been someone else, I guess. <laughs> I, I certainly think with with Simmons um, even more so than Hines, it was just kind of a prestige thing of he is J.K. Simmons and ah uh, fuck it, like we don't have anyone else that's just nominating. Yep, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, Todd, yeah, I, like he was the best bit about this film for me. Uh, yeah, I agreed, and he, agreed. And he was in it for about ten minutes. <laughs> um, uh, you know, 
because the, the one thing he did, it, uh, there was a line that made me giggle me back off, and I can't. It was something about him being very aggressive towards a ten-year-old. I think it was. He says, "Good speak." I don't know. And that was it. It made me laugh really heavily, and then that was it. And I can't believe. And I love J.K. Simmons, but he should not. He, he shouldn't be anywhere near this for this for the for this role. I, th- I thought I thought he was good in the script reading scene near the beginning, and then there was the scene where uh, Nicole Kidman and. They like kind of co-star are sitting outside and then he's standing at like the opposite side of this backstage area mm-hmm. and they're kind of having a wee chat about it like, i thought he was good in that regard but again not like not mind-blowing mm-hmm. it, did, it almost felt like a cameo didn't it as opposed to like a, a supporting yeah, actor kind of, yeah. um that's the way i saw it anyway um the film obviously you know it was there was two big performances one more so than there i would say uh, and he was like the, the cameo I, I wouldn't say like there was much he did that was uh you know that was out there that was uh you know we kind of touched on the fact that with oscar categories and nominations it's the five things that you know or actors or actresses that blew us away and it, it, you're right he he was jk simmons he just did his his normal J.K. Simmons thing, um, and that was it. <laughs> you know, I've, sorry, I, I found the quote and like I'm trying, like I'm sat here going, trying to. <laughs> say, it was, uh, and if little Rusty is a communist, then I'm gonna beat the shit out of a seven-year-old kid. I have no problem with that. And it was that big sort of J.K. Simmons voice. <laughs> yeah. That's it. That's yeah. like you know what I mean. So yeah, um, yeah, that's it for me. Not to my temple, or no, you're right. <laughs> um and then of course the last uh nomination in the best sport actor was cody smith mcphee in the power of the dog um todd yeah so i i think obviously him being kirsten dunst's kirsten dunst's son um kind of they they were measured against each other in terms of their character you could see elements of her in him but obviously with this kind of like obviously awakening um, and and wanting to be the person like for me he's up there like you say there's two nominations really and he is he he's the other one um i thought he was measured i thought um you know the way that he kind of uh, uh not not bounced off because that's not the phrase but worked alongside benedict cumberbatch um was was massively impressive because i don't think i've seen cody smith mcphee in a lot and if i have I don't think he's really like sort of um, stood out to me. Where here he was, um, he was a standout in again a film full of them, full of moments, full of actors, full of shots, etc. Um, and I thought he was, I thought he did a phenomenal job. Um, now I'm like wise to him. Do you know what I mean? Now I want to yeah, see yeah, more. Yeah. How he, uh, you know, how, uh, it's the type of performance that if we hadn't have been watching all of the Oscar films among just watching films for the enjoyment i'd actively go and seek out to see what else he's done and and where he's going next so yeah for me um really well done and and in i don't want to repeat myself but in the same vein as kirsten dunst measured subtle but had that power about him um there's a smirk that he does uh, every now and then that like where he knows that he is okay he knows who he is uh, and and that was very satisfying to see as well so yeah. yeah, that turn, that, and you're talking about that, that turn right at the end, mm-hmm. 
when he put when he's putting the the rope underneath his bed with the gloves on and stuff like that. That smirk I thought was really good. It, it, it might be a bit like maybe of a reach at the moment and stuff, but you're saying like performer alongside Cumberbatch and he stands toe to toe with the guy. It really reminded me of Paul Dano and um, Daniel Day Lewis in um, There Will Be Blood. Like a really young actor, he's 25 now. Uh, Cody Smith McPhee is, and Dana was like 23 at the time, going up against Daniel Day Lewis and Cumberbatch. Obviously, is a, is an extremely good actor. Um, Daniel Day Lewis is a bit of a different beast, but like like to go toe to toe with the guy and their interactions when like he was like, it, it was it was a really weird performance in like the best possible way in the fact that he was playing a weird character. Like he was a very introverted, like quirky. Obviously, there's a the sexuality question there as well, and like, it's it's amazing because obviously the character's having to do it in the way it's written. But he's when he's walking through, what's he doing again? He like walks through the camp and he does something. It escapes me what he did, um. But he's getting jeered at by all these like ranchers and stuff like that. And he is he get, is it something in a tree or something? I can't remember what he does anyway. But he he comes out of the house and stuff, and they're immediately like jeering him and and hassling him and stuff like that, and. He, the way he just plays it, he's like completely oblivious to it, and he's just like, "This is what I'm doing and stuff." And then, and then, they, they, I talked about it in the cinematography, but sneaking about the forest or the the, the the kind of wooded area, sorry, and then like spying on. I, I thought like I thought he was absolutely excellent in this, and I think if it wasn't for, and I'm spoiler alert, but if it wasn't for Troy Kotzer being so good in Coda, I think it would be like a standout performance for me to be. The winner of this it's just kind of one of those things that it's unfortunate that he's came up against a generational in terms of and maybe yeah like like massey said with hyperbole and stuff like that but just like such a different performance um that that I, I'm, I'm like you todd like you were saying i'm really excited to see where he goes on to um now that now that he's like obviously got a bit more well, he's got a nomination for an oscar which is a big deal and he's only going to move up in his uh, kind of prowess as an actor because um, like he did like the a couple of X Men films and stuff like that, which is much much about nothing. Um, I do remember him in the Dawn of the Planet of the Ape film being really good, um, and even all the way back to the Road, he was really good. I've never seen Let Me In, but I know that it, that's a really highly regarded film that he was in um, as a young actor. I mean, there you know he was he was in his early teens then, uh, if not slightly younger. So you know this is the chance. And I think he's got him to like push on. It's one of those things though. It's kind of like like Dano, but not like Dano. Like he, he's got a very distinctive look, mm-hmm. and he could end up being like, like to, not to put it in kind of that kind of. But he, he doesn't have a leading man look, so he's gonna have to be like a character actor more than anything, in my opinion. Not to be like totally like derogatory about it or that, but that's how I see him being. Is the Paul Dano kind of, you know really like getting into his performances and stuff like that and i think like it's it's going to be a real stepping stone for him or i certainly hope it is i certainly hope it is mm-hmm. uh, yeah i mean i completely agree I, I, and it's it's interesting to say about the road because that was the first thing i saw him in uh i i love that film um you know working alongside i don't know if it's that kind of film that you can see you love to be honest. No. It's fucking <laughs> yeah sorry i'm not i'm not saying that i i love that film in that you know i'll, I'll watch it on like a sunny carnival scene that was fucking class yeah <laughs> oh, I'll, I'll... <laughs> yeah absolutely i laugh along to it when they're uh when they're walking down this desert road and getting like yeah having no food no, I, and stuff I know, yeah, I, know, yeah totally. I know what you mean like it's one of those like films that's just like i mean we've talked about like like 
come I will come along to a couple of films because of the people we're going to talk about in the future but like the likes of Silence and Schindler's mm. List which we talked about obviously with the cinematography side of things and stuff like The Road's one of those films that you want to experience and I think like him playing playing against Viggo Mortensen yeah. and and and, the, and how powerful an actor he is you know to play alongside him he's had he's, he's obviously had these big mentors throughout his acting career um mm-hmm. what's the name of the boy it's um plays John Connor in, in like the one of the two last Terminator films and he's in Dawn of the Planet of the Apes he plays his dad oh uh, Jason Clark yeah so like there's another like powerhouse of an actor so he's obviously had these male mentor figures that he's worked alongside and hopefully like he's going to continue to build on the experience that they're passing on to him because he's a very talented young guy yeah definitely and I think uh you know Todd, you did you did say like it was, it was a measured performance. You absolutely. I think it could have easily been one that would run away. It could have been, you know, played um a bit over the top in 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 terms of, you know, what what his character is like. You know, you call you said about the, the question towards sexuality, um, the the kind of troubles that he has potentially. Uh, that you know, just been hammed up to yeah. like eleven. Yeah, exactly. Exactly, exactly. And you know, even things like the we're kind of thinking like autism me sort of. Oh, definitely definitely um, I, think, I think you're right there yeah like again that could have easily been played to um to spinal tap turn up to 11 kind of thing um so uh i i think it was it was a, a very powerful very interesting um and and very very good performance um but yeah i think we're a way to find out uh you know why he if he's going to win or not or why he may not so uh collie uh who do you want to win and who do you think will win in the best supporting actor i want to think uh, troy Kotzer for coda todd yeah i'm exactly the same one think so i'm a bit different i i really want troy Kotzer to win and he won the bafta i i did tag you guys in the speech that he gave uh which was, was brilliant absolutely phenomenal um but i actually think that cody smith mcfield get it i think he's going to get it um but I do, I really, really want Troy Kotzer to get it, 100%. I would love it if he got it. Absolutely. Um, Okie doke. So, we are now moving on to Best Actress. So, Best Actress, uh, the nominations are, we have uh, Jessica Chastain for The Eyes of Tammy Faye, Olivia Colman for The Lost Daughter, Penelope Cruz for Parallel Mothers, uh, Nicole Kidman for Being the Ricardos, and uh, Kristen Stewart for Spencer. What are you laughing at? <laughs> Don't know why you did that Penelope Cruz accent, but uh, it was the accent and the look. Yeah. Um, so, Justine for Eyes of Tammy Faber kicking off things with. Yeah, go so, for it. <laughs> I, I I thought she was unbelievable, and this it's 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 one of those things when, like, when it's based on real life, and we'll touch on this in the next category. But when it's based on a real life person, and you can as an actor i'm sure go away and like speak to people that knew them watch all this footage especially like a public figure like tammy faye if you read up uh, up on her was um and such like a larger than life kind of you know person and it, and it's weird like you, you see her like early early doors just as she's meeting andrew garfield's character that she's already like bubbly and over the top and then there, it just like gradually gets more and more and more you know amped up and just exacerbated and stuff like like it opens it, it open i don't know if it's open and open on her but it's yes, like her yep. eyes and 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 she's talking about that and 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 at first i'm just like is that is that jessica it doesn't look anything like her almost 
until obviously you see her gradually get there throughout the film and then and then it cuts back to when she's young and stuff like that and then um you know obviously she's a young young girl but then it be- when jessica chastain steps into the role um just just the development of the character like not only does she bounce off a lot of good people in the film especially andrew garfield i think just as a standalone performance like i i was blown away i thought she was absolutely excellent and it's kind of similar to one of the standout uh, kind of things like me which is like a real life portrayal is christian bale in um the fighter um with mark Wahlberg. have you guys seen that I've and, seen and at the end of that film they have christian bale like meet like they show some backseat backstage stuff during the credits i think it is and it's him meeting the guy who he plays and it's amazing to see having watched him for a couple of hours be this guy like the mannerisms that he's picked up on i mean christian bale's a genius you know and i think like after because i went away and watched some of um the televised stuff that they would do back in the day uh, as this couple i can't remember the the name of the, the husband um, but Tammy Faye and him would do, and, and it's amazing like how close Jessica Chastain got to her nuances and her accent and, and, and everything like that. And Jessica Chastain's a great actress. Like uh, She's been around for a long time now, but for me, this like completely elevated her to to being just you know an upper echelon actress now. Like I say, always been good, but for me, this was like very, very good. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I'll I let you guys talk on it. Yeah, no, no, no. I, I completely agree with that, you know, the, the assessment, the fact that Shaw's been a good actress. She's been, you know, in everything she's been in, she's been absolutely serviceable. She's been um one of the better parts of a lot of movies she's been in. Um but like genuinely a phenomenal performance. Um so I did you go watch uh, a bit about Tammy Faye and like like interviews with her? Yeah, there was a docu- I went and watched the documentary that it was based okay. on. Interesting. because uh, it's based on a two thousand documentary called yeah. The Eyes of Tammy Faye. Um, so I went away and, and 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 found bits of that that I watched, and and it's it's bizarre, like it's uncanny sometimes, like how close she got to her. Yeah. So I kind of like as I was watching the film, I would pause it and actually go and find on YouTube like the interviews and stuff that she did that were on on film. Uh, and you're right, it's it's literally like uh, you know you you're watching the documentary on on you know from the film. You were watching the uh, interview. It was just it was a brilliant brilliant performance um and and yeah absolutely that's the thing when it comes to being somebody you can easily uh you could it could easily devolve into her just doing uh, an imitation of her which i mean she did the point but uh you still thoroughly you know rooted for this character um and uh and yeah i thought she was just brilliant absolutely brilliant um todd what was your thoughts on jessica chastain yeah. it's it's interesting you said about the imitation thing because i like hate impressionists it's one of the for me i as a form of entertainment i think it's don't, i just don't get it and it could have fallen in, and and i'll i'll talk, i don't know how you'll feel coming on but there's there's another two in this category that that i think fell into that trap i think she she didn't just uh, like imitate Tammy Faye. I thought she like she acted as her and I think that's the difference. For me, it um this was one of because we won't get to talk about it again. It's not um mm-hmm. it's not in any of the other categories. But for me this was one of my like one of my favourites from from the entire sort of selection. And it really surprised me that it did. 
because um, I knew nothing about it going in. I, I I knew a little bit about Tammy Faye and, and and what had happened with you know with with everything there, but like I didn't know that's essentially what it was focusing on, um, and what to expect. I thought Jessica Chastain, like you said, at first uh, I was like, is it really Jessica? Is she in there somewhere? But her mannerisms and especially her eyes, I feel like you see it, and and it's a real performance. It's not an an impression. And for me, that was the big one. Um, yeah. So echoing what you what you've said, and I think she was the highlight. Andrew Garfield is is an amazing actor, and you know, if he wasn't nominated for Tick Tick Boom, could he have possibly been nominated for this? I think there's a fair you know there's a fair cop to say he could have been nominated twice. But I think she outshone uh, Andrew Garfield, but you know, and I think that took a lot. But she was she was amazing. Yep, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, okay, next one is Olivia Coleman in The Lost Daughter. Now I know we've obviously spoken about the um, the young side of of her uh, in in Jesse Buckley, um, but Olivia Coleman playing obviously the um, the adult version of uh, I can't remember Carter's name, but. Um, uh, yeah, Todd, do you want to start us off with this one? Yeah, um, so I, I love Olivia Coleman, um, mainly because I love Peep Show and she's she she will always be Sophie. But some of the things that she's done since have been amazing, and you know she has really stepped out and uh, uh, carved her own path, so to speak. But I thought she was just an an older Sophie in this. I didn't feel like she was anything other than an English woman on hot, like, you know, in, in a different country. I didn't feel like there was anything there that kind of warranted and that, uh, you know, it's not, it's like, I think this is a poor category and I think there's been a lot of actresses who've been done out of a lot, like a lot of, uh, of a lot of better performances. Um, and like I say, I love her. And I do think that she is an, like you say, an up echelon actress. Now I do think she stepped into that, but I, for me, um, there was some, you know, emotional moments. She uh, by no means did anything wrong, but it wasn't that level of sort of... I, I thought Jessie Buckley did a better job of the character than... And maybe that's the situation she was put in. I don't know, but I feel like Jessie Buckley did a better a better job um, and give me that desperate, give me that, that lost. And I don't know, I'd, uh, it didn't really feel to me like she was doing anything... To, to write home about um a good film again uh i don't think we'll talk about it much um good film good performance but not great um so uh yeah i, I don't think there's much else i can say about about her. um massey um see i'm kind of i'm kind of the opposite eh? like uh i didn't enjoy the film that much to be perfectly honest uh and I, I again, I loved uh, Jesse Butler's performance. Um, I thought Olivia Coleman was really, really good. Uh, I think what she does well is the small nuances to her, you know, her 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 physicality, her face, and stuff as well. I think that's come from her comedy background. Um, and in a a movie where yeah, she is basically just an English woman on holiday um there's a lot of little nuances i really enjoyed from her um you know things like the little um you know even when she's just watching the uh 
what's her name? Dakota Fan not Dakota Fan, Dakota Johnson's uh character and her kid. Uh and then like the the um things like the the conversation she has with Dakota Johnson's mum, I think it is, who asked her to move and things like that as well there. Uh, just her little uh vocal vocal and facial sort of like ticks, not 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 ticks, but like uh uh sort of yeah, just like just mannerism. that. Yeah, the mannerism, exactly, exactly. That's, that's what we're looking for. Thank you, Todd. Um, I, I just think I thought were 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 incredible, and I I I genuinely think she was almost as good as Jesse Buckley uh, in this in this movie for me. Collie. Yeah, I'm more on the side of Todd. Um, well, I guess it's a combination of both. Like, it was a pretty like run of the mill, not run of the mill like in a bad way, but just like. It was a perfectly serviceable uh, performance by Olivia Coleman in a film that was distinctly mediocre, in my opinion. Um, if Olivia Coleman should have been nominated, it should have been for Pal in uh, Mitchell and the Machines. I thought she was excellent in that. Um, I don't have like too much to say. Like, I, I, I didn't really enjoy the film. I thought it was much about nothing, to be honest. Um, but I, I think she's kind of, and it'll be for the same for the next two for me. Um, just a kind of nod to her, her prowess and the tier of actress that she is now that you know that's why she was nominated for this um i don't think she's got a chance of of winning it um so it's just kind of a tip of tip of the hat kind of thing i thought her interactions with ed harris were really good i thought they were really good i think i think obviously he's an amazing actor in his own right and stuff so i think like some of their interactions earlier in the film were really good but yeah i, I don't know if it was just like a dakota johnson thing or that but I, I don't know. I just I just found it a, I found it a bit jilting at times. I just didn't feel it was a very smooth film uh, from a performance angle. What What do you think about I just for both of you? What do you think about Dakota Johnson? I think she's all right. I don't think I've seen her in. Any, I don't even. I can't even think off the top of my head what I've seen her in. Um. What? I thought, it was, by the way, I thought it was a good effort for for Maggie Gyllenhaal, though, mm-hmm. as as the director. I thought I'm excited to see where she goes forward with it. I just, it wasn't much for me. Like, yeah, she's not really been in anything that I've watched, to be honest. Dakota Johnson. So the only the only thing the only one for me where she was like a standout was uh, the the remake of Suspiria. Oh yeah, I see that here. I, I won't watch. Uh, it yeah, says, it says, like, it says horror, so no. And like it is like. It's horror. Do, do you know what I mean? Like, I I was a little bit cold on the original because it's very sort of like of its time and it's very Argento and it's very you know, it the remake was was phenomenal and she was amazing in it uh, until the Swinton obviously. But you know we're not here to talk about her. We'll talk about her another time. Uh, yeah, no, yeah. I, that's... I, I just asked because like I, every time she was on screen, I cringed. I thought she was fucking horrendous. I genuinely did. I thought she was. Horrible. The main thing I know her for was the um, Ellen DeGeneres interview. Oh, yeah. <laughs> when, when Ellen's like, oh, how was your birthday party? And then uh, I was never invited. And Dakota Johnson's like, yeah, you were. And like, it's so obvious that like Ellen DeGeneres has just forgot. And Dakota Johnson's sitting there like, well, you kind of weren't <laughs> invited, but you said you had a thing or something like that. So that's like all I know her about is that. Because that's like... And all the, the watch mojo like top 10 cringiest moments on tv and stuff so that's 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 the only really thing i know she was in that 50 shades films but obviously i never watched them your mom's did though. Uh, 
Uh, probably, yes. <laughs> Um, yeah, no, I thought she was fucking dog shit. Uh, anyway, um, <laughs> <moving> on... <laughs> here. Um, so we're moving on to the next uh, actress, which is uh, Penelope Cruz uh, for the the Spanish film Parallel Motherth. Um... <laughs> you can take this one until you can stop doing that bloody accent. <laughs> so Penelope Cruz uh, in Parallel Mothers. Uh... <laughs> um... <sighs> I don't know if it's a Spanish film. Uh, I, I'm fine with a lot of foreign-speaking films, um, but nothing gripped me in this film, really. Uh, I thought... I I don't think she was deserving as, uh, of, an, um, of a nomination. I think, if anything, the, the girl that played Anna probably was more deserving. But, again, I think because it's Penelope Cruz, uh, I think that's probably why she got the nod uh, ahead of ahead of Anna. I don't think she did anything spectacular. Um, I, 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 again, I, I, it might be because it was a, a different, a, a foreign film. Uh, that sounds really xenophobic, doesn't it? Um, no, I, I don't know. I, I just didn't. Her performance didn't do anything for me. I just thought it was. I, <laughs> I don't know. The, like. Sorry, just like to, yeah, like to jump in, but I, I, I do think it was a case of it's another film that is, uh, to, to use Collie's word, serviceable. I think it was fine. I think she was okay in it. I, um, you know, uh, she did what I would expect. If I read um, sort of a synopsis of it and read what her character had gone through, I would expect that from her. Do you know what I mean? I don't think there was. I I don't think there's a lot more I can say about it. I didn't think it was a bad film. Again, um, I, but yeah, I don't think she did anything phenomenal. Um, but I don't think she did anything terrible either. I think it was just a an acting performance that you'd expect in in a film like that. I don't I don't know. Sorry to just like, but I think no, that's the best. No, way absolutely. Because because I was at the point there where I'm like, I don't know what else to say. I I, I just thought she was. I just thought it was. An actress in a film it, it, it was nothing nothing stand out a bit for me um but collie maybe you're different yeah i've got i've got kind of similar i thought like she was the best thing in it like i thought she was a grade above everyone else that the actress who played anna was very good but like you could tell that penelope cruz has got a bit more of a pedigree behind her i think um so she was good but it's a very weak category and this is probably probably the the, the weakest nomination for me personally um like decent film um probably never watch it again but i I would i would i would still recommend people go and watch it though like i thought it was it's one of those ones that if you're into your films and stuff especially if you if you if you enjoy foreign language films and stuff it's it's worth watching yep not as much to say about that before i say uh now the next one i am gonna let todd off take off for this one because i know what his thoughts were about the film uh so the next nomination was uh nicole kidman in being the ricardos so todd go for it i i don't i, I don't get nicole kidman uh i don't think i don't understand how she has the um and again it might just be it's like an opinion it's a, a subjective thing I do not understand. I can't tell your performance where I think, wow, that was really good. And 
the fact that she's nominated, like, not actively pissed me off, as in, like, I'm not stotting about the house, you know, I can't believe Nicole Kidd, but, like, <laughs> <laughs> it's just ruined me day. I've just had a shit day. Why? Because Nicole Kidman's been nominated for an Oscar in being the Ricardos. I thought she was shite. I thought it was... A, I've, I've seen... Like, I will go as far to say I thought it was a bad performance, and, I like, I, like so I didn't look at Tammy Faye, and I, and I will, but I went and looked after... Um, you know some clips uh, from 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 the shows Lucy uh, whatsoever that she played, and I ju- it was just an impression and a and a poo one at that. And I think I don't think the prosthetics helped her, um, the the makeup and stuff. I don't think it helped her in any way, shape, or form. Um, I, I thought it was a pale imitation, is the way I would describe it. I, so I think this is the when you said there, uh, Collie about being the the weakest um, nomination. I thought this was... I can't believe that she's... Been, it's not even a case of, oh, I think there are other people who could be. I I can't believe she's been nominated in it. I think she was really poor. Um, but again, might be biased because I don't like her as an actor. <laughs> Sorry. There, that, that, like, that was me little sort of soapbox. Uh, Colleague, do you want to... I, I thought she, I thought she was good. I mean, it's an Aaron Sorkin film, so it can be quite dialogue heavy, um, and I thought she delivered it all pretty well and convincingly and stuff. I, I I'm I'm the opposite. I actually didn't go and look at Lucille Ball, and um, whereas I I did with Tammy Faye, but I think that was just because I enjoyed the film a lot more and I wanted to know more about it. Um, it's not so much that I don't get Nicole Kidman. Like I think like she's been good in a few things that I've watched. Um, but for for this, she's just kind of a tag onto a a pretty empty category, to be honest. Um, like no chance of ever winning it. Um, just kind of chucked on there because of the prestige of her name, I guess. Um, and yeah, that's about. I I, I I'm, it didn't anger me as much as Todd, but I'm just kind of a bit like <laughs> shrugging my shoulder, uh, my shrugging my shoulders, and just being like, yeah, well, I, I guess like if she wants to be in, or if they want her included, then fire away. But you know. There's there's categories of performance in this, and, and she's at the bottom with Penelope Cruz. Yep. Um, yeah, you know, I, I, I agree. I think... Um, I was the same as yourself, Collie. I didn't actually go and look at stuff about Lucille Ball because I, I thought the film was all right. Um, but I, I genuinely thought Nicole Kidman was one of the better parts of it. Um, and just to make you guys aware, do you know who won the best actor in a motion picture over Jessica Chastain, over Olivia Colman, over Kristen Stewart at the Golden Globes? Nicole Kidman. Nicole Kidman won it. Um, So, uh, yeah. Um, So, yes, I actually think, again, we're we're talking about how weak the category is, uh, but I do think that she was, again, pretty good. I'm kind of like yourself, Todd, in that I don't really get Nicole Kidman as such. Um, I I never really have. I don't know if it's because of the type of films that she is normally in or don't really interest me. Um, but she's never much been someone that I would actively go and watch. Um, but I did. I thought she was she was pretty good in this role. I thought, um, uh, you know, we'll, we'll always have the comparisons of Jessica Chastain and Nicole Kidman because they did a similar sort of thing and it was a real person uh and a film about their life uh i do definitely think chastain was a better did it better uh but i think nicole kibben was was pretty good it's pretty good um but yeah 
Um, anything else you want to cover with Bess? Oh, oh, sorry, with Nicole Kidman at all? No. Um, okay. I'm good for that. So the last, uh, last nomination on this list uh, was Kristen Stewart in Spencer. Uh, obviously, the film about Diana Spencer. Um, if you don't mind, I'll kind of kick off with this one. Um, I thought she was brilliant. I thought, like, again, it's another, it's another, uh, another actress who I've never gotten. Like from Twilight, you know, I'd see her. That Zoe wanted to watch it. Zoe liked it. I, I didn't. Um, although, uh, Team Edward. Um, uh, <laughs> um, but she's had a lot of like critical success with, uh, you know, like a lot of like the. Uh, what's it called the kind of pretentious movies and stuff that she's been in um just a lot of like had a lot of love from like your your they're indie film. movies they're not pretentious movies well, yeah okay sure <laughs> sure <laughs> um her pretentious indie movies that she's in uh yeah she's had a lot of love obviously from like like can and stuff like that and uh and it's it's kind of weird to me because i i don't really get her but in this uh, again, it's a, it's a performance of uh, a person who was real life. It's kind of based on fact sort of thing. Um, her descent from and her constant, uh, her constant like fear of uh, what people are saying behind her back. Her, um, uh, you know, it, it was it was isolation that she had, and it genuinely like. I think I kind of know how Todd feels about this film as well, but it genuinely felt like the whole film was like shining like to me. It was it was shining esque, and it was the the big. Uh, it was kind of the the isolated but uh, vast place that she was in. She had uh, you know her decline in mental health and things as well. Um, uh, was really well done uh, throughout the whole film, and um, and yeah, I thought she was exceptional i thought she was she was absolutely fantastic and i was very very surprised and now i can see why in the more um stuck up pretentious indie films uh that she you know if she's making performances like that in, in these sorts of films that only like people with monocles wearing and stuff like that would watch then i can i can, I can see that and a berry yeah exactly um so yeah i thought she, i thought she was absolutely phenomenal i thought she was absolutely absolutely phenomenal um college you'll go next yeah, yeah, I, I'm gonna echo what you said. I thought she was fantastic. Um, I thought, like, I, I have no interest in the royal family, never have. But from a person that's interested in conspiracy theories, um, like, there's a lot to tie with Diana. So I've read up a, a fair bit about her, listened to podcasts about her as a person and stuff like that. And I think, by all accounts, whether it's her like notes in her diary that were you know leaked a long time ago or know interviews with people who apparently knew her quite closely i think um i think christian stewart played her very well that vulnerability and and the kind of it's weird like it, it's a hard shell and soft center kind of thing like she's playing you know it hard and like um like not wanting to accept any shit off the rest of the royal family outwardly but you can tell inside that it's like getting to her and it's it's really really like the Know, the, just the um, the blase way that Charles treats her with um, the the uh, the open affair with like Camilla and stuff like that. It's like she's been taken for a complete mug, and she's like you know really hurt, like I say, hurting inside and uh, but wanting to be strong for her boys. And 
I, I thought I thought it was I thought it was excellent, and I I think like it's a a really close second to I know spoilers again, but like a really close second to Jessica Chastain in this category for for the best actress in my opinion. And I know I, I think Todd, you're maybe slightly different than us, which is why I wanted to jump in second. <laughs> but obviously, let, let us know your your thoughts. Yeah, so like I said to my friend on uh, my new friend on Twitter that I, that I've made recently, um, that like <laughs> Kristen Stewart was the best thing about this film, like, and I found the film to be uh, the word I u- I used was drab, like I really sort of like I was like oh, no 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 we getting through it, um, and she was the best thing about it. I'm not a, a Kristen Stewart fan, but my problem is I haven't seen her in a lot. Um, Twilight is like a is a like a comfort film for JP. It's something that she'll stick on and she knows back to front and all sorts. So it's on in our house regularly, and I walk past. I'm like, fuck, what you like? Um, I, I'm not a fan as it is. I, I don't think she was like the impression, like Nicole Kidman was. I I do think there was acting there. There was a performance there, and I do think I think the vulnerable side of it w- was really good. But I just it it wasn't for me at all. Um. I got. I felt like it was a bit samey. Um, I know it's a horrendous word to use, but I don't feel like there was a lot of variation in the performance. Um, and I know it's only over a short amount of days, but I just it, it it wasn't. She didn't grip me. She didn't. And like you say, with not having an interest in the in the monarchy, with not having an interest in the royal family, not. Wait, sorry guys. Um <laughs> I just fucked up the sound. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> hold on, hold on, hold on. I heard a little bit, I think. Wait, wait, wait. Right. Go for it now. That's it, that's it. That's it. Sorry, 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 sorry. Sorry. That should be it now. I said at the beginning, just use your normal fucking headphones. The brother the brother in Barney. <laughs> You were right. <laughs> oh, a fucking twat, honestly. <laughs> Sorry, guys. <laughs> right, Collie, you were you were saying? Oh wait, what? Fuck. Oh, wait, there you go. Can't hear. Oh no, I can hear you now. Are, are we back? Are we? Are we good? We're back. We're back. We're back. We're back. Sorry. Sorry. Right. Okay. Okay. Collie, you were saying? Wait, me? Yeah, you were talking. How really? long has it been out for? Just like. Two minutes. Two minutes. So did we hear anything of Todd? Oh wait, yeah, it was Todd that speaking, wasn't it? Sorry, yeah. I'm sure Todd made a great point. Todd. Uh, <laughs> oh, like I, I walk because I obviously we 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 pushing on, but like all I was saying was it was it it was the best thing about the film. The film was drab and bored me, and I think, like I said. It, it just wasn't for me and I don't it was uh, like she didn't blow me away she didn't she wasn't excellent um, and then uh, collectively we were talking about the director um, and basically 
he's just yeah basically how it's like a similar sort of thing to to the jackie film yeah it did yeah. jackie with natalie portman in it so it was just saying that like the director like obviously maybe on the back of that was like wanting to look at another you know strong female alongside um obviously royalty in this case but it was a president last time and stuff like that so so yeah i thought i thought she was really good and kind of conclusion yep absolutely absolutely uh okie doke so um audio hitches aside uh best actress then um todd we'll go to yourself first firstly who do you want to win and then who do you think will win jessica chastain for both i think uh i think i, I wanted to win but i think it was the best performance there i think she will collie yep same for me okay uh i went a bit different again uh <sighs> <laughs> so yeah, I 100% want Jessica Chastain to win. She absolutely deserved it. Because Nicole Kidman won the Golden Globe, that's why I've said that I think she will oh, win it. Fuck off. What? What? you just be like, oh, because, oh man, that's such like, yeah, okay. What? <laughs> Nothing. Basing it on the winning other awards and stuff. <laughs> is that a cheat code, is it? <laughs> no, it's just, yeah. No, but I 100% do. I definitely want Jessica Chastain to win. I will be really happy if she does win. Um, absolutely, absolutely. Um, guys, are you okay if I go for a quick pee again? I've got baby blood right now. Um, are you guys needing anything? Or... Oh, I'm good. Oh, fuck. When Todd's not needing a piss, that's when I know. Uh... We can recover Spencer from Todd's point of view <laughs> while you're away. Right. I'll, I'll leave you guys on stream. Um, I will be two seconds. I'll just go for a just quick pee. Cunt. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Bugger sec. <laughs> I fucking said to him, I fucking said to him at the start, put in your normal fucking headphones. Live on stream as well. Wasn't even before we started. Wasn't it on stream? Was it on stream? I think it was, yeah, it was. Clip that. Somebody go back and clip it. Maybe it was. I don't fucking know. But you you were yeah, as, as Todd as my witness. Very close to God. But, um, uh, yeah, so yeah, we just kind of covered that. Like, I thought it was like a strong second in, in, a, in a relatively weak category. But for me, it was like Chastain, like S tier. Christian Stewart was maybe like A tier and everyone else was like maybe C or something like that. Like for me, there was a fair drop off. Like I, I know you're not a horror fan and I know that it'll, it'll never change. It's, it's the way the Oscars are. It's, it's part of the issue. But like, um, so uh, Neve Algar, who was in the film Censor, um, who, uh, Tiona uh, Paris, you, uh, I don't know if you've seen Passing. Uh, like there's these that wasn't a horror film but i just like i look at that category and i think there are so many films that like kind of uh, you know had these phenomenal female performances in lead performances and for for, for me you're missing alana hyman there for licorice pizza which i know we'll talk about um even even jennifer lawrence in don't look up i thought she was excellent like whether you like her as an actress or not i thought she was really good in that so uh, sorry sorry on you go it was Amelia Jones. I can't believe we haven't talked about it yeah, in yeah, order. The, the, yeah. the, the last learned American Sign Language didn't didn't learn her lines in sign language. She learned the entire thing to to work. And I know that's that's not the performance, but it just encompasses for me what's kind of wrong with the Oscars. I know I've said that a couple yeah, of times. Fucking hell, yeah, that's, that's a great show. But that's like that's like three there, and even um, Rebecca Ferguson in June I thought was excellent as well. So anyway, right, is that you back? Back, for half yeah. an hour <laughs> uh yeah yeah plenty of time for. um right uh we will move on to the next category um which is best actor um so the nominations are we have javier bardem uh in being the ricardos 
Bendit come <laughs> Bendit Cumberbatch in The Power of the Dog, uh, Andrew Garfield in Tick Tick Boom, Will Smith in King Richard, and Denzel Washington in The Tragedy of Macbeth. So, first nomination is obviously Javier Bardem. Um, Collie, what 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 do you think of his performance? I'm 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 kind of in the way that Todd thought about Nicole Kidman. My thoughts on Javier Bardem in this film was that he was pish, like he was. I thought, like, like I guess it kind of had to be a bit hammy from who he was playing, but fuck me, I thought he was just, like... I, I, I guess maybe it was a conscious decision, but I just thought he was annoying, obnoxiously so. Like, I think it was from a, a character and a performance point of view. Like, Javier Barham's an incredible actor, and I just thought he absolutely phoned it in here, to be honest. It really... It, 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 similar to Todd, it didn't, like, spoil my day or that, but... It actively just like every interaction, I was just like rolling my eyes and just. I I, I think I think if he'd have been better, I think Nicole Kidman would have been better in this film. I think he, it, it kind of opposite of what we're saying about Kirsten Dunst with people. I think he pulled her down in this film. To be completely honest, um, so yeah, I don't have too much to say apart from like I was disappointed because have you bored him? Like ninety nine percent of films is excellent and probably one of the best things about the films, but he, he just wasn't very good. Yeah, I mean, I, absolutely spot on. That's exactly how I feel about it as well. I think he was, he was poop. He was absolute poop. Um, and it's very interesting you said there about the fact that he dragged Nicole Kidman down uh, a bit because I, I that when I was watching, that's exactly what I was thinking. I was, you know, his performance was distracting. It was genuinely so distracting from, uh, well, the film as a whole, but also Nicole Kidman and her uh, her performance as um, Lucy um yeah just again you're right over top hammy i did i genuinely did not enjoy it i think i i'm really surprised that he got nominated um as, as part of it uh so yeah <laughs> um todd i mean what what's your i know you i know you love the film so what's your thoughts on javier bardem you're muted, muted mate fuck's sake todd messing with sound and i hint Watch your mouth. <laughs> we were saying all that. Um, no, I, I thought um, I, I'm the same. I didn't think when when I was watching it, he detracted from Nicole Kidman's performance. But I can totally see that now. All I could think was, can we just get him? Mm-hmm. Can we get uh, away from this? Can we move on? Because it was just, like I say, as the character, you know, in the TV show, yeah, it should be hammy, it should be big, it should be over the top, because that's the style of the TV show. It was the same, you know, One Division did something very similar. But, um, and, and kind of riffed on, you know, I Love Lucy and all that kind of stuff. But, um, you know, when he is being, you know, the man around the house and that kind of thing, he, he needed to dial it back. Um <laughs> uh, yeah, and it, I'm just echoing what you said. I think it was, it was piss poor. Uh, yeah. it's, um, it's not. It's, it's not so much that he did, he detracted her, but I just think like if she maybe had somebody better to bounce off of, mm-hmm. or, or not somebody better, but like him being a bit better, I, I think like it's just it was just overall because um, I don't I, we're not going to speak about it again. Like overall, like as an Aaron Sorkin film, I thought it was really poor. Like, I thought it was really poor. Especially with, like, some of the stuff that he's done. Like, The Likes of Moneyball is probably one of my favourite films, like, ever. I love that film. I love how, like, it's quite a dry topic. Uh, but, the, like, the script pulls it through and really pulls you in. Like, Trial of the Chicago 7 as well. Like, fantastic. And and just this was, like, pretty poop, Um, to, to be honest. 
it, they're so dialogue heavy. What you need from a Sorkin film is performances, and you yeah. got that in Chicago Seven. You know, you got that in um, in uh, Moneyball. Like, do you know what I mean? And you didn't get it here. Um, mm -hmm. So yeah, sorry. Agreed. Agreed. Absolutely. Good yeah, you're right. With with Moneyball, you had Brad Pitt, um, Jonah Hill, Chris Pratt. Uh, in... It's it's it, yeah. Sorry. No, I was just saying Chicago it's, Seven. It's, it's, you had. Got all of them. <laughs> it's it's just weird. Like when you look at his filmography, like it's been Molly's Game, Trial of Chicago Seven, and Being the Ricardos. He's directed as well mm. as wrote. Yeah, but it's like Moneyball, Social Network, and stuff, and Few Good Men. He like he wrote them. So it's it's interesting that I would say like Molly's Game's pretty meh, like not great, not bad. Mm -hmm. Trial of Chicago Seven's excellent, and then Being the Ricardos is pretty pish. So. I don't know if him being director detracts away from how good his writing is, maybe. Mm -hmm. um, like, all power to him, obviously, wanting to step into the director's seat, but you just think of, like, how good the, the script writing is in Few Good Men, Social Network, Moneyball, um, and then all the way back to, like, you know, West Wing and stuff like that, like, how good it is. But it's the performances that pull that through. I don't know if he's just... I, I get not to, like, criticise the guy, obviously, but just, like burning the candles at both ends that he's he's too busy trying to think of it directorially instead of just as as a, as a screenplay or, or as a writer you know mm -hmm. yeah absolutely hands in too many pies um like yeah. yeah absolutely stick to one side of it and um the writing obviously um he's a incredibly talented fantastic writer um and uh and yeah i i think you're right i think just try to do a bit too much in terms of directing as well absolutely um Anything else you want to, want to talk about with Javier Bardem? In are you sure now? Are you sure you don't? You sure you want to move past? Oh, I'm good. Yeah. His pitch yeah. was was a good covering of it by me. I think. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, so the next uh, nomination was uh, Benedict Cumberbatch in The Power of the Dog. Um, Todd, do you want to start us off? Yeah. Um, like I say, Benedict Cumberbatch is not an imposing fella. Like he doesn't have that presence in terms of his physicality um immediately he has he has to work towards that because he isn't the size of you know some of these absolute machines and men and yet and the other thing I, I, was that in this film you don't see him be there's no real violence there's no real sort of like you know there's nothing that it is all him and yet from the minute he comes on screen like it, it, you know that everybody shit's scared of him and you know that nobody messes with him you know that his word is final it is um for me and i love benedict cumberbatch and i know he, again he has his critics but uh for me this was like one of the best one of the best performances i've seen him i've seen him in um again it's a it's a strange film because um it's not something that i would actively seek out to watch um but I, I will watch this again. This is something where, like, it'll be a rewatch and it'll be for the performances. Um, and Benedict Cumberbatch was was the highlight in a in a very very good film. Yeah. Collie. Uh, yeah, I'm just kind of echoing what Todd says. Like, physically, he's not the most imposing guy, but he's like, especially playing playing this character. It kind of reminded me of him uh, playing Khan in Star Trek Into Darkness. It's like that underlying like nasty streak to him like his eyebrows and stuff he's just very facially you know like the faces that you can pull the subtlety of it and stuff like that i think like he's there there's not very many people out there that are better than him at it um 
just like some of the dialogue that he had with again like we, we touched on it mainly with Kirsten Dunst and Cody Smith McPhee like the, the interactions that he has with both of them um are just like so underlyingly like intimidating and stuff like I I thought he was excellent in this and and definitely a, a career high probably for me I think thinking off the top of my head um and and there's been some highs that he's he's had some stuff that he's done has been absolutely crap but like um for for me this is like one of one of if 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 not I'd say probably his best performance definitely definitely and and you're right I think you know you're both going back to the the, the the fact that how he's such an intimidating character an intimidating presence without being um a tom hardy or like a, a hugh jackman like like ripped to shreds kind of thing um he is uh with obviously using um his intellect his uh his obvious mean streak that he has uh being an intimidating figure um you know, not not just for the, the people that work for him, but also even you know the 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 patrons that are playing the piano in the cafe thing that they first go into, um, and it's it's uh, but then he's also obviously got this softer side to him that he kind of keeps hidden from everyone else, uh, you know, and again we talked about how the there's the um the hints of um sexual preferences that are are, are maybe not aligned to what uh someone of his um standing or his sort of like career or, or his job or whatever is is meant to have um someone has been touched on quite a lot or a few times in, in obviously like western kind of stories um and 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 his his reminiscent of the the, the past his what, what was the what was his pal's name again something henry on it Ryder henry or something like that something like that i can't remember off the top of my head um and obviously so his like his longing for you know for remembering him and 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 that shadow that looms over him through the whole film um and then yeah absolutely the, the way that his character interacts with cody smith mcphee's character uh is, is uh, there's subtle nuances there that again you know it's never actually uh explicitly said that that he's well firstly like homosexual or um you know, has anything like that, but the way it's played out, the way that he plays it, uh, you know, that's kind of something to character that that we kind of get an idea for. I think it's it's a unbelievable performance to to get those that sort of information out about a character without, you know, explicitly just just saying it or or you know either him or someone else saying it or whatever. Um, a brilliant, unbelievable performance. Um. And again, it's something that absolutely blew me away. I was expecting to go to the Power of Dog and, and for it to be mainly kind of cinematography based and, uh, you know, like like your typical Western would be. Uh, but he absolutely, like, stole the show in, in terms of the the actors and characters that, that were in it. Um, anything else you guys want to talk about, Bendict? Come report. No, cool. Perfect. Okay. Uh, now the next, uh, the next nomination here is uh, Andrew Garfield in uh, in Tick Tick Boom. Um, you guys okay if I go ahead with? It? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Cool. Away, of perfect. Course. Perfect. So uh, another Lin Manuel Miranda um, joint. Uh, Andrew Garfield, like, I, so I went into this film knowing it was Lin Manuel Miranda, thinking you know it's going to be. I'm gonna enjoy it. There's gonna be some some good songs, blah blah. blah. Uh, Andrew Garfield was unbelievable. Um, absolutely 
unbelievable. And and genuinely, I I I don't think I've been as moved from a performance. Well, certainly in the best actors, I don't think I've been as moved as much as I was from Andrew Garfield. He plays the um the kind of driven um Jonathan Larson, who obviously is one is trying to workshop and write this uh this play. Um, his uh. So of course his acting is obviously incredible, but also his his singing and stuff as well is 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 uh, is a real standout. And uh, part of the story you, you may or may not know was that um, Lin, Man- Lin Manuel Miranda cast him because they share the same masseuse or something like that. Uh, and Lin actually asked uh, um, the masseuse if Andrew Garfield could sing. Um, you know, wanting to cast him as Jonathan Larson. The masseuse said yes. And then basically, as soon as Lynn left, he, uh, the masseuse phoned, I'm sure it was masseuse or whoever, phoned Andrew Garfield and said, um, start learning to sing. <laughs> and that I was... I know that, that's class. That was literally, yeah, yeah. Um, and that was that was it. So uh, he didn't know how to sing before be, uh, as, as he was cast, essentially, this film. I, I, just incredible, you know, the, uh, the way that he plays... Uh, uh, Jonathan Larson, who obviously is a driven guy, has one thing on his mind, but also try to juggle these relationships with his friends, um, who obviously have their own troubles. Uh, you know, with the, the AIDS uh, endemic that's going along around at that time, his relationships with his uh, partner, who wants more out of uh, out of life, wants a, a you know, wants an actual long term relationship, uh, wants to be engaged, married to him, uh, but of course. He's married to his art. Yeah, there we go. Uh, <laughs> Collie, would you like to take over from there? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, so I was just pulling up Garfield's filmography there. Um, for, for me, he is one of the best, you know, quote-unquote young, I'll say under 40 being young actors out there. Um, I thought he was unbelievable in this. We kind of touched on it when we are talking about uh, Isaac Tammy Faye. He easily could have been nominated for, for playing Jim Baker as well. Um, I think like the singing was was a bonus on this, but I thought him, when he wasn't singing, um, was even better. There was the instance in which the, his, his power gets cut out because he's not paid the bill and he's frantically phoning up and stuff. I, he just played... Larson as like this just manic guy that's like a hundred mile an hour and has got this like creative genius within him that he's just struggling to get down on paper when he's trying to write that song that he was missing out on um, because he was told by Soder it was a uh, Soderberg that told yeah. him yeah. it was missing the song and stuff and he's like six years or something like that since that he'd still not written this song um, and I don't know how dramatized it was that he, he was writing it you know the night before or whatever but. I just thought Garfield was unbelievably good. Like, I know he's probably more publicly known as a household name for playing Spider-Man and stuff, and and I feel bad for him because overall, I I quite like those two Spider-Man films, but he's the weakest of the three. But you just think, like, watching him for, like, the last 10 or so years, like, Social Network, to Hacksaw Ridge, to Silence, to this, and Isatami Faye, like, I think he's just an amazing young actor. And uh, I think there's still a lot more to come um, from him. I I was going in with high expectations because I've seen him in like Hacksaw Ridge and Silence, and and he and he still managed to blow me away during this. So I, I it's for me he's the standout in a in a strong category. Um, it was Sondheim. Sondheim's the director. Sondheim was Sondheim. The sorry, yeah. he was West Side. Was he West Side? Sorry, no, he wasn't. Was he? 
No, I'm not sure. No, I don't think so. No. Uh, Todd? Uh, yeah. yeah he, Garfield has this kind of like... Um, uh, the emotions in his eyes and, and it, it hits every single time. He seems to to kind of understand, you know, the I hate the phrase where people like, they understood the assignment. He he understands what scene, he understands every single scene he's in and he, and he plays it to within an inch of its life. Um, I, when I first heard, there was one of the songs um, where Tim and his friend looking around that new apartment and then going back to the old one and it kind of like, it was like that rock opera type thing where I kind of... Um, the music i don't know it was something about that that almost not put me off the film but i was just like oh this isn't for me at all and i've gone back and watched it all better and one of the bits for me in terms of the singing um <clears throat> is therapy the song uh with him and uh vanessa hudgens uh where she's like yodeling over the top while he's singing that as a piece of direction is just like obviously it's on the stage but as a, as a piece of craft that you're watching was phenomenal um I, I, like like Collie, I think he he's already doing amazing work, and I think this he he'll be in this list year after year after year, uh, and completely deserved because the guy just understands how to portray a, a, an emotion without going too over the top. He he gets that, um, and I love the I love the frantic side of him. But the other thing, sorry, just quickly, um, with best actor, I always feel like there's they're emotional performances. They're always very serious performances. This is just thinking back and trying to like pluck names out, but like is one of the ones that I've enjoyed the most. You know, when we talk about, oh, I didn't, I, I loved that film. I didn't enjoy it. Like I, I enjoyed his performance. I actively like enjoyed what he was doing. Um, and I, yeah, he was phenomenal. It was amazing. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, <clears throat> next nomination is Will Smith in King Richard. Um, anyone else want to take that? Collective, do you want to take it? Do you want to? Yeah, I can take it. Yeah, so uh, me and Todd, I think more more than all three of us have talked about this, and I kind of just thought that this is Will Smith's best performance for was it twenty one years? I think I said Todd since he played Ali in like two thousand and one or something like that. Not that he's done too much since, but for for me, I thought Will Smith was absolutely fantastic in this. Um, the you know the rugged kind of ambition of of um richard williams that he was trying to portray i thought he played really well i thought he played the kind of caring side um that you don't see too much of in the film really well the the antagonistic side with um the coaches and the media and stuff really well i think it was like an all-round like multifaceted performance that he had to do and i think this easily could have slipped into just being another will smith performance this at this point in his career, but I think he really kind of, you know, grabbed the chance to, to show off that he that he that he does have it. The kind of the you know, the good side of acting that he, he showed off earlier on in his career. Um, I thought he was fantastic. I did go in with like high expectations for this as well because it had been kind of, I never seen this like when it was first coming out or whatever. It was only like since the nomination buzz that I watched it. Um, I know that both of you, I'm sure you'll talk on it, but you were like, oh, I don't know if I'm really looking forward to it or not. Um, kind of a bit trepidatious about it and and, and I was the same but mainly because when people were like waxing lyrical I was like mm, is it Will Smith just being like you know all because it's Will Smith or is he actually good and, and I thought he was fantastic like I say best performance of him for, for over 20 years Um, 
and I, I really, really do hope that this kind of kicks off a couple of other good roles that we can see him in the next couple of years and he doesn't kind of devolve into shite again. I think that's the thing, Will Smith, eh? Like, he almost became, like, more than an actor uh, and, and was then taking roles that were, like, uh, you know, just for his name kind of thing um, and not not mainly focusing on the performance. Um, but I completely agree. I think he was unbelievable in this. I think he was, again, again, it's based on, obviously, a, a real person. Uh, and, and like I did with... Um, with the the Tammy Faye one, I, I would pause it and I would go to YouTube and, and and watch some of the interviews uh, that that took part in the film and watch them, uh, you know, uh, how they happen in real life. And he has everything down to a T. And again, it's not it's not just imitation, but he has everything about Richard Williams down to an absolute T. The voice, uh, as I said before, the physicality, um, the you know, as you said, the, the drive. He's got a plan. That he he keeps gonna. Uh, kind of going on about and um and like it, it's genuinely you know Collie saying that the multifaceted performance is absolutely spot on that is the best way to um you know to explain what he did in in this film and um and yeah absolutely i, I know todd was as well and I, I was a bit like eh, i don't know will smith i'm kind of just you know <laughs> He does kind of. Uh, he's almost going through the motions and a lot of a lot of stuff that he does. Uh, but this one, you can tell he puts heart and soul into it, um, and um, oh, it's brilliant, unbelievable. It, it completely like from start to finish, he had me in the palm of his hands. He was he was that good um, in, in in this film. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, Todd, your thoughts? Yeah, so the the conversation that we'd had before about, like, I, I wasn't sure. I've just had a look through his IMDb there. And he is a good actor. He's a great actor. His serious roles, apart from Ali, have been this seven pounds pursuit of happiness where everything's like... And, you know, he has this sort of... He does that look over and over again. It's just a repeat. It's a, a repetition. This is what I was saying when, when we were talking about, Collie, about, like, our 20 years, that, like, it just becomes samey. And if if it isn't, it's and I love him in things like love my like Men in Black, Independence Day, Bad Boys, like these bombastic, like almost comedy action characters. He plays that very well, and he does it very well. But it's not you don't have to do anything for it. This was like a proper performance for me. Like, and I went in with kind of tempered expectations, just because after what I'd said, and then after you'd said about how good it was, I was kind of like. I don't know. Like, is it is it going to live up to it? I don't then want to get my expectations too high. Um, but it was because he wasn't just playing this one-note character. Uh, actually, sorry, he kind of was. <laughs> like, he had this one goal, this one drive. But as in, like, it wasn't Will... He wasn't playing Will Smith in this. He was playing, um, you know, he was playing this character. Uh, and I thought the way that he bounced off every single person he, he acted alongside. Um, I know he wasn't in it for that long. Uh, but just on the subject of other, because we're not going to get to talk about it that much, I don't think anymore. Um, it, oh, we are. But uh, John Bernthal for me was was fantastic mm. in this. Uh, I loved him. But yeah, uh, yeah, I completely agree. I thought he was he was funny when he needed to be. You know, he hit the right notes, uh, especially in, like the emotion and stuff. Um, but just that kind of determination came through. I thought he was excellent. I thought he was 
it's going to be difficult to split the best ones in this, but he's he's definitely up there for me. Yep, absolutely. Um, Collie, anything else you want to say about Will Smith, King Richard? No, no, no. No, okay. So we'll move on to the last um, nomination in uh, the Best Actor, and uh, I will start this one off if you, if you don't mind. So it's Denzel Washington uh, in The Tragedy of Macbeth. Now, uh, I'm going to start this off because I have very strong feelings about this film. Um, uh, we've obviously spoken about the cinematography already, uh, and we don't talk more about it, thank fuck. Um, I hated this film, absolutely hated it. There was two, two positive points in this film. That was number one, cinematography, which you talked about, and how excellent it is uh, and number two is denzel washington he was really really good in this film um we spoke about letterboxd i gave this uh film one and a half stars um literally uh half a star was for cinematography and one star was for denzel washington that's how good he was compared to everything else that was in this absolute dog dump of a film um like he was you know, well, firstly, like, I've never seen a Macbeth before. I, I don't like Shakespeare. That sort of stuff just doesn't do it for me. Uh, I mean, like, it's 2022. Why are we still talking, like, old English? Um, so uh, it th- that side of it, it didn't do it for me. But Denzel, you know, we're talking about the um, before about cinematography where, you know, there's things that he was off in the shadows. Um, even just little, little things that he was doing um, to keep you engaged on him because he had to carry a lot of the weight of the film because it was so fucking terrible um like he was you know there, there's parts where um he was like it was towards the end he was like sitting in like a, a throne that was like was it like snow or something was like, like floating about him uh, and he had this like monologue i didn't understand a word he said uh but it was incredible like like you could tell that he was like uh, accepting his fate, waiting for for the end. He knew that it was coming, and blah blah. blah. Uh, and I thought he was really, really good in it. Again, I I think there is uh, in, in terms of the best actor, there's there's other ones that are better. Um, not Javier Bardem, of course. Uh, but I thought in in a in an absolute dumpster fire of a film, I thought he was very, very good, very, very good. Um, Collie. <laughs> Yeah, I'm. I'm not like a fan of Shakespeare or anything like that. Like, never learned it like in school or growing up or anything like that. But similar, to, I wouldn't say I. I enjoyed the film for what it was. I knew going in that it was going to be, you know, Shakespeare this and that. So I'd made my piece, but uh, about it and and as an objective adaptation of Macbeth, um, I thought it was excellent. Like you could tell that the delivery of the lines were there. And all that, and 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 I I think like the whole cast did really really well. To be honest, I thought everyone was excellent. But Denzel was the star of the show. Um, Todd, are you got the volume of the stream on? He does. Come on, must have just. There we go. Okay. Um. So yeah, I I thought he was the standout as as the lead. Um. But I thought he was backed up by a great um supporting cast like Francis McDormand as, as Lady Macbeth I thought was excellent um, I, I, I've enjoyed um, even though like, I do like a good play and stuff like that in terms of like um, adapted into films so for example Denzel directed Fences a couple of years ago I don't know if either of you have seen that mm-hmm. but again like it's it, he's doing stuff like The Equalizer and then I think like 
he's then doing his independent or his like stuff. This is an independent film. It's a Coen brother film, but you know what I mean? Like he's doing the not Denzel, the action star stuff. Um, and I think it just adds another, again, to use the word facet again, after we're talking about it with Will Smith, but it just adds another like element to how good of an actor Denzel is. I mean, you look over the last 10 years, he did flight. And then the next year he did two guns and that's like the opposite ends of the spectrum in terms of like a really good acting performance and then a really good like action performance. Um, and and I thought I thought like just in, in conclusion, I thought Denzel was was excellent in this and deserved a nomination for uh, for best actor because I think he he carried the film, but not in terms of like he carried the film alone. But I think he was like you know like the jewel in the crown of of what's an excellent adaptation of of Shakespeare, which is something that I've never, like I say, never been into or anything like that. Dialogue was quite hard to to follow and stuff, but it just through even like the physicality of the performance, I thought he was he was fantastic. Yeah, I'll 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 be sort of like brief because I know we get we push into nine, but um, I thought um because I've seen Bad Macbeth, like I've seen a lot of of shit adaptations of it or or iterations of it on stage not so much on screen um and i'm not a shakespeare fan at all i do like macbeth though of of, of all of the players i do like macbeth um and i thought he was i thought he was phenomenal i thought he was a, a real powerhouse it, just going back to best actress being a, a poor category and uh francis mcdormand could have could have been in there very easily uh for me for, for this but i think again it's looking at it from the from the perspective of how we looked at flea that it's a kind of a gamble because <clears throat> it's not a mainstream film and it's not going to hit a lot of people's lists just because of it is Shakespeare. Um, but I, yeah, I thought in particular the delivery of those monologues were were phenomenal, were, were absolutely brilliant. And and I do think, like you said, uh, Massey, that you might not understand what he's saying. Like when he's when he's delivering those monologues, you might not completely get it but you understand how he's feeling and what is going on in that scene because of how he's delivering it um it's you know i've seen plenty i've fallen asleep during a few uh that i thought that was a really really strong uh performance as Macbeth. fair enough fair enough um anything else you want to talk about denzel nope. no i'm i'm fine to predict this and then obviously you need to nip away for yeah, five minutes absolutely so um Yes, so best actor. Uh, who do we uh, want to win? Who do we think will win? Colin, I'll start with yourself. Who do you want to win, first of all? I want Andrew Garfield to win, but I think Will Smith will win. Todd? Uh, I want Andrew Garfield to win, but I think Benedict Cumberbatch will get it. I'm the same as Colin. I want Andrew Garfield, but I think Will Smith will get it. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, Andrew Garfield deserves it, in my eyes. I love, I love him. I like. I, we're, sorry, I know we kind of spoke about Andrew Garfield, but um, with like some of his other performances, like... I, I didn't get him, but these last couple of years I've got him, and I can't wait to go back and watch his like his filmography with, with the Andrew Garfield love in my mind. <laughs> uh, my like Hacksaw Ridge and Silence, back to back, depressing as fuck. But <laughs> like he released them the same year, I think, and they're both fucking unbelievable, like so, unbelievable. And even way back in like Social Network, he was really good as the the kind of partner, but, yeah. then rival of um, Zuckerberg. 
So like I I I never seen Hacksaw Ridge. I I think I tried it once and I was like I just wasn't in the mood for it. And again, I think because I didn't understand Andrew Garfield, I maybe just wasn't quite bought in. Uh, but I cannot wait to go back and uh, and and yeah sort of watch him um right so yes before going to best director i'm gonna go and quickly let the dogs out um i'm gonna leave the boys on the screen uh oh, euphemism. Be... yeah not not euphemism yeah <laughs> um uh so yes i will i'll turn off my um my mic i turn off my camera but guys feel free to chat away if you want to slag me it's absolutely fine if you want to slag chat it's absolutely fine if you want to talk anything else about films and stuff feel free i will um, probably just on. chat films while yeah we don't no worries right yeah. i will be back as soon as i can get the chat up sorry i'm gonna it's all good and laura so lauren it was sondheim because i i remember sondheim like i think it's sweeney todd is the main one that i remember him having wrote uh wrote back in the day and then being adapted obviously into the film and stuff which is a belling film like say what you want about johnny depp but that's a really good film sweeney todd that he did what 15 year ago or whatever yeah. you've seen it <laughs> No, I've never, nah, never watched it. And and it's not like, again, I know you're saying, like, say, Johnny Depp was like, Johnny Depp's Johnny Depp. Like, he, he pulls a performance out of his ass. I just think, like, he's, um, just disappears into the character acting side of things that, what was it, Dark Shadows I tried? I think for, a, I think for a while, like, he, he, he was just like, oh, well, I've had so much success as Jack Sparrow. Everything's going to be, oh, well, this is Jack Sparrow, but a vampire. Oh, this is Jack Sparrow, but like there was one film that I watched and he was like some sort of tech company tech. I have to look it up, but it was fucking wank. I remember I went to see it in the cinema and I was like, that's fucking like he wasn't bad in it, but it was just pish. It was just is rubbish. Transcendence is that what it's Something called? Something like that. Uh, yeah, that rings a bell. I, I bought it on DVD. It's I've got like oh, a, a small pile of to watch. Uh, I might just put that to the bottom of it, like uh, if that's <laughs> if that's the case. If it was cack, um, but, but it seemed like sorry. On you go. No, no, no. Go on, go on. I was just going to say that, like, you tend to find that, like you say, they find a level of success, and then they do paycheck movies because why not? Because they're going to be. I don't, be even, I don't even think for him it was like paycheck. It was just like phoning it in it was just phoning it in you know mm-hmm. but like 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 you see his films during the 90s like what's eating gilbert grape um donny brasco fear and loathing uh sleepy hollow chocolat like blow and then 2003 till now is like pirates of the caribbean once upon a time in mexico actually is really good with him in it have you seen that before yeah it's got the fake arm it's fucking class mm-hmm. um then it's like Finding Neverland, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, Pirates, Pirates. So Sweeney Todd, in the middle of that, he was really good. And I actually quite liked him as John Dillinger in Public Enemies, to be honest. Not a great film, but I thought he was pretty good in it. I think I got um, that on Steelbook from the Pound Shop, and I just haven't... Yeah, and I just haven't watched it. I haven't uh, given it the time of day. Because like, then he was in that Black Mass, wasn't he? Yeah, he was pretty shit in that. Yeah. Again. Haven't given the, haven't I given thought the he was time. good as Grind. I thought he was good as Grindelwald in in Fantastic Beasts, though. I must say. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and like we we've said, we're going to go see the the next one at the cinema. Just um, Same. and you know, Mads Mikkelsen's Mad Mads Mikkelsen, like you know, he's a phenomenal actor. We still haven't seen the second one. We need to watch it, but he's going to be he's going to be acting against uh, Jude Law and 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 like see young Jude Law, like he was just a pretty boy. But but mm. see what really changed my mind on Jude Law was uh, the Sherlock Holmes films. See as him yeah. as Watson, I thought he was fucking so good in that. Like 
maybe maybe I maybe so not not so good as like a leading man, but in part of like an ensemble and against good actors. I I, th- yeah. I think he's really really good. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to think what else. Oh, Captain Marvel. So I I I because uh, Captain Marvel is one of those things that um, it's the people are hot and cold on it. And I really liked it, and I loved him oh, in I it. it. I yeah. thought he, yeah, he was excellent in it. Um, but again, he oh Dom Hemingway. Have you seen Dom Hemingway? It was like no. It's a pure like the Blu-ray is in every pound shop. You you'll find right, okay. it. Uh, and I think it went under the radar because he's this kind of like Cockney geezer. And honestly, again, he pulls a performance out of his ass that I didn't expect. And especially because, like you say, he's the pretty boy. It was almost like oh, seeing. The was Alfie? Was Alfie was one of his young like films when he was a bit younger? You see Anna Miller and stuff like that. Like I, I remember that just oh. being fucking pish. It's not, but again, he's not somebody you are really knew a lot about until I'm just having a look through Sherlock Holmes and Repo Men. Repo Men was really cool. I Repo seem to Men, think yeah. is that that's the sci-fi one about taking body parts from people, right? Is that that, or is that another one? No, that's that. Is it not? Is that? Okay, so, so, sorry, Mikey's just saying. So I, I enjoy Black Mass as a film. I just didn't think Johnny Depp was very good in it. I don't think it would play in What's-His-Face. The guy that got kidnapped, the guy that got captured. I thought Black Mass was a good film because I love a, a good, like, Boston crime film. Like, I love that, but I just thought his portrayal was a bit shitty. Who was, be- who was better in that? It's, um... Who played, like, the politician in it? Uh, Joel Edgerton. Joel Edgerton's excellent in it. Yeah. Uh, sorry. Really... I can't... Go on. What you bulger? Yeah, that's him. Um, he he was the criminal, but I Joel Joel Edgerton was like the was he the FBI guy? Yeah, he was the FBI guy. Sorry. No, I I've never seen it. I mean, there's a lot of people because Dakota Johnson's in it and and Benedict Cumberbatch. You know, there's there's Jesse Plemons. We've got a few crossovers from tonight. Um, yeah. But yeah. Uh, Joel Egerton, uh, he was in a, um, just because we're going from link to link, uh, was in a film, it's not really a horror, I wouldn't describe it as a horror, called The Gift with Jason Bateman. I know the one you mean. Um, and honestly, uh, for Joel Egerton to play like a creepy bad guy is just like, it was amazing. Like, yeah, he, I, I, yeah, he was class. He was, he was brilliant in that. Um, and again, is another one who goes under the radar quite, quite often. Um, it's cool that they've gotten back for uh, Obi Wan. Yeah, as uh, as Owen. Uh, yeah, ah, that's why I, I was like, why didn't I like that gift film? I just can't stand Rebecca Hall. I think we really? talked about her. Did we talk about her on Smashy? I can't remember if we did, but I, I just can't stand her. I just Have don't. It. She's in one of oh. my favorite films of all time. Is like the main actress, and I, I can't stand her. And what's that? Um... Town. Oh yes, 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 yeah, yeah. See that Iron wasn't Man that 3. A first watch for me. <laughs> yeah. Classic. When when we did oh, smash, smash Eggman, I'm sure that was the first watch. She's in the Prestige as well. I forgot that she's in the Prestige. Prestige was such a good. And again, I think that was the first watch last year. Um... And that was that was incredible. That that was. I might I might I might went to see Hans Zimmer in London last night, um, and and then had like such like uh, gig blues. He bought a ticket for tonight because <laughs> he's playing a couple of nights. I think so. He's going to see him two nights on the bounce. I'd love to. I know there's like the Star Wars experiences in the way you can go and watch like 
I know it's not. It won't be the same as watching John Williams play. You know yeah, the Star like Wars music, orchestra, but I would love to see a live orchestra play alongside, um, like any any film, really, just for the experience. They've, done, they've done quite a few at the Hydro here, like pre-COVID, for like a couple of the Harry Potters and stuff. Um, like, uh, I think I think they did, Philosopher's Stone and Chamber of Secrets, right? It's... And I'm sure they did New Hope and Empire. I don't know if they went and done any more. Living in what is essentially the you know the middle of nowhere <laughs> up here like even, but even newcastle newcastle gets nothing we've been trying to sort out like um theater trips and it's only just lucky that we found one but like there's nothing do you know what i mean round here uh you've got to you go have, sort of manchester or north of the you border you've got, you got dream theater next month in newcastle though i'm sad about that yeah it, oh, it's nobody i've never I, the only time i've listened to them is in your streams i've never really sort of uh I wasn't meaning like you should go and see them, but I'm just oh, no, I'm but... just jealous because they're down there because they're not playing Glasgow. How are we down? The Raiders at the Usher Hall, that was excellent. I did um, Joker, like Joaquin Phoenix Joker. I did that at the concert hall in Glasgow. It was awesome. So I'm going to just move that up there so I can see the chat as well. Are you going um, to move for JP or anything like that? Are you all right? No, I think she's. Uh, I think she'll be all right. Once once Massey comes back, I'll I'll mute my mic and, and shout down just to make sure. But she'll she'll be absolutely fine. Um, watching through Gotham again. Um, I don't know if you've watched. I it. need to do that. I need but to do it, that. It is it is fantastic. I mean, it yeah it it is brilliant. Considering it's like um a prequel to something that doesn't always need a prequel. Do you know what I mean? Like um they don't need origin stories. But uh yeah, it works really well. Um, I like I like the main boy in it. He was the main boy in the OC, Gordon in Gotham. Yeah, aha, uh -huh. yeah, he's class, and he plays Jim Gordon. Diff uh, Jim Gordon's always like that kind of sort of not cool, but calm, and you know, you see the sort of where it goes up and down for him, and how he becomes Jim Gordon. It is really good. It's, um, it's the same. It's the same. It's essentially he's playing like Jim Gordon Year One or Jim Gordon Year Two, similar to how Pattinson's playing the Batman or Batman in the Batman, like. Just finding his feet in his role and stuff like that, and he's only gonna get uh, get on with it. I uh, know I've never seen that, Lorna. No, no. I, again, high fidelity. If it wasn't for SJ, I'd have never watched it. Um, Did you watch that the other day? And then I watched it again very recently. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's and, right. Uh, and again, I think it was one of those either days or nights where I was just absolutely like white, and I couldn't be bothered putting me like attention to anything in particular and i just stuck it on ja i could watch jack black do anything man the guy is just an absolute genius yeah he's uh, class and, and and underrated because he's silly and because he's a bit like daft he, he people really don't give him the time of day that they should um him singing let's get it on at the end of that film is just i could watch it on a loop it's so good um but yeah, it's been. It feels like a while since I've done. Like, where are we at here? Was We're on Kravitz, is it? Sorry. In the, in what in? Oh, in the High Fidelity TV show. Okay. Um, and again, she's not somebody I know a lot about. Until the Batman, where she was a. I thought she was fantastic. Um, who was I talking to? Who said that they weren't keen on it. It's nice. Asnes wasn't keen on the whole thing, was he? <laughs> oh, right. Oh, wait. Somebody wasn't keen on her? Yeah, on, yeah, yeah. Um, 
was I talking? I'm gonna have to. Uh, that'll do my head in. But I was talking to somebody who said that they thought Zoe Kravitz was was average uh, as Catwoman, which uh, in a in a in an amazing film, she was, you know, incredible. Um, I need to see it again. I need to see it again at the cinema before it leaves. Yeah, I mean, Gabby of... were talking about that. We might try on because Gabby was supposed to be up the road this weekend, which is only going up on Saturday morning, back down Saturday night. So maybe on Sunday we can see. About nipping in to see it, although it'll be out of super screen, so it'll just be on a smaller screen, but still. Yeah. Well, we we didn't see it in like IMAX or super screen anything like that. You we, went to uh, VIP, did you? That every man cinema, yeah. Every man, right? Yeah. Uh, and like it's our little treat, you know what I mean? Because it is a little bit like a bit expensive so mm-hmm. you know can't afford to do it like all the time um but then if we do like if we do want to go and see it again the view's only a fiver and it's up the road so uh you know and then if a film's shit and it's a fiver it doesn't hurt as much um walking out of hereditary after paying a fiver didn't feel as bad as it probably could have uh <laughs> you know i said like nicole kidman getting nominated didn't ruin my day hereditary ruined my day Her- hereditary uh, like <laughs> Really boiled my piss. Was that on there? I'm trying to figure out where that sound came from. Oh, Mike, it's um, it's. I mean, I thought it was an independent cinema when we first found it. I didn't realise it was a chain, but um, if it's as good as the one that we've got, like the menu and everything, it just it's um, it's a proper like night out. Do you know what I mean? Uh, the cocktails look amazing. Um. Just it just looks worth the little bit of extra money. I don't know if things are as exp- you know are a bit more expensive up your way with you being near cities and stuff, but uh, Newcastle's not that bad. Newcastle's all right. I've been down twice, I think. Oh no, amazing city. I love it. I just mean like money wise. Uh, I think it's still like we're still left behind a little. We we I'm. 45 minutes to an hour away but like it's still left behind a little bit in comparison to the Londons and the Manchesters and stuff like that it's nowhere near as expensive and and like you say we have this conversation every time somebody announces a gig that we just get skipped past we just you know London, Birmingham, Manchester, Cardiff UK tour oh cheers yeah (laughs) we're up here yeah please um Oh, newly built. And that's the main thing, that it's newly built. I was in, like, this basement um, thing. And, again, it's nice. It's really... But you can tell it's been there a while. You can tell it's, like, you know, been repurposed into a cinema. Um, we're going to try and rent it out. So, like, we're saying about the drama group and, like, the, the, the fundraising and all that kind of stuff. Um, just as, like, a treat, because they haven't had it. Do you know what I mean? They haven't had anything good. So we're going to try and rent out a screen. And some of the selections... So we've asked the kids we're going to do, like, a World Cup-type job of like and vote for the films and some of the selections i mean we talk and you know sort of uh 14 to to 18 year olds and one of the a couple of them scooby-doo there's a lot of love for mamma mia and greece in this group of and i'm just like greece would be a good show i love greece i'm i'm not a it's weird because i do like a lot of musicals but the whole Grease, I've never seen the original West Side Story, um, but like that kind of feel to it, not for me. I'll put Shaun of the Dead and Jaws, because they're both 15. <laughs> JP looked at it like it was a piece of shit. <laughs> no, we're not watching them. We're not watching them. Um, 
but yeah, uh, it'll be interesting. There was also a couple of Harry Potters put in there, um, which again, if it's what's what's the Goblet of Fire? Got one of the kids was like Goblet. I was like, yes, that's fine. The rest of them can piss off. I'm not a Harry Potter man. Oh. I, I, he talked about me making this stream going because I love the sound of my own voice. And, you know, 20 past nine, audio issues, letting the dog out. He said we can oh, slang him. So. Here he goes. Oh, sorry, guy. He's heard his, he's heard his name. Got, you know, got lives. I haven't got a life. I haven't. I'll be back on the PlayStation. Just off films. I started Cyberpunk again last night. And I'm determined to get through it um, as long as it's not. Thanks, Massey. I'm a fan of yours as well. Fan of yours too. Ah, uh, cheers. I'm not saying it back because I don't want to lie. There's no reciprocation there. There's me and collective stuff. And that's all I've been doing. Uh, I keep seeing. Oh, God, I've gone blurry. Um, I'll just switch your camera off and on again and see if that uh, sorts things out. There we go. Uh, yeah, I've been muting my mic, just stuffing my face as we go. Um, so we've got best director left to do and then best film. Yeah, I think like the ones that are best director and best film we can probably cover quite a lot of the same ground. Yeah, because it's. Uh... Um... Sorry, go on. And then we'll just run through the films again. Like all five of the directors are in the best picture as well. So. Yeah. Yeah, and because the things that we've talked about tonight all kind of make best picture the performances the cinematography yeah. the direction like yeah so it won't be like um you won't have to put up with us for that much longer massey will take over that's absolutely no bother for me that's absolutely no problem the new lost in space i've never watched any of the new lost in space danger will robinson is it a tv show or yeah it's on netflix right oh didn't even know it was there. No, no, is that a couple of seasons now? Maybe three or four? Three seasons now? Oh, shit. So I've properly missed it then. I watched um, six episodes of Peacemaker today. I was just about to say I cannot wait to start. Is it as good as... Uh... Oh, it's so good. Like, like I've always... Like, as soon as John Cena started branching out into films, he was in that one... Oh, man, what was the one with her that's annoying? Amy, what's-her-face that's annoying? Amy Schumer. Amy Schumer, he's in like he's got like a cameo in that or like a bit role in that, and it's just like his comedic timing's so spot on, and just like he's he's just getting obviously involved in like more and more films, mm-hmm. um, like uh, I I he's just incredible and he's so good in Peacemaker, because um, I, the Suicide Squad. I mean, I, I'm one of the I think about four people uh, who really appreciated. Suicide Squad, the the first one. I, I enjoyed the first I, one. Like I didn't, I didn't hate it, but I didn't love it. But I didn't hate it. Um, I got I, like, I I got the steel book, uh, you know. But I was worried that they were going to try and like shit on the on the first one type thing. And I thought the new one was amazing. I like I could just sit and watch it for days on end. Um, oh, the, uh, Lana's with us as well. No, that's, um, that's, that's only fucking J.J. Abrams that shits on the film before it like he did in Rise of the Skywalker. Just shat all over Last Jedi. 
Which, I, like Last Jedi or, or hate Last Jedi, like, I thought J.J. Abrams was a right cunt when it came to like, Rise of Skywalker. Yeah, you don't need to, do you? You don't need to... I Do you know why they did uh, Abrams, Johnson Abrams? Do you know why that happened? Was it like a conflict? It was, originally, or... it was originally supposed to be Colin Trevorrow, the boy that did Jurassic World. And he got right. binned. He got binned off of the third film. I don't know why. Like maybe I think he maybe clashed with Disney or something, but it was originally supposed to be three different directors. Right. I like I, I find I find that really strange. I find it really peculiar that you would you would go down that route. And then JJ but, um, had to come in and, and fix it. And to, to to me he didn't, so like don't get me wrong, I I enjoyed I enjoyed all three of them for what Same. they were. Um but yeah, I, the way that he the way that he treated almost was a was a was a piss take. Have like, you watched um, have you watched that anti Disney's anti trilogy video that I uh, put in my Discord a while ago? No. I'll put it there on the second of February. I'll put it in the chat here. I highly recommend people watch it. It's uh, the Star Wars sequels Disney's anti trilogy. It, it's such an interesting like way that they come out the films. Um, and analyze the films. I highly. I can't remember how long it is. It's, uh, it's 20, where we are here. Twenty five minutes. Oh, I'll give it a go tonight. It's worth it's worth watching, and and uh, and if and if and when you do watch it, like give us a shout and we can talk about it. But definitely, um, it's, um, it's just like an interesting take on it. Sorry, two seconds. Two seconds. No worries, Massey. You're all good. I think Rach is a way to finish Horizon soon. What a finish to a game, by the way. Um, I I hope Rich is enjoying it. It was weird because, like, obviously I couldn't be in streams because I didn't want it spoiling for me. And now everybody's finishing it around the same time, so I can't be in there with people. And um, yeah. but yeah, um, once Massey's back, I'm gonna move downstairs just so that, like, and then we, we'll just start. I'll be listening, but I'll just turn my camera off while I shift shift my laptop and stuff. Um, you can go around, do it now, and I can hold the fort. Don't worry, mate. Are you sure? Yeah, yeah. Right, I'll turn my camera off, me mic off. I'll be two minutes. Literally, just okay. move down to the down to the couch. I'm in charge now, everyone. Okay. But yeah, if anyone if anyone does check out that um, Star Wars. Like mini documentary on YouTube, it's worth it. It's it's a, it's an interesting way that he comes at it. Like basically, a, a kind of summary of it is that the the person analyzes the first six Star Wars films and says that they're like all six of them are are different from one another, whereas like seven tries to be, well, seven is like if four and five had a baby. And then eight tries to be different again, and then nine just tries to fit like fix like in quotation marks what eight did wrong, and, it, and essentially it's just being like it's too much fan service, and it's anti Star Wars that the films are trying to be like the old ones, whereas they should be original every single one of them. You know, I am the captain, Mikey. So I don't wholly agree with what they say, but I think it's a very interesting way to come at things um and and if you're a star wars fan it's well worth even just even if you watch it and go this is a load of pish like 
it's worth just listening to different point of, points of views at stuff, you know, of uh, points of view on stuff. I'm in the office tomorrow, so we'll finish this up in the next, like, 45 minutes to an hour, probably. And I'll just be going to bed because I'm sleepy. Oh, Dax is a way to be live, which is cool. I want to be there for him as well before bed, so... I will keep an eye on him. Snez is smashing out some fable. Sorry about that. Oh, you're good. Oh, good. Yeah, the the thing, just going back to Star Wars, sorry. The, the other thing and the other issue is, uh, with the whole fan service stuff, is you have to get the balance right because so many Star Wars fans are such wankers. Like, the way that oh, man. they went the, on. The, the fan base is a disgrace. And that's kind of what I was hinting at without going too much into it when I was saying talking about um, Rhea. How Kelly Marie Tran like has led a, a a really successful like mm -hmm. Disney film and stuff like that after obviously the, the the horrible backlash that she had after Last Jedi. Yeah, and it must be difficult to come back from that kind of thing because it wasn't like a sort of a small section of the internet that was just quietly... oh no, it was horrible, man. It was, it was fucking disgusting. Because it um, was like it was like racist. It was like you know like going after our looks as well and stuff, our weight and stuff. And it's just fucking grim. Like these guys, the guy, obviously it was a male. Oh, not obviously, but it was a, a largely male audience going after her because of obviously the proportion of Star Wars fans and stuff. Mm. And like these guys have never touched a boob in their life, and and they're coming away and going after a person yeah. who's just like doing her job. Like, yes, yeah, yeah. it was grim. Adult yeah, males as well. Man. That's the other like I know yeah. it shouldn't be fucking manchild. Um, yeah, but uh, it's it's the way with a lot of a lot of the um, classic. I don't know if classics the word, but the bigger franchises that you do find these people like even to the Simpsons. Like we all yeah. know how we all know where the Simpsons is at, and I am, you know, it's one of the biggest things that that's been in my life for a very long time i adore the simpsons but like you don't need to be a prick about it you just you deal with what you've got it's a tv show or a film for god's sake yeah agreed sorry i won't get on my soapbox but no you're okay um, let me get me i had my nice little setup upstairs but now at least i can stretch my legs a bit yeah some of these films when we've been talking about them so looking at it um belfast was the the 10th film i watched this year like we're going back because obviously i haven't had time to rewatch. if i've watched them i've seen them that's it um like we're going back a bit do you know what i mean like we're going to the beginning of january for some of them yeah, so it's I, been I, interesting I I, I I literally watched them in order of that list of the tw 20 and then just re like went back and rewatched them all i rewatched. I rewatched all of them in the last like week, apart from Drive My like, pretty much the foreign language films and Flee, mm -hmm. like Drive My Car, Parallel Mothers, and, and Flee. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I'm saying to Massey, like I think it was before we started, but I watched a couple of them on like um, 1.5 times, right, and then slowed down for the scenes that I thought were like impactful and stuff. But I just wanted kind of like a 
reminder. Troopy, thank you so much for the four months sub, mate. Welcome. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Goes. Thank you so much. Oh, That's man. Right. Oh, man. Oh, sorry. I thought I'd done everything quickly. Aye, I thought I'd, I'd like got, got everything ready this morning and I was like, aye, it'll be fine. And then Daisy started being awkward and stuff. So we're there. Uh, right, Truby, thank you very much for sub. <laughs> Collie, have you given the kiss, Collie, no? Thank you, Collie. Thank you. There you are, Truby. <laughs> uh, I'm really sorry, guys. Thank you so much for holding the fort there. Um, Right, we are going to move on to the next one, unless you guys have anything you want to talk about before we move on, or... Nope. No? Nope. I think nope. you've covered probably everything that you want to talk about today anyway, so... We're just talking yeah. about Star Wars and stuff, so... Nice, nice. Uh, right, so we're going to move on to Best Director. Um, so, Best Director. Uh, the nominations. First one, Kenneth Branagh for Belfast. Uh, <clears throat> Raisuki Hamaguchi uh, for Drive My Car. Uh, Paul Thomas Anderson for Licorice Pizza, Jane Campion for The Power of the Dog, and then Steven Spielberg for West Side Story. So, firstly, Kenneth Branagh. Um, Todd, do you want to take away? Yeah. Um, in terms of like uh, the direction for this, I thought it, it was phenomenal, and it was mainly from the characters, man, pa. Like and the performances that that he got out of them, but like just it, it, you know in the way that the the interacted with each other, like you could feel that sort of um, the sort of the tension building between the family while also them being a, a brilliant family unit um, with each other. And I think I think Branner's got the best. I know, like we said, we've got uh, Judy Dench, and I know we've got uh, Kieran Hines being like you know uh, pedigree, so to speak. But Jamie Dornan isn't. Um, you know, uh, an an Oscar nominated actor before this, I don't think. I don't. I can't think of anything he's been. You know, um, and uh, Ma, whose uh, name has has escaped me. Um, I said about ten times earlier as well. Um, I, I, yeah, I think they got. I think Kenneth Branagh got an amazing performance out of a lot of them. Um, and just some of the, some of the scenes, like the scene in the supermarket uh, as it was raided, uh, was just. Phenomenal, absolutely brilliant. Um, yeah, so I think he got uh, amazing performances out of a lot of them. Collie, yeah, I think uh, it's just kind of to culminate in what um, we've kind of covered through the various categories tonight on this film, like bringing together a great cast and an amazing cinematographer, um, alongside quite a like a touchy, I guess, kind of subject, quite a risky. Um, subject Branna described it uh, as his most personal film um, wh whether that was through direct experiences or, or anything like that um, so I, th I think you can kind of you can kind of even tell like the way that it's filmed through the eyes of a young boy that it is, it is a personal thing for him and he's coming at it from a kind of a naive kind of look on things but then obviously as adults watching this we can see the interactions between his dad and the, and this guy that's trying to recruit him and stuff like that. So, it's 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 amazing to try and combine all of those things and, and make a really really good film. I think because there's a lot of films that have, have been like this with like you know bits and pieces that are really good and then just let down by other bits. Whereas this, I think, is a combination of of a lot of great things and um, pulling together. So, 
Yeah, not too like too, not too much this is, uh, to cover on this. And I, I was saying, actually, me and Todd were saying, Massey, like I guess like the majority of what we're covering here for director, we're gonna kind of echo it for picture anyway. Yeah. But we'll, we'll we'll just kind of any extra points that we can think of between now and picture, we can add on and when we talk with them next. But yep, definitely. Yeah, that's all I've really got to say on Belfast was. I went into it kind of like I, I like Kenneth Branagh um, as a director. I think he's done some great work. He's very Shakespearean in his kind of background. Um, you can kind of tell that when he directed the first Thor film. Mm-hmm. That was much more of a like a fantasy opera type thing. And I, I don't know, like Taika Waititi's tweaked the character somewhat um, for the better, in my opinion. But like, I still enjoy the first Thor for it being very different. It's it's pretty standalone in the Marvel films um for for what it kind of is um and i think like brana kind of brings a bit it's it's kind of like it's like a play almost uh, belfast is almost like a play um but obviously acted out in a, in a film sort of sense um but yeah this is a film that i'll go back and watch like multiple times i thought it was excellent mm-hmm. um it's it's one of those ones that you could you could just chuck on over a weekend afternoon if you're just relaxing uh, and just wanting to watch like a nice little story not a nice little story, but you know what I mean? Like Just a little story play out, uh, some great performances and some great direction. It's really interesting you say that, that you know, like that it's a play or it feels like a play almost because it is, it's so, um, it's minimalistic, isn't it? There's there's not yeah. much, um, there's not much set pieces. There's not, well, sorry, there's set pieces. There's not much locations and things. Obviously, you're pretty much stuck on the street in Belfast. Um, and I, I, I know what you said about you can't, you know, Kenneth Branagh. It's, um, I think he described it as like semi autobiographical, autobiographical. So it's like you know he has used his own. I think obviously some been some stuff embellished, um, but for the most part, it's it's you know his exact, uh, his kind of, you know, um, memories of growing up in Belfast. Um, there's a lot of di- directorial flares that I really really enjoyed, like some of the conversations that buddy has with like especially his dad at the table and um, his uh his kieran Hines' character as well the the camera stays on buddy even when the dialogue's happening with the other character uh which is it's such a, a different way of doing it you know as kind of spoken about like there's a lot of times where in other movies that are flashing between characters um like we said about for like the you know the 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 scene you talked about the tragedy of Macbeth when there's like the characters talking there's him at the back and stuff, it really does focus it on on Buddy and that you know it, it keeps us grounded in in Buddy's eyes and keeping us keeps us in Buddy's uh you know watching it from his point of view, um so yeah I I I I I think um again I don't want to go too much into that actual picture but but. Uh, Kenneth Branagh done a fantastic job um, as a director, and and um, and as you have said as well, getting the performances out of like the Jamie Dornan, who is known as that guy from Fifty Shades of Grey, or uh, had been in Once Upon a Time playing the love interest in that and stuff. So um, to get that sort of side of it out of him, and I think with Jamie Dornan as well, it was he was able to he doesn't have to worry about accent. He was playing it as with his no natural Belfast accent, uh, which I thought made a massive difference to um to him not having to worry about anything else um so yes i, I completely completely agree with you guys um i'll just move on to the next one uh so we have uh raisuki hamaguchi for drive my car um have you guys when did you guys watch drive my car oh yeah about like three four weeks ago for me okay todd uh not yesterday the day before 
Right, okay. So I, a couple of days ago. I watched it yesterday as well. I tried to... I kind of left it towards the end because I wanted to... Because I knew it was a longer one, so I was like... <laughs> I didn't want to um, watch it too early on. And I think I I kind of... It's a strange film. Um, sorry, I'm just taking lead with this one as well. Um, yeah, yeah, fair it, it, It's a strange film because... Like, Todd, you've got volume on, by the way. Sorry. Yeah, you do. There we go. Okay. Is that okay? Cool. Yeah. Um, I, you know, it's there's a, a lot of it again. Is that like the directorial like kind of like bits and pieces that he does with it? It's a three hour long film, of course. Uh, so there's a lot of things that happen but don't happen in it. Um, oh. Sorry, I, I just need to interject there. Um, a mate of mine, I sent him the spreadsheet and stuff of this, and he googled this film. I was like, no way, it's only like 59 minutes. I was like, what do you mean? I was like, it's like three hours. And he's like, no, no, it's... And it's just, it's the way that he Googled it on his phone. Like, the two hours was on, like, the line above, and he only read, like, the 59M. <laughs> and uh, I was rolling about laughing. I thought it was, like, such a funny mistake to make. He's like, ah, so you'd be able to watch that in no time. It's only an hour long. You could just whiz through that. I was like, it's three hours, mate. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, sorry. No, 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 just, no, no, uh, so when you mentioned the length of the... Uh, the film I was like I need to mention that funny story yeah yeah definitely definitely um and again I think that's one of the choices that he made as you know obviously making it a three hour log kind of uh, kind of thing um which it was kind of bloated a little bit bloated um but that, that's by the by some of the shots in it are absolutely fantastic uh you know a lot of the times it's just him it's just the character getting driven about in his in his fucking Skoda is it a Skoda it is a Skoda isn't it um, yeah and and it's just like it it's very interesting it's that, a Sab it's a Sab sorry it's very interesting some of the shots that he did and some of the bits and pieces that he did as well things like the fact that um, uh, the car drives on well because it's in Korea so it drives the same side as us on the left but it's a left hand drive car which should be a right hand drive car and then at the end when it's the the girl herself it's in japan because it doesn't tell us it's in japan but then it's like she's driving on the right hand side and the left it's it i just little things like that little tweaks and little bits and pieces that he did um i thought were very interesting um but <laughs> i did struggle to watch it but i think it's because i waited so long to watch it um so todd you watched it obviously just a couple of days ago what was your thoughts on the like the, the director um of drive my car like, I, I, so I get what you're saying about like watching it too late, and I watched it nearly last. It was only Parallel Mothers that was after it. I don't, I don't think it mattered to me when I watched this. I, I, it was, um, I don't think there was a, 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 and again, I'm not concerned about the language. I don't think there was a performance that like, stood out i don't think there was anything in particular that was uh, directorial that that stood out to me i don't think um I, there was some of the some of the moments uh, at the beginning between the couple mm -hmm. um like between the main couple that were that were really well done um like so for example the opening scene where mm -hmm. she's describing this this story to him um I, I thought that was the the pauses and the you know the kind of understanding that you felt this relationship was uh, long-lasting, that it had been there for a while, it was well-established. I, I got that from the direction. But um, it was just... 
I don't mind a long film. I don't mind a three-hour film. If it warrants a three-hour film, this didn't warrant it at all. And I think, again, I know this is probably really poor considering we knew we were going to be talking about them, but I just struggled to kind of to focus on it and to kind of pick anything out when all I was doing was go, why are we, why are we going back over Chekhov in the car? Like, I get why, but it just, it was too much for me. It was far too much and far too bland. Um, yeah, so I'm really struggling. I'm sorry, I know that's a really shit answer to the, you know, to look at it from that point of view, but I, I can't pick anything from it. That's fair. That's fair, and that's hey, why that's why it's interesting to see because because we watched we watched it a similar sort of time in terms of the timeline of the films. Now, so Colin, you obviously watched that a wee bit a bit longer ago. Um, what about your thoughts on the director? Drive my car. Yeah, I was uh, from a, di- a directorial point of view. Obviously, like we're saying, like it's a conscious decision to to kind of make the, make the film that length. Um, and and I th- I thought the monotony of of or the covering of Chekhov over and over was kind of like again a deliberate choice to kind of show was it the monotony of what the guy was going through or it was obviously trying to deliberately convey a message as to why that was kind of a focal point of or like bit of art that he was focused on. Um, and I thought, like, from again, from just purely from because if we're going to kind of briefly cover on the, the best picture side of things, I thought it was distinctly average. Um, I, I, if if it was an English speaking film, in my opinion, it wouldn't have been, it wouldn't have been here. Um, not not that it needs to be like a token, uh, like you know, f- foreign language film or whatever to rep to have representation. But I think in in its own right, it is there. But I think if if, if this was just another film um i probably either never would have seen it or would have watched it like once on netflix and be like that'll do it for me um so in terms of like the way it's shot and and the casting choices and and everything that falls under the remit of the director i thought it was like perfectly fine and but that's about as far as i would go you know like just fine like six six and a half out of ten or something like that like nothing nothing to write home about nothing i'm never going to be like to people you need to watch this film or anything like that like anybody that i know that likes foreign language films will either have seen this already or they'll just watch it of their own accord down the line yeah completely agree completely agree. um so next up uh is the director of the last film i watched uh in our crusade through these 22 oscar films so paul thomas anderson director of licorice pizza uh, now, Collie, I think you have some sort of strong opinions about this film, right? So, take it away. I do. I mean, I mean, I, I, I haven't as much that like I thought it was excellent, and I loved, I loved this film. I'm a massive Paul Thomas Anderson fan, anyway. Even like some of his quote unquote lesser films, like Phantom Thread, which was his film before this. Like, I know that's not to everyone's taste but I, I loved it i just like the way he directs films I, I like how music's incorporated into it quite importantly uh, i thought the casting choices for the main two were excellent like uh Haim and and uh philip seymour hoffman's kid uh, cooper were both excellent like how, how old uh, cooper again is he he's 19 now so like say 17 18 when he was filming this or whatever and he's He's maybe not like the spitting image of his dad, but you can certainly tell he's his father's son. Um, 
and if even if he has like half of the charisma of his dad growing up, he's going to be a great actor going ahead. Um, and for him to kind of get a boost up by working with a director that really worked closely with his dad um, previously um, on the master and stuff, um, you know, he, he's on to he's on to a good one. So I thought I thought overall, you can kind of tell this is a Paul Thomas Anderson film as well. Um, I thought the setting was really good. Um, I just definitely about. I, I love this film. I thought it was excellent. It's definitely going to be one of my go-to films. Um, you know, if I'm wanting to watch, like, it's not so much like an artsy fartsy film, but you know what I mean, though. Like, mm-hmm. it's not just like a Marvel film, and it's not just like a Nolan film or whatever. It, it is a Paul Thomas Anderson film, so you need to be a kind of in a mood to watch it. But I think, I think for me, this is probably third best film by him you know like there will be bloods one of my favorite films ever never mind by him and then got boogie nights in this boogie nights in this uh boogie nights is a classic obviously it's it's uh it's coming on 30 years old now or, or like 25 years old rather and it's it's all it's an all-time classic but this this is over over the years i think this is going to be up there with um one of his finest pieces of work either oh. you want to uh, go next uh musty do you want to yeah sure um yeah so i'm in terms of paul thomas anderson like i've always known the name but i've never really properly watched his films like i've never even seen boogie nights and i know people always go on about how great a film that is and you should really watch it um i've seen obviously there will be blood i really 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 enjoy it obviously you haven't seen boogie nights and then you go obviously i've seen there will be blood i mean come on i feel like there will be blood is like one of those films that like you almost have to watch and that's the way that i saw it like with with boogie nights like I, i've always heard about i know what it's about i know it's i, I know that oh, like, no, i get you i'm only pulling your chair yeah okay. yeah um and as as far as i'm aware this is like this is the epitome of like a paul thomas anderson film um uh, as far as i'm i'm aware of what his work is and stuff like that as well um so it was interesting going at it as almost a newbie to his sort of stuff um and I, I i thought it was great i really did i th- you're right you know the fact that he was able to get these performances out of firstly a a, a debutante um uh, of course uh you know uh phil cooper hoffman he's is his first kind of film but i mean i know he's got a bit of pedigree in terms of who his dad was and things like that as well so um it's not quite as simple as you know it's a first time kind of on the screen sort of thing but alana hein um to get that sort of performance out of her who you know she's part of hein the 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 music group she's a, a singer uh musician by trade um was just like mind-blowing she was electric she was charismatic she like um was an absolute tour de force uh in this in this film and for him to get that performance out of her i just thought like like i, I think that in, in and of itself is um is you know worthy of potentially or, or worthy of the nomination immediately um so um yeah i i thought i thought he did a fantastic job uh in this film todd yeah um so like you say i didn't realize cooper hoffman i, I didn't put the i didn't put the the, the two and two together i didn't realize t- yeah 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 wow. not a clue, oh, okay. not a clue. Actually, yeah it's his boy um which, which say, like you say, it says a lot in terms of, you know, where he's coming from and, and hopefully, like, what he'll go on to. Uh, but the the film itself was amazing. And, like, 
some of the some of the shots, some of the scenes were were, were incredible, but it was carried by them too. Mm-hmm. Totally, I was just enamoured by like this sort of not Willy Wonty, but this are the auntie kind of thing, and this kind of they both definitely want to, and they both interested in each other, and there's that like jealousy. Um, the bit where he's telling when they selling over the phone. And she's t- he's telling her to be more sexy. <laughs> so she goes into this kind of just like level of filth. And like, not filth, but do you know what I mean? Like going into this, like talk to this fella. And I just, I, I, I love them too. And I think it has that sort of um, reality that Paul Thomas Anderson brings to his films and gets actors to, you know, to, to deliver that performance. Um, and it, like he hits the 70s spot on. Not... not not that I was there, not that I know what it was like, but, you know, watching things like Boogie Nights and, and it has that feel of it, you, you've got it again. And if you didn't know it was Paul Thomas Anderson, as in if you weren't told that and you'd seen Boogie Nights straight away, you he's got that signature. And I'm relatively new to, to Paul Thomas Anderson. I've only seen, um, obviously, this, There Will Be Blood, Boogie Nights and Inherit Vice. So I've still got, like, a few to catch up on. Well, if you know, you should both, like, highly prioritise the master. I've heard about that. The master, the master like, yeah. is unbelievable. It's so good. Like and I think it's on Netflix. So a few times I've went to click, like you know, to actually sit it? and watch it. But I've just been like, no, I'll just I'll watch it already. It's, it's one of those ones that you kind of you like. I highly implore you to sit down and watch right. it, not just like have it on or whatever. Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, just just absolute class and Punch Drunk Love and Magnolia as well. Yeah, Magnolia is a bit heavy, but. And then obviously um, Phantom Thread as well, which is Dale Lewis, which... Yeah, I mean, like, I'm kind of biased didn't... towards liking that because of him, but I, I actually quite like it as a film, but, like, loads of folk fucking hate it. Um, And I can understand why people do, but it's kind of a combination of a director I love and an actor I love, and I'm just kind of like, you know, even whatever whatever is, like, shit for them is still better than, like, 75 to 80 plus percent of people anyway, so... Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so next nomination and best director is Jane Campion, Power of the Dog. Now, I, I, I mean, if you don't mind, I'll quickly start off with this. Um, anyway, so it, I, you know, I, I've kind of we kind of touched on this a little bit as well about the you know and the cinematography side of it, and it's really interesting what what you said, Colin, the fact that that both her and the cinematographer storyboarded this. So, um, that kind of not taints it for me, but it makes me think like you know is it just her or at least if if they're if she's gonna win best director then surely the cinematography goes to uh the cinematographer because they were both you know it, it sounds like as you say a collaborative effort um i think the cinema so just i think from what i read was the cinematography was more of a collaborative effort oh, i mean right. the, the director the director is involved in the cinematography of every film but then the director's got everything above that to do it's sure. it's like they've got so kind of similar to what i said about brana and what i was going to say about this like she's needing to like rein in you know cumberbatch uh, danced plemons mcphee the score the cinematography everything and and she she brings all these like ingredients in and, it, and, and it's the same as every they got to make the kind of cake or, or whatever the fuck you want to make like whatever you're making you know what i mean it's it's them that's got to make sure there's not too much of one thing or, or not enough from another and stuff so sure. I, I purely meant like when i was talking about the cinematography i was like they were it was a combined vision for that right 
But I still like, and from uh, and fr- from again reading interviews and everything. Like, this is by far and away Jane Campion's film, right? But the cinematographer, like, if you give me a quote, if you carry on talking, I'll find mm. the quote that she said. She wanted a, a cinematographer that was available for a year's expedition. Here we go. Um, Campion was specifically looking for a female cinematographer who would be willing to embark on a full year of preparations alongside her. Right, okay. So if anything, that kind of emphasizes yeah. that Jane Campion was in sure. control of everything because she was like, this is what I want as a cinematographer. Yeah, sorry, I, I misunderstood. Yeah, absolutely. I think you're right. Then it actually goes the other way, doesn't it? The fact that yeah, that it's that it's actually more on her. So um, that's interesting. And that actually makes I think that you know even more, potentially more deserving. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. You know, saying there that the um, we've kind of talked about the performances from from uh the other actors and and well, yeah, absolutely. Thinking about the fact that the 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 four main actors in the film are all nominated for acting awards. Speaks, yeah. Speaks volumes for for. Speaks what volumes. It does yeah, for sure. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, Todd. Yeah, I, I think like you say, like you said there, we've we've covered a lot of um of of what it is because like you say, she has these uh, powerhouses is the word on her hands, including a, a relatively young one in in Corey Smith McPhee, but um. Yeah, I think what she's done it is, like you said, got the best out of Cumberbatch in this sort of horrible character. She's she's pulled the best out of him. Um, but like you say, though, I, you can't help but think that things like the smirk at the end. You can't help but think, you know, um, the looks from Cumberbatch in the in the cafe at the beginning, like that they are her going. This is what we need from you those things don't just come about from actors like i'm sorry it doesn't matter how good you are that needs to be told to you because that is a large part of the story that you're telling as the director um and i think you know just as a as a finished piece like you say now known how she's worked with the the cinematographer and kind of had a specific vision for that um she yeah done an, a, a phenomenal job with it um I don't think I could add on anything that we haven't already said about Power of the Dog. Yeah, just to talk on that kind of directors, like a general director thing, I guess, like, you're saying a lot of that direction comes from the director, funnily enough, as to what they should do within a scene and stuff. But even, like, I bet there's, like, the, you know, for example, like Paul Thomas Anderson working with Day-Lewis on Phantom Thread. Yeah, Day-Lewis will give him a lot of creative freedom to record a single line in like 10 different ways but it's then down to the director to pull the one that works so for example mm-hmm. Cumberbatch and McPhee might have filmed a scene 20 times or whatever in, in slightly different ways and then it's up to them to cherry pick like that is the best one or whatever um, so uh, see, yeah, I think we've kind of covered this one for the most part but um, but yeah I, I thought this uh, from a direction point of view this uh, maybe not the most complete out of them all, but in terms of like a complete picture, which is kind of covering all bases and ticking a load of boxes, power of the dogs up there, like for sure. Absolutely, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the final nomination in best director we've got Steven Spielberg, West Side Story. Um, Todd, do you want to kick us off with that one? Yeah, again, I I think I covered a lot of this in the sort of when we're talking about cinematography and and the choreography because again what uh, 
Spielberg's got a lot on his hands here because he's not just dealing with acting performances. He is dealing with sort of um, the, you know, the the choreography and the, the movement across. Um, yeah, but again, when when they're not singing, when they are talking, you can feel this sort of tension. You can see it. Um, and again, like, I, I can't really think what we haven't covered with this, but um, he got the best out of a, a relatively, dare I say, not unknown cast. But you know what I mean? I don't think um, when you look at the cast that are in there, they're not... I know Ansel Elgert's done done quite a bit, but there's not these huge sort of names. There's a lot of a lot of people who I haven't heard of. Uh, you know, not that I'm the be-all and end-all, but, like, and he's getting a lot out of, of all of them, you know, um, in terms of both the singing, in the choreography, which, again, uh, I think Collie's put it perfect, he has to pick that the best performance out of that. He And I, I imagine when you've got a metric ton of professional dancers you know you're gonna get good good performances time and time again he's gonna want something specific he's gonna be looking at something specific and i think it's hard to look past him with what he's done like i said it's not for me but objectively looking at this it's hard to look past him as being he's the he is he's the man he's the master he's done he's done everything he's done everything and he's still pulling out absolute gold from his ass so uh yeah i think it's gonna be hard to to look past him, uh, uh, Collie. I know you love this. Yeah, even even like exactly just to echo what you're saying. Uh, like, like Spielberg, Spielberg, and even like a, a Spielberg film that's like you know quote unquote like not for you, for you guys. Like this wasn't really particularly for you. You can still tell that it's like a work of art. It's like, similar to every director that we talked about, and just directors in general. It's it's just the culmination of. You know, he's decided to hire this person. He's decided to cast this person. He's decided to go with this idea over this idea, and it just comes out as just a really, really brilliant and kind of worthwhile remake. Because like this remake, like like I said, I was excited for it because it was Spielberg, but this remake could have easy just been like shite. Like it just could have been like pretty subpar, and it probably would have been if it was in the hands of like ninety nine percent of people. You know the, the other directors and stuff so i think we we're kind of fortunate that it was spielberg that was in charge of this but i don't have too much to say else that's a really good point you make there and and, and it's probably a, only a point that that only you could make out of, the, out of the three of us is that you know it's a worthwhile remake um you know we've obviously not seen the other ones uh or, or seen bits and pieces um you know so for for someone who has you know obviously seen uh, like the original and things like that as well, and, and agree that the remake works because you know a lot of remakes can be done for just the money side of it, or you know because it's been twenty years, so we'll just do another one just to update it. Um, so that is that's really interesting to hear that. Um, but yeah, absolutely, all the aspects that, that go into it. Um, you know, we spoke about the cinematography going hand in hand, basic with the director. Um, I think he's done a fantastic job with with West Side Story. Absolutely um okay so um in terms of who we want to win and who we think will win um collie give us your thoughts i i want um paul thomas anderson to win but i think um jane campion will win for for power of the dog todd uh, i want power of the dog to win it but i think west side story will take it interesting so i want kenneth Branagh to win it but i think jane campion will will, will take that absolutely absolutely Okay, so... Can I just quickly have a two-minute break? Yeah, sorry, a union as well. Okay. Yeah. 
No, I'm all, I'm all right. I'm no, I'll, I'll, I'll literally be two minutes, so you can just either start to like recap what we've talked about or whatever, but I'll, I'll be two minutes. Yeah, no worries, no yeah. worries. Um, so yes, so we have uh, obviously gone through um, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven of the eight categories, um, and we are going to be moving on to best picture, where we can talk about whatever we want about the things, opposed to having to feel like we need to rein it in a little bit. Um, so I'm very, very excited to do that. Um, so just to uh, to recap, obviously we went through best animated best animated feature, best cinematography, best supporting actress, best supporting actor. Best actress, best actor, and best director. Um, I will be putting this on YouTube as well. Um, so I will I'll edit out the twenty minutes that I, that I wasn't here, um, <laughs> and I'll put it on YouTube so you can obviously watch it back, listen back to it, um, if you so wish. Um, but yeah, that's kind of what I'm gonna gonna do with it. Um, how do you think it's gone, Todd? How do you think things have gone? Uh, yeah. And just like it, it's the same with um, the Bo Burnham thing that we did that never went on YouTube because I got rid of all the videos. I, I need to re-upload because I'm going to re-upload all my Smash Smash Eggman to a different YouTube channel uh, that isn't under my full name, which is a what a sh- idiot move. But yeah, I'm. It's just been nice to talk through them. Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like it, it, it's. I've loved it. I've loved it, and I, I think I'm looking forward to this just because like there'll be some. So like I'll just take for example, and we'll get back to it, but. For Belfast, I don't think there's a lot more of that I can say about it. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? That that we haven't already covered. Where there's someone there that I really want to kind of go into, mm-hmm. and Ugh. nobody else, uh, you know, who I talk to films about regularly has seen the majority of these films. So mm-hmm. it's nice to be able to to watch them through, and then have that discussion. So absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Um, I was gonna say I was I was just saying, Collie, that I'm gonna pop this on YouTube. Um so you know folk can listen back to and watch it back um i will add out the 20 minutes i wasn't here though uh just yeah you're all good yeah we were yeah. just talking about star wars and stuff um and um... i was gonna say as well um i don't know if you, i know i know it's like we're talking a bit in advance stuff like that but um would you guys be keen to do it again next year um absolutely oh yeah definitely i, I, was, I was actually i was actually gonna say something like after this anyway but like I think the three of us do really well with talking about the films and stuff like that. And, 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 and I think I just caught the end of Todd there being like, majority of people haven't watched these. And I probably wouldn't have watched mm-hmm. the majority of these if we didn't have this exercise. So even in the future, we could do a di- like ones on like specific directors. For example, Paul Thomas Anderson, pick out four or five films and just, you know, dissect them and stuff like that. I think that, that can be a down the line kind of idea as well. But I just think the three of us... Like if if we have the time and stuff like that, I know like Todd, you watch like a, a shed load of, of films anyway. But it's just like to have a mini project would be pretty cool. Um, but anyway, we 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 digress and we could talk about that offline. But... Yeah, no, definitely. Yeah. Um, but I mean, because the reason I was just asking that about it is that as well, because I, I, you know, although I said towards the end of watching twenty two films, I was getting a bit burnt out a little bit with some things, but it's twenty two films, or I mean. Most of these films I don't think I would watch normally. Um, so it's been really good to kind of, well, apart from animated films probably, um, it's been really, really good to watch films that I wouldn't normally sit down and actually give the time of day. Um, so, I mean, I'm, I'm keen to do it every year. I'm keen to, you know... Yeah, I agreed. Do stuff like that. Yeah. We'll, again, yeah, we'll talk about that uh, kind of off stream and stuff like that as well. So, cool, perfect. Right, we are now moving on to the final... Sorry, can I, can I just oh, re- recap yeah. on, on the director thing because I've been noting down, so... sure. Uh, I said Thomas Anderson want Campion think you said think Campion and want Branham I say uh, yes yeah, yeah and Todd you want Campion and thought Spielberg yeah cool perfect perfect 
excellent. Um, okay, doke. So we yes, we're on to the last um, the last category of the uh, award Academy Awards that we that we went run through. So it is best picture. So the big one, the big daddy. So the nominations for the best picture are Belfast, Coda, Don't Look Up, Drive My Car, June, King Richard, Licorice Pizza, Nightmare Alley, Power the Dog, and West Side Story. Now, of course, a lot of these we've kind of covered a little bit. We've tried to be <laughs> not given the general uh, review, I suppose, of, of, of these ones. But I think this is where we're kind of all bets are off. Uh, you know, the restraints are free. Um, we can go on lengthy monologues like we did in Tragedy of Macbeth. Uh, we can have a song and dance about it like in the West Side Story if we wish. We can pretend we're little sandworms will pop our head up and talk about what we're thinking about these films if if you so wish like like they did in June. Um, or you can just have a, like a really boring kind of, uh, you know, slog through a, a drive of your car, uh, a journey through your, your thoughts on each film. <laughs> I lost it at the end. Oh, Fuck. Fuck. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> so, firstly, uh, Belfast. Todd, do you want to start us off? Yeah, um, like, I, I've had tight, like, when I first watched it, I, I feel like it's one that settles in my head, um, and I need to re-watch this pretty soon, because I was like, it was it was good, I didn't think it was great, and then the more I thought about it, I was like, uh, you know, hang on a second, this scene and this moment, and like I said, the supermarket uh, with the mum trying to drag the kid out of it and, and and Buddy not entirely understanding what he was doing was like the epitome for me of like what this film was about, it was like a young kid trying to wrap his head around one of the biggest moments in his country's history and, and like kind of, you know, the start of something that would affect the country, not necessarily the start, but like, <clears throat> excuse me, the catalyst of, of something that would change the face of the country even to now um and i think yeah i need to rewatch it and i need to rewatch it soon um but i think like i said uh man pa we, we're done a, we're done a disservice they were the highlight for me and i think um bran has done a, an amazing job with it so yeah. collie uh yeah i mean like covered it quite extensively like we're saying um Again, like, you know, you, you mentioned it, that it's kind of semi-autobiographical. Uh, and, and I said, you know, the quote that it's his most personal film. Um, and like I was saying in the directors, you can kind of, you can feel that as you watch it. It's done very, de it's done delicately, but it's not shying away from it either. Um, it's, it's showing the distress of a young boy when like they're rioting in the street and getting smashing the windows of these Catholics and, and stuff like that and it's it's that like it's the original like part of the the riot on the street like early on in the film and he's being like dragged and carried down the road by his mum and stuff like that and the way it's filmed at like street level and like you know, chess level of everyone and it's very frantic and stuff I thought was really well done and, and I, again the kind of the black and white choice it's quite bold, but I, th I think it kind of makes it not more or less impactful if it was in colour, but I think, like, it stands out a little bit more for some reason. Um, but, yeah, ov overall, this is a, this is a film that I'm going to be re-watching for years and, and thoroughly enjoying it. And anyone that, you know, asks if I've seen it or would I recommend it, I'll, I'd always say a big yes. Absolutely, absolutely. I completely echo everything you said. Again, I'm, I'm trying to go off... Um, 
using letterbox and what i gave in terms of ratings uh and this is one of the first ones i watched and i gave it five stars straight away like i loved it from the start um it, you know it's not up for like cinematography or anything like that it's a very simplistic kind of film but it's so powerful be, you know because it's simplistic and, and there's 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 not much frills to it. It, it it is what it is it gives you what it is and and it's so so well done and yeah absolutely five stars i i loved it loved it loved it loved it um from the moment that i first saw it so yes off, off the back off the back of it i'm kind of intrigued to see where jamie dornan of all people mm. out of it comes out and then and, and see what he does next because he's kind of been not typecast in the kind of christian gray from 50 shades but i think that's kind of it's Martin. similar to how pattinson for years was just like twilight guy and then he kind of did all the indie films and he did the bit parts and the, or not the bit parts but like the under the radar stuff and it's only now you know how many years later 15 years later or whatever he's coming out the back of it as a quote-unquote respected actor and and, and hopefully Dornan in, in the brief bit that we've seen him in in um in, in Belfast that, that it's it's hopefully another director i like i likes of you know some of the guys that we talked about are, are girls as well that we talked about in the last section you know a thomas anderson a spielberg a nolan just like pick picks him up and, and chucks him in a cast um and, and we can see what's coming from him so i think like in terms of uh looking forward after watching this film he's probably one of the ones that are one of the things that i'd be most excited for because because we kind of know what brana can do as a director and, and Hines and dench can do as actresses um, so yeah, like kind of what we've talked on every, or like we've touched on every time we've talked about this film, like the mother and father of of Buddy are both ones that I'd keep an eye out, and 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 if I see them in anything, maybe not instantly rush to watch it, but like you know I'd give it the time of day. Yeah, that's a very interesting point actually, because you're right. You know, Jamie Dornan, I normally you're like, eh, I don't really know, but after this, absolutely, the the sky's the limit for him if he can keep up that level of performances. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, now the next one, um, Coda, 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 Coda. Uh, Collie, do you want to take us on this one? Uh, yeah, I mean, like, uh, obviously it wasn't nominated for um, the director thing, uh, the director, I think, a director award, um, but it's for best picture. But it's it's kind of like like six and a half a dozen in that regard. It's I've, it's uh, Braves. Not, not in like a patronizing oh it's really brave of them to do this and stuff like that but to make a to make a film about a deaf family you know minus one hearing child is it's not run of the mill and i've seen quite a bit of backlash because it seems that this has been quite a, or got a bit of a surge in the last week or so of, of hype and as much as it's been hyped it's also been backlashed in terms of like oh it's just fucking like oscar bait and blah 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 but i i think that to say that um, detracts from how good this film is, I think. It's not... Yes, it does pull on your heartstrings, of course, um, with the way that it's written. Um, you know, I think, what did somebody say? Like, oh, this film wouldn't be half as recognised if it was like a hearing child that was a boy and, and you know, he, had to, he was wanting to go away to play football at college or something. And and I was like, that's just like a whole different argument about it, I guess. We're talking about a, a film here that's fantastic. It's got a fantastic cast, a, a lovely story, which I, I know, uh, we, again, we've not had a chance to talk about the director, but I know that the director, um, 
Sean Header, 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 um, discussed with the director of uh, Manchester by the Sea, and I guess they they're both you know Massachusetts fishing kind of based films or like you know kind of tangent films to that, but you can definitely kind of get that home kind of small fishing town vibe from it from them both um and and that's right up my street when it comes to you know the smaller kind of non-action films like this um so i i love this film um film of the year for me spoiler alert um but yeah i can't say too much more about it or, or i can't say enough good about it but i can't i, I can't word enough mm-hmm. or anything more on it right now I, I, again for me absolutely i i completely agree uh it's another one i gave five stars like immediately i, I went into it not being like I, well i didn't know about it really to be perfectly honest and I, the the not the, the sort of plot for it was kind of like what's this gonna be like it's gonna be typical oscar bait and i think to be fair i think it kind of is oscar bait but it's not it's not in the way where like some some oscar bait films are again quite pretentious in the way that like you know we're going for the oscar sort of thing this isn't this is this is one of those films that like it has all the ingredients for oscar bait but it knows what it is it doesn't it's not specifically just going you know we need to win best picture with this um again the fact that there's at least two members of the main cast that aren't nominated is a travesty really um the main the main girl kind of her name and and the mum as well like 100 percent should have been nominating there um it's just have to go through both those categories and be yeah. like they're pretty fucking weak yeah exactly, exactly. not necessarily winning the category but like a should be in the picture yeah. completely agree um i think and this might have just been my kind of initial sort of potentially wrong thoughts but the director director side of it is is so understated um there's there's not you know there's not things like the you know it's not in black and white or it's not a three hour long epic or you know there's not any like incredibly out there shots and blah blah blah. it's again relatively simply made but phenomenally done like incredibly well done the use of obviously sign language and and um i think that is 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 brilliant and we spoke about the part where you know, Troy quotes her as the dad. You know, listening to his his daughter sing by by by, you know, feeling her vocal cords. It's phenomenal. I think I I think I cried like three times, and I and I'm you know how strong I am. You know how much a macho man I am. You know what I mean? Like, and it's just it's just it was like I but but jokes aside, genuinely like if you've not watched this film, I I would. This is one of those that you, that you have to watch it. Like, if you've not watched it, like, I, I, I genuinely, genuinely, genuinely say go watch it as soon as you can. Sit down and watch it. It's unbelievable. Unbelievable. Um, Todd, thoughts? Yeah, I knew nothing about it. And I didn't even know it was a film. I didn't know it existed until we went into this and, and started ticking them off. And I'm so pleased I watched it. Like, again, spoiler alert, for me, it it is up there with one of the best I've watched this year. Um. Uh, on you know uh, Ben from Skip to the End once described uh, what was it, Cool Runnings as saccharine shite and I've never heard a film be called saccharine shite before um, 
And this, I believe, I listened to that podcast. Absolutely ridiculous. But like, this film could have been in that sort of category of Sacker and Shite. Like, it could have fallen down that very easily. And reading the synopsis, like, I understand why some people would look at it. The people who were calling this Oscar bait, like, in all seriousness, like, who were going, it's shit because it's Oscar bait, haven't watched the film. Mm-hmm. And like, I haven't watched the YouTube sorry, just, clips. Yeah, and seen. <laughs> Them and Kristen Stewart, shake. Anyway, uh, yeah, like, for me, if they'd made a film about a boy who can hear, who wants to go to college but can't because it's been done. So that's why it's not as... This is new, this is fresh. It's not Oscar bit because they're deaf, because, like, we have seen films that have... I don't know if this is the the right term, but, like, have played on a disability, Mm -hmm. have played on a a certain aspect of somebody's life to... to, um, to manipulate people's feelings in order to win an Oscar. This doesn't manipulate anybody's feelings. It shows a real family. Obviously, like, I know they're not, but, like, it shows a family who were going through this hardship of, of you know, being the child of a deaf adult. And also, like, the fact that, like, this isn't nominated in more categories, that it isn't up there, is for me, is the most ridiculous thing. I will be a, a believer that Amelia Jones was... is up there with sort of Jessica Chastain for me. I know that's a big, I know it's big, but I look agree. at who else, you know, can't find anybody else to, to be up there. So yeah, that the quarter was phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Just amazing. Just, just on one more note, I guess like about that, like we're talking about supporting actor as a weak category. Uh, even our teacher, Eugenio Derbez, the actor. Yeah. Yeah. He was excellent. Uh-huh. In this. Like, obviously a bit over the top and funny and stuff, but I thought he really like every scene he was in, he stole and not in like, yeah, in a comical way, but like in a serious way as well. It was him that that pu- pushed her on and stuff mm-hmm. like that, and and I thought he was excellent as well. That's a fantastic show, actually. That's one I, I totally even forgot about. But yeah, you're absolutely yeah. right. You're absolutely right. He he was brilliant, absolutely brilliant. And and uh, and as you say, stole every scene, not in a hammy way, not in a hammy way, but like he was, you know, brilliant. He's um, he's kind of he's kind of like like not your stereotypical either, but just like over the top like obviously he'd he'd uh graduated from berkeley mm-hmm. himself mm-hmm. like just a very passionate like creative art type creative man you know yeah. what i mean like it was just bursting out the seams with this creativity similar to uh, obviously not to the same extent but as garfield and tick tick boom like mm-hmm. just a very arty type who just was, was so passionate about what he what he was into and stuff and wanted to pass that down obviously mm-hmm. to the next generation but only if they were keen and that's he, he was very harsh on her, I, I, but not in like a too overly harsh, but just like he, he was treating her to that way to kind of double check that she was ready for it, and and I think he prepared her for that. Fine, like the bit, he, one of the best bits that got, and one of the bits that got me was when she started signing the song. Yeah, she was singing the song, and then then she was signing it for her family as well. I thought that was really well done as well, and and I was going to say like subtly done, but like it was kind of in your face as well. But if it didn't click with you when you were you were just like oh she's just signing because like that's what she's been doing the whole film but you realise she's doing it because her family are up in the the gallery where they're not supposed to be or whatever um, very much saccharine shite but it's it's fine by me <laughs> yeah 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 it's good absolutely uh, right now the next one the next best picture don't look up now if you don't mind I'm gonna start off with this one. Um, the fact that it's nominated for best picture is a fucking travesty um i i think 
again we we kind of touched on Jennifer Lawrence. You know, is 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 um is pretty good and is is good in, in this movie actually. I I like what it's trying to say. I like what it's trying to do, but there is no fucking way that should be up for best picture. It's up for editing as well, which is a, a, an absolute joke. I do not know what is happening there. Um, one of the like in terms of the editing for this film, it was fucking dog shit. Um, in what way? Like there was there was things where it was like um skipping between uh scenes were was missing out parts. There's a a, a part I seen as well where it was like you know the dinner scene at the end, um it it goes between different characters and there's like so much um continuity errors just in that one. There's like four or five in literally like in uh one edit essentially, um. I, I need to find it because it's so fucking bad. Like, I, I I didn't know. Probably wouldn't have been as hard on it if I didn't see that video that that showed that. Um. But it's it's terrible, terrible. Um. A lot of the time it was like going between uh, like larger live actiony kind of shots of like you know big crowds and uh, things like that. It just for me it didn't. It shouldn't, it should not, again, it was a good film, I enjoyed it for what it was, I think there were some good performances, I think there were some funny bits in there, I liked what it was trying to say, but to be nominated for Best Picture, I just don't, I, 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 I don't know how it is, I do not know how it is, no idea. <laughs> Anyone else want to pick it up? Um, I, I loved it, like as a film, I loved it, and I sat at the, uh, so again, if you haven't seen it, I'm very sorry, but I'm going to ruin everything about the the film now. Um, but like basically, I sat and had me head in my hands because at the end, it's either the politicians win and nobody wants that because of how horrendous they've been the entire way through, or the world ends and no, no, I don't think anybody wants it. You know, as much as like so, and that weighing up, and I thought it was a really ballsy move to be like this is what happens if you don't do something like that was the sort of message i like the performances i thought it was a i I loved it i'll go back and watch it i will watch it again Uh, and it got like a sort of visceral reaction out of me i don't i don't think it's up there with you know belfast quarter i don't think it's up there with them but if drive my car has been nominated for best picture then i can kind of see do you know what i mean If, if it's a crop of what we're talking, I don't think it's it's like down here. Do you know what I mean? If this is where the majority of our pictures are that we talked about, it's 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 past the point. But I just I don't I don't know how it's been on it. But I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it for what it was. Um, I thought there was some amazing performances. I thought Jonah Hill was as Jonah Hill as he's ever gonna be. But again, this isn't for an Oscar chat. This is for Jonah Hill being a dickhead. Like, you know, I thought Meryl Streep as a bad guy was was a, how she, there. There's a nomination. Where's she at this year? Um, but yeah, I thought. Um, like I say, I I agree. I don't think it, it's a Best Picture nominee. I just think it was a a good film that I enjoyed a lot. But um, I wouldn't put it up there. Colin. I'm I'm very much in the same vein as you, Todd. I I loved it. I I watched it again today, actually. Um, it was like the last one that I rewatched it. That was like my fourth watch of it or whatever. I I thought it was class. And 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 to be honest, like as much as you're like criticizing it and rightfully so in, in your regard, Massey, like I loved that cut action like editing style. Like 
especially at the end when they were cutting to like all the different people like experiencing the comet in different ways it actually when i i watched it first and then i watched mitchell and the machines and i thought the way that that was edited obviously animated's different but the kind of over the top like silly stuff was, was very much reminiscent of this when i was watching mitchell versus the machines um i thought leo was class in it it's, it's weird to see leo play like yeah it was a serious role but he didn't play it seriously if that makes any sense like he just seemed to be having fun when he was when he was at it like he'd obviously put on a bit of weight for it like deliberately and he had this like funny little chin beard to start and then they trim that off when they go on tv and he's like this bumbling like nervous dude when they're on the tv and stuff and then kate blanchett's like trying to grab his dick and stuff like that and it's like oh no i i thought i i thought it was fantastic um and uh and yeah i've not i've not got too much to say about it um but i i thought i i i would say there's at least two other films that i would take out a best picture before this one so i i maybe not say that it's deserving of being there but i think there's ones that are less deserving so that's fair I, again you know i'm not saying i didn't like the film it's a very adam adam mckay mckay film like the yes. big short that sort of you know uh, uh that, well that's the thing like like it's sort of like so like the big short device to this yeah there's a continuity of a film style there for sure yeah, yeah. and it fucking hell it gets him back on track after anchorman 2 <laughs> in the campaign like I, I thought they're terrible films for him but they uh i know he didn't direct the, the campaign but he was involved in it yeah. um but for the last three of his films especially the big short in this i i thoroughly enjoyed and would recommend to anyone mm -hmm. and that's it you know I, I i thought it was it was okay i thought it was good I, like for what it is the fact it's in the best picture I, I i i don't agree with it i i, I did enjoy it to a point um and i think i probably maybe on a rewatch I'll, I'll pick up more bits and pieces to it that i will enjoy more you know thinking of it as more of like a a, a, a film just to chill and enjoy as opposed to thinking of it in like an oscar sort of way um but yeah no absolutely fair absolutely fair i think you know all our oh, mark are. rylance was really good as the tech guy yeah that, yeah 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 was that, he, was, that was but he, it felt to me he was just playing a parody of the boy that he played in uh, ready player one mm. like the really high yeah. pitched eighty voice and stuff yeah but i think that was like a deliberate choice but it made me laugh yeah i mm -hmm. think some of the performances were were very good um and again, thinking about it again, like the Leo sort of thing, like <laughs> I kind of forgot how good, good he was. It was just it. good to see Leo in a film that he's not like yeah. suave and hundred percent, like you know, going for it. You know, yeah. like no, that he was though he was phoning it in, but it was just it was a fun Leo performance. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Um, so the next film, uh, Drive My Car. Um, we've kind of touched on that a wee bit, haven't we? Um, yeah, I I really struggled with. It. I I it was a slog you know 40 minutes for a prologue um it just again there's some directorial stuff that i thought was pretty good um but i, I again i wouldn't have it up for best picture i think call you said a really important a really interesting thing there where you said if it was uh, if it wasn't a foreign language film then it would be you get nowhere near as much recognition as it as it does um unless unless it was like any 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 or s tier director and a cast mm -hmm. i don't the story in itself wasn't captivating enough yeah. i was more just watching it out of interest of i don't watch too many foreign language films mm -hmm. so it was more of like a like a 
like a like a novelty thing for me because it's just not something that I'm massively into, you know. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, three hours, and I felt every second that three hours. To be honest, um, it was, it was. I wish it was fifty nine minutes. Like, yeah, yeah, totally. (laughs) (laughs) Todd, I've I've got nothing to add to it. I've got nothing. It was it was a slog. It won't be anything I'll be revisiting. I don't. Without sounding too sort of like morose about it, it just it was painful for me. Um, and I'm sure it's, there's some people who will get something out of it, but nothing I'll be revisiting. Fair, fair. Uh, next one is uh, June. Collie, do you want to take some choice stars? Uh, yeah, sure. I mean, uh, Danny Villeneuve, I think I, I wasn't not allowed not to speak about him earlier, but like the guy... <laughs> Is a master of his trade, and, and, and yet again, I think this is an absolute hit of the park. Uh, the guy, for like how many films now? Four or five films in a row, hasn't done, hasn't misstepped at all, and, and all, you know, kind of steam ahead for part two. Um, I thought the cast of uh, Timothy Chalamet, who, by the way, was really good in Don't mm-hmm. Look Up as well, worth mentioning yeah. his little bit part, and that was quite good. I remember it's the bit when he's like, "Does he ask her to get married?" I think it is. And he's like, "He's like, oh, um, can I get uh, can I get vulnerable in the back of your car or something like that?" He was just funny in that regard because I I rewatched Don't Look Up in June this morning, um, so it was weird seeing obviously him juxtap- uh, juxtaposed and uh, juxtaposed in uh, both of those roles. Um, but yeah, sorry, back to June. Just like it's the massive space opera that the book and the the original film are and is or whatever term that should be and Villeneuve's kind of brought it more into like a serious tone but it's still like all the you know the over the top drama of these two families that are of, of are, are warring and the emperor is you know wanting to wipe out one of the families so what he does is he gives them this planet and then gets the other family to go in and kill them because he they're a threat to his power it's just like there's a there's a reason there's a reason that george lucas was so heavily influenced by the original dune novel to make star wars and and when you see this there's probably people out there that that are probably like oh this is just like fucking star wars well it's it's the other way around it's star wars that was influenced by dune in the first place so um thoroughly enjoyed it um worthy best picture nominee um Kinda disappointed to see Villeneuve not nominated. Um, not to say that he would win it per se, but like the man needs to be cherished and held tightly because of how talented he is. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't have too much to say. Like, I just I love this film. I thought it was it lived up to my expectations, and as I've said with quite a few films, they were high going in, mm-hmm. and, and and they surpassed them to be honest. So have either you read the book or watched the original? Original film, never read the book. Okay. Have you, Todd? Neither, no, no, never read it. Never so I'm the same it. as you, Todd. I've, I've, I haven't, you know, I've always heard about the film, the original film, and and, and there was a book. I was actually spoke to a workmate before it came out, and he said that his dad loved the book, um, and loved the original film, so I was really looking forward to coming out. And this is before I was kind of like, you know, kind of fussed before I even started doing this, um, sort of thing. Um, I, so I, I have, I have, I have the book on Audible, um, and I'm hoping to try and listen to it between now and and the second part coming out. Mm, absolutely, absolutely um so going into it i kind of didn't have much expectations i just knew it was denis villeneuve and um and uh, you know i enjoy a lot of all the stuff he's done actually i really thoroughly enjoyed um so that was kind of 
my entry into it. I, blown away by it. I thought it was unbelievable. I thought that, you know, the whole cast was great. We talk about um, Javier Bardem being, in, being the Ricardos, but his, you know, even just his understated kind of, uh, or, or smaller part in this, um, he was very interesting to watch. Zendaya, I'll watch anything she's in. She's fucking brilliant. Um, Timothy Chalamet, yeah, absolutely thought he was spot on. Oscar Isaac, though, he's a boy. Like, absolutely a boy. Like, I love that man. And I can't wait for Moon Knight coming out, obviously. Um, if only someone does a podcast about it, that'd be great. Um, but yeah, I was totally blown away by it. And I really can't wait for part two. And of course, um, my other Bay Florence Pugh, has just been cast in it as well. Um, so that's a massive tick for me again. I loved it. Absolutely, absolutely loved it. Um, yeah. And again, I, I think Villeneuve should definitely be in the best director. I mean, looking at the, at the list over Hamaguchi, like at least, you know what I mean? Um, so, yeah, brilliant film. Brilliant film. Blew me away. Todd. Yeah, uh, not not to not to tread over any, any ground that we've already covered, but uh, Rebecca Ferguson was was like she is for me one of one of the best that that are that are in the business at the minute dr sleep and you know she she nails it every single time jason momoa coming in there's jason momoa and josh brolin josh brolin <laughs> like they're, they're they're similar sort of like do you know what i mean the the player but... sort of no, i'll let you finish first then i'll, I'll uh, on. the other one the other one who i'm like a massive sort of champion of is um i, I, I struggle with his name but uh david that's that's Malian, that's Malian, who was like a polka dot man in the Suicide Squad. Oh, yeah, he was, uh, he, he was, was the kind of priest guy. Yeah, in this. yeah, yeah. Yeah, the sniveling kind of almost like um, not orchestrator, but he was kind of pulling the strings in the in the background, and I thought he did an amazing job. Like, like I say, I'm not going to go back over what you've said because. We, you know, we're just saying the same stuff, at the minute, <laughs> but it was just phenomenal. And these people were like, "Ah, oh, it, it's a two part. I'd rather it be two, three parts, whatever it's going to be." And get as much out of it as possible, and then try and clash through and fit it into a three-hour film. That's not gonna, it's not gonna work. Um, yeah, go on, Collie. Sorry, what were you gonna say? It was just, I was just saying that Javier Bardem's bit part in this was better than any of his yeah. part in. Uh, <laughs> yes, exactly. Uh, I, I thought I've seen it like it was kind of like a, a bit of like a bit of comedy in what's a very serious film which is when he walks in he spits on the table yeah <laughs> yeah and, and then it's quickly explained by Jason Momoa because he's lived with him for x amount of time or whatever he's like oh thank you for the gift of hydration or the water from your body and stuff because that's that's like you know besides spice the second a commodity biggest on the, on, yeah. the, on the planet sort of thing so you just go yeah. in like why is he coming and spitting he's like oh thank you for obviously <laughs> And then they're all just fucking gauzing on the table. <laughs> but no, fantastic. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, next one is uh, King Richard, which again, we've kind of, uh, we, we kind of discussed a wee bit when we were talking about Officer Will Smith and, and um, on Janu Ellis as well. Um, but in terms of best picture, Todd? Yeah, um, yeah, again, it was a surprise for me, but, and you know, we talked about how good Will Smith is and that he, he was playing like, our character, he was playing this character. You've got Anjanou Ellis who, who bounced off him and he bounced off perfectly. The two girls are amazing. The entire family is a unit though, like when they're singing and supporting and stuff, um, were, were, were amazing. And it was one of those films, I, again, when I say about Spencer and how I, I'm not fussed about the royal family, I, think I couldn't care less about tennis. Mm -hmm. I couldn't, I don't understand anyway. Couldn't care less. And yet, it gripped me from start to finish that I was 
I was interested in this whole stance thing. You know, when he's talking about, like, with that first trainer, when he's on about the open stance, and then, yeah, you know that open stance? I taught them how to do that. Like, I'm there going, yeah, yeah, I see the open stance. Like, do you know, it, it was just, it, it was... Uh, I'm not. I'm not going to be an analyst. I'll promise. But yeah, it was. Um, it was amazing. It was fantastic, and it was. I think more so because it was a surprise mm-hmm. and like a kind of thank Christ that he's actually shown what he can do was for for Will Smith. Um, yeah. So, Collie. Yeah. Again, like Todd summarised it pretty well there. Um, a return to form. A return to form for for Will Smith. Um, was was the most impressive thing about this, but I think like the the cast from him down was really really good. Um, John Bernthal was class as the coach, um, and uh, and yeah, like like just some of the ensemble cast, like the the young girls that you've never seen before. Hopefully, they can come up through um, other films uh, over the next few years and show what they're capable of. I thought, I thought. Uh, I thought all all of their daughters were really good. Actually, I know a lot. Uh, a few of them didn't get like their individual screen time or whatever. But I, I thought it was a really, really well made film, and and yeah, hopefully, hopefully, a vehicle that Will Smith now in like not necessarily like the twilight of his career, but like you know, obviously he's, he's an older guy now. I don't I don't know his actual age, but he, he's he's got a chance now to kind of put a cherry on top of what's been a very. Um, successful career I guess mm-hmm. he's done a lot he's made a lot of money um, maybe not acted at the kind of the chops that he could have done but now's his chance more than any to to go he's only 53 he's only 53 he's not even that old you know what I mean so now's the chance for him and, and, and I've got high hopes after after King Richard so mm-hmm. absolutely absolutely um, and I think as well one of the things it, it did really well you know Todd you're saying there yourself um, you don't really care for tennis I'm, I'm exactly the same as you um, I don't. I, I couldn't give a fuck about that game, um, but it blended it well. The 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 family drama side of it and the sports side, because at the end of the day, tennis is a massive part of their lives, um, which you know. So you, you it's gonna have tennis stuff in it, um, but I thought it made it engaging enough that we weren't just sitting for two hours watching, you know, this boring game play out, um, a rally of whatever the fuck they do in tennis um and i th- i i thought it was it was really uh, phenomenally um well-made film and again like yourself Collie, it was a surprise um i i didn't expect it to be as um as good as it was um so uh, yeah yeah definitely a very very good film um and a worthy best picture nom um in my eyes mm-hmm. okay doke uh moving on next we have licorice pizza up for best picture um Todd, do you want to start us off? Yeah, I, I'll be really brief with this because I think when we were talking about director and and mm-hmm. talking about like the the lead performances from from Alana Heim and um, Hoffman, uh, sorry, forgot Cooper. his name, but Cooper Hoffman, thank you. Um, like for me, that was uh, you know Paul Thomas Anderson's got the the e ret, he's got the set, and he's got that spot on. What he needed was two leads to carry the film, and everybody around them does does an amazing job. Uh, your man from from Seven Psychopaths with the rabbit, uh, I can't remember his name, but I thought he was excellent in it. Um, but like I say, it just there was this kind of like um, it was it was almost like a slice of life is how I would describe it. There wasn't um, a particular sort of storyline. There wasn't a sort of a, a a villain or any sort of conflict. Or it was just. 
here is this young couple of friends or whatever they are in their life at that time it could be shite and it wasn't it was the exact opposite like it just drew you in through them two um and again when we talk and best picture um we're gonna talk uh, when we talk about nightmare alley it, it's weird because i loved it not best picture licorice pizza is, is a fair a fair crack at best picture most mm. definitely absolutely yeah. i think you know it's it's funny you said there's not really like a story or such as like conflict or there was a wee bit of conflict with uh bradley cooper's character who i thought was, <laughs> was oh good. yeah was so good. funny um <laughs> even just the part where they talk about barbara streisand uh mm. is like streisand <laughs> you know that's like bradley cooper's brilliant that camera <laughs> when they have, have done the the bed and it starts like pissing out water and stuff and then they go down the hill and and he's yeah, yeah, up yeah. back up <laughs> so a few times they go back and forward to his house and brilliant and then and then of course uh, having to reverse all the way back down the hill when they run out of gas and uh, that was that whole sequence from meeting bradley cooper to uh you know because we actually see him when she's sitting on the uh the curb we see him in the background there's like you see him run past he smashed a window and there's two girls that walk past he falls them and stuff so you know just up until that like that i i thought that was like phenomenally made uh and, and such a, a great part of the of the film but overall it was it was a really really good film i completely agree um of course i just anchored by alana heim and cooper hoffman um yeah very very good um collie I kind of like wax lyrical about it when we were um, when we were talking about uh, Paul Thomas Anderson as a director and stuff. Mm. I, I think like Todd's analogy of the will they won't they is really good, and you get that from the first conversation they have when they're in that line, and he's just giving her like all this chat, <laughs> and she's just walking along like not wanting to listen to him and stuff, and they kind of they get closest friends, they go apart, like a bit of conflict between them two. And then, like, I, I just, it's kind of like a cliche scene of them, like, run, like oh, we went to the wrong place, and oh, no, like, they were star-crossed lovers, and, and then they meet each other at the end, and then it's when they, like, slip. I yeah. just, uh, I, I kind of, like, not expected it, because obviously, oh, you know, like, I've seen it coming sort of thing, but, like, it just made me burst out laughing, because I was like, that is just typical to to their relationship, that they're just kind of, they're in line, but they're, like, just out of sync you know mm -hmm. what i mean and i thought the fact that they run into each other and fall over was just like ideal for that um so yeah I, I, completely worthy of the best picture nomination and if it wasn't for um <laughs> can i ban that guy uh if it wasn't for a couple of the stronger ones in the category that will obviously summarize at the end um this would be like by far and away my uh my number one choice this is again this is going to be one that i'm going to watch for years mm -hmm. especially if i go on like a binge of paul thomas anderson it's going to be probably one of the ones that i leave till like second last maybe mm -hmm. absolutely absolutely um okay so uh a film that we've kind of only touched on not as much as the others really um nightmare alley um todd do you want to start us nightmare alley uh, yeah yeah so um like this is one i can't wait to watch again like i'm very excited to get back into it um, I know I said about the cinematography being samey like uh, American Horror Story, the film type thing, but in terms of um, you know uh, Bradley Cooper, uh, into I, I don't know the last name, I've forgotten the name. Sorry, um, 
but like the cast in general, just the cast in general, did a phenomenal job, did an amazing job. I thought uh, as soon as uh, you saw Willem Dafoe's sort of shadow of his face, you knew it was him, and I was just like, right, we're in for a, we're in for a good one. Um, I don't think it's best picture worthy. I d- at all. I love the I love the noir style. I love the sort of noir thriller crap. I love all of that. Uh, and like I say, I'm a I'm a big champion for Guillermo del Toro. I think he does a lot really well. But I just think in terms of like, it'll be a film that I'll stick on and I'll really enjoy watching over and over again, time and time again. Like Crimson Peak, like The Shape of Water, like Pan's Labyrinth. They all have that so- similar sort of feel to them. It's not best picture though for me. Um, it was just a really good film that I'll 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 watch again. Collie. On the inverse, I will not watch this film again. <laughs> I, I I really liked El Toro. I just find like Shape of Water was was really good, but on the on the other side of that, and and now like Crimson Peak and uh, Nightmare Alley, just wanky to me, like. <laughs> So much like style over substance, and I'll, I'll pause for a second. That's okay. Thanks, thanks, Dax. Dax, welcome in. Thanks so much for the raid. How are we doing? How's things? Um, Collie, thanks so much. I thought that's what you're doing. Um, Dax, thank you so much for the raid. How's things? Um, apologies, guys. Uh, I have a different, um, oh, there we go. Perfect. I have a different uh overlay for today's stream, um, so it doesn't have my normal, um, Alan Partridge or um, John Cena music. So um, welcome in, welcome in. How are we doing? Guys, if you don't know me, my name is Martin Three. I'm here with my um, good friends, Collective Unit, who you obviously will know from uh, Tins and Gins, um, and Mr. Got Red On You, aka Todd, um, who you won't know because he's irrelevant. Um, I'm joking. We love Todd here. We love Todd here. Um, I'm off. <laughs> Sorry for fucking hours for that. Um but um but yes, how was your stream? I know you you were doing just chatting, uh talking about I believe you know the is it the month that Dak's been doing for the um A week uh, St. A Patrick's week. Day till um till Sunday this week. A week of the um of the, the fundraising. So um I really hope that's gone well, um that, that fundraising uh for the week. Um, but welcome in. If you don't know me, my, my name is Mass Night No Three. I am a, a, a Scottish streamer um, from a, a, a cold, wet, windy place north northeast. Not also northwest there. Not from that way. Uh, northeast Scotland. Um, we normally I normally do two meter Tuesdays and then either Apex or two meter two meter on Thursdays. But um, we have done a couple of things. We did clip that uh, on Friday, and we're now doing our Oscars chat um, just now, which we're actually getting towards the end of. We're actually talking about the best picture, um, and we are kind of firing through that. Um, but Chris, welcome in, uh, Dax again. Thank you so much for for the raid. I really really appreciate it. Um, Princess Zul, welcome in. Welcome in. How are you? Um, Snez, enjoy enjoy your sleep, dude. And who's the ugly dude in the top left? Um, I don't see an ugly dude in the top left. It's me, Beardy. It was me all along. It's a handsome good night, man. Good night, Snez. Hi, Chris. Hi, Princess. <laughs> Hi, Beardy. How are you? Yeah, Dax was just running through his um, his goals and his progress on his charity thing. I think he'll have, uh, I think he'll have dipped off. Um, of course, I know. I know on your behalf, we're very appreciative of the raid. Hey, Nantrol. Absolutely, absolutely. Nantrol, thank you so much for the follow. How are you? How's things? How's things? Um, so Lord, I think Lord Bong Ron, welcome. I think Collie were um, just chatting about Nightmare Alley, right? Yeah, so I I am a Del Toro fan to an extent, I'll say. Um, but like I said, with Crimson Peak and this, it's just it's far too much style over substance for me. I thought Bradley Cooper was really good. 
in the main role. Um, I thought I thought he did well, but yeah, like 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 I say, like it's weird when you look back through his discography. Um, from the likes of like Blade Two to Hellboy to Pan's Labyrinth, like it's 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 almost a perfect run. I, I just Crimson Peak and this for me were just a bit meh. Um, so this was one of the ones that I would have dropped from Best Picture before I would consider dropping um, Don't Look Up, for example. Um, but if if you're if you're a Del Toro fan, then you know it's it's right up your alley. Um, <laughs> like it. unintended. I, I didn't even mean that. I didn't even mean that. Like legit. Um, but I would, I would highly recommend it. I think, like, in terms of... I don't know if it was nominated for, you know, like, set design and, and all that kind of stuff, but stylistically, uh, in the neo-noir aspect of it and the kind of... We were talking about earlier um, with the cinematography uh, aspect of the, the whole fun fair freak show kind of thing. I thought that was really well filmed. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's, one that, it's one that I would recommend people check out, but I, I, I just won't be in a rush to watch it again. I, I totally agree with you, Collie. Completely agree with you. I I, I love some of the Toro stuff. You know, Pan's Labyrinth for me is is an unbelievable film, uh, a genuine masterpiece. Um, this one, as I kind of said, and as you just said there as well, technically, um, oh my goodness, oh my goodness. Um, sorry guys. Uh, Rach, Rach, thank you so much for the for the raid. How are we doing today? How's things? Um, playing some Horizon. How is Horizon? How's it going? Just finished it. We just finished it. Oh my goodness. Yeah. I know you finished it as well, Collie, haven't you? Um Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Excellent. Well, I hope it was really good, Rach. I hope it was um exactly what you expected or even better. Um but welcome in guys. Um for the people who do not know me and my channel, my name is Massinet03. I am a Scottish streamer um from Northeast Scotland. Uh, I normally do two meter Tuesdays or and then two meter or apex thursdays depending how i feel um but this week we've done clip that on on uh, friday which of course um both rage and dax have been on previous for um episodes of clip that but just now we're doing our oscar stream where i'm here with of course collect unit who again most of you guys will probably know and todd um who's down here who of course i wish you know as well because todd is, is a great guy um, and it's completely relevant. And it's completely relevant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, we are five hours in, or no, 5.20 in, um, and we are just coming towards the end of it. We're just going through the best picture now. Um, this will be going up on YouTube, of course, as well. So if you, in fact, let me just do socials. If you want to give my YouTube a, a sub, um, you can obviously listen to the whole thing um, at your own pace. Um, you know, it will be a VOD, but I think sometimes YouTube is a bit easier um, to kind of go through. So feel free to um, to do that. Um, Horizon, very good. Thoroughly enjoyed everyone. Excellent. I'm really glad to hear that, Rach. I know I, I, I'm not a PlayStation player, so I've not played either Horizon, of course. Um, but I know, Collie, you hold at least the first one. In, in... You can play Zero Dawn on PC. Of course you can. It's a good shout. And that's the one you hold in, obviously, very high regard as favourite game of all time or one of favourite games of all time. I know My favourite Paul... game of all time. Excellent. I know, Todd, you've played both both um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah 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 so um excellent excellent um rq welcome in pack of rats thank you can listen to it in two times speed absolutely if you wish if you wish if you wish um it might be well for todd it'll be same sort of pitch wouldn't it um it's a normal talking voice but for me and call it maybe a bit higher um I have a distinguished voice <laughs> um so yes night nightmare alley um yeah, I think technically it's, it's a good film. I, I do like some of... I do like Del Toro. Um, but yeah, same with yourself, Collie. I think in terms of Best Picture, 
it will be it wouldn't be up there for for me um this the second half the two years later kind of thing as as, as i've kind of said i felt was a bit stronger than the first kind of part uh but um yeah it wouldn't, wouldn't be in the best picture for me uh next one is the power of the dog college you want to kick us off yeah sure um so this will be how many times have we spoke about this <laughs> one two three four five six of the seven categories that we chose we've talked about this so we've, we've covered it pretty extensively um it's it, it's nominated for 12 mm -hmm. um 12 oscars total and and it must be the front runner for for most most of them um minus maybe the supporting cast that we're talking about um uh, sorry not a supporting cast what was it we were talking about before it was the cumberbatch for me like was yeah. was bested by a few um but it's it's, it's certainly up there it's certainly a top contender for the best picture award it's the culmination of you know amazing cinematography the casting was really good the direction um the score uh every, everything kind of just comes together to form like what's probably it's, it's considered quite a controversial film uh i can't remember his name it's the guy that's in big lebowski yeah um sam, sam elliott sam elliott Sam yeah. Elliott to yeah. come out and be like it's a disgrace to cowboys <laughs> um, says the man who's acted as a cowboy in a couple of films and that's about it I don't think he's an actual cowboy No. Um, but stuff like that just makes me enjoy films the more uh, if it's triggering people like that um, I think it was a very bold choice some of the stuff with the son and Cumberbatch the underlying um, sexuality questions uh, I think to be honest like the Cumberbatch side of things for that would, would it alters the film, but not like completely alters it. So it's one of those ones that it could do without it. Mm -hmm. But I think it's just like another little kind of thing behind the veil of him as to why he's so insecure, why he's so nasty, why he's so cruel, especially to the son, because he can see obviously himself in him uh, with, with a kind of, you know, maybe he's probably almost jealous of, of, of the boy because the boy's a bit more comfortable in his own skin than him. Mm -hmm. He's not having to hide in the woods or anything like that and, and, and hide behind that kind of tough guy exterior. Um, so yeah, for me, I, I'd highly, highly recommend everyone check out this uh, this film as well. Um, hopefully it does, maybe not a clean sweep, but I, I'm sure it'll clear up quite a lot of those 12 awards, like I was saying. Uh, and yeah, that's pretty much my summary of it. Like I say, we've covered it in every section <laughs> apart from one, uh, yeah. which is the animated one. So. Absolutely. Uh, Todd? Yeah, we can't really cover a lot more. It's, it's stuck to the life. And when Jesse Plemons, who, like I said, I've, we've watched him, and he's he, he's an amazing actor, when he's one of the, like, not weak because he's not bad in any straight under any sort of uh, imagination, but when he's one of the weaker ones out of it. Um, it yeah, it, it's looked at for a reason. It's nominated for a reason. Did he say 12 times? He said 12. Yeah. Like, it, 12 awards, yeah. Well, it's it's up there for that reason, and it is just it's one of those films that's like it's a proper slow burner, but a like uh, not a drive my car, drive my car <laughs> three hour let's I, let's have a sleep and then still be in the same place we were two hours later. Three like slow burner, it's tense and it like it works. Um, I, I'm the same as Collie, go and watch it even if it doesn't seem like your cup of tea because it's it's worth watching. Yep, I mean when I first watched it, like I. I 
so I actually watched it like I, I, sometimes I, I watch films down the stairs it's a bit further away from the TV it's just so that if it's always like doing something I can stay with dogs and stuff like that and I watched it there and the more we've talked about it the more I think I need to watch it up here so I can sit like literally on my sofa and have the big TV and I can actually fully immerse myself in it um, especially with having the series S now which upscales it to 4k and stuff I think because the TV downstairs doesn't do that <laughs> I really think I need to do that again because when I first watched it I was like yeah you know this is really good it's I, I didn't feel it was like mind-blowing um but the more we talk about it the more I think about it the more I'm like actually you know something there's like there's so much in that that I've taken away from it and I've not actually appreciated it as much um so I'd be really interested to, to watch that again um I, I do think again it's it's been nominated for 12 as you say 12 awards for a reason there's there's a reason that it's that it's so highly regarded this year um sometimes you get a run a sort of a picture that runs away with a, with a lot of it a, a, you know a sort of standout um it, it, most years actually you probably have one that's like a like, like a standout for for a lot of people and this seems to be it um so i think for me to talk about it as of how i feel about it now We'd almost do it a disservice without having watched it again on the on the big TV, um. So, I am going to leave everyone's, you know, everyone's kind of final impressions with what you guys have said, um. Because I'm gonna, I think I'm gonna watch it this week again uh, on the big TV and 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 properly give it the time and and the patience and stuff, um, as well. That's the bonus of discussing this. Like even like we were talking about, don't look up. Like prior to the couple of raids and stuff like that. Like. It's always good to like come in with your initial thoughts and then go away and just be like, oh well, you know, I'll maybe consider looking at it like that or whatever. Because um, the thing is, like next time I watch it, I'm going to be looking out for those mm-hmm. discrepancies and stuff like that. Even though like I thoroughly enjoyed the editing style and stuff, like caught in the new errors and stuff like that, like on a film that big shouldn't really be happening. Mm-hmm. So for the, like you say, for them for it then to be nominated for editing is quite ironic. But. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, okay, doke now we are going on to the last Best Picture nominee. Uh, and again, it's a film we've kind of spoken about in quite a bit of depth. Um, maybe not, you know, there's there's potentially some things that we may not have picked up on, but but it's West Side Story is, is the last um, Best Picture. Um, so, yeah, I'm just going to lead off with it. Again, we've spoken about the dire- uh, Steven Spielberg, the, obviously the director. Um, we've obviously spoken about the cinematography of it as well. Um I think one of the, a couple of things we haven't really spoken about as such or, or gone into depth about is the performances from everyone else. We know we've spoken about Ariana DeBose as well, who's obviously a big part of it and is, is you know, potentially winning Best Supporting Actress. Um, I'm not... Ansel Elgort, I can give or take him. Um, he's great in, in Baby Driver, but then he's... I feel like in other stuff, he's just... Just shy. Just... Just... <laughs> shy. Um... <laughs> I quite enjoyed him in this, even though his his singing style and, and stuff, and he seemed a, not bored, but he seemed a bit like kind of monotone at points. But I quite enjoyed him in this. I thought he was, he was pretty good. Um, the Maria is it Maria, isn't it? Um, she was phenomenal. I thought. Um, so the the obviously the, the lead actress in 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 that, um, the one who's opposite, uh, is Tony, isn't it? Tony Maria is that right, Colin? Tony Maria. Yeah, yeah. Um, I thought she was brilliant. I thought she was absolutely fantastic. And her and Ariana DeBose were were a great kind of, almost like a double act. Um, 
and 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 she her her singing her singing voice was 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 excellent um overall i thought i, I went in with very little expectations to west side story and i i i thought it was brilliant i thought it was really you know from from all sides of it i thought it was really really good and i kind of thinking about it i was like i don't know i'm gonna watch this again but then once more you know talking about it now i'm like you know actually i, I quite enjoyed like some of the songs and stuff and, and i'd like to go back and, and and kind of experience it from knowing what's going to happen so just kind of enjoying the journey as opposed to having to you know be thinking like oh we're just going to go blah 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 um so i, I actually it's, i think it's a very very good film very very good film from a lot of different aspects um collie of course you you know again we've kind of spoken about it, but you have seen the original um what's your take on west Side story as best picture yeah so just like on the ansel elgort thing i think he was really good in baby driver but that's because of the character he was having to play was a very introverted quiet guy and i thought in this he was pretty crap to be honest like the whole premise is that tony's this like former tough guy who's like seen the error of his ways and stuff like that and and with him like he's like oh almost like beat another gang member to death and i was like mate you can fucking even batter a fish you know like he, i i just he was just so unconvincing and and i guess i'm coming from a, a bit of a biased standpoint that the guy who plays tony in the original looks like he is a big like imposing right. guy whereas he's just not that um I, I did think rachel zegler was really good um as maria though i thought she was very strong um, not being invited to the the award ceremony, of course. I don't know if you guys seen that. No. Um, she's not she's not being invited. She got asked like what dress she was going to be wearing or something like that, and she was like, "I'll be sitting at home in my cottons and my what was it, my boyfriend's flannel or something like that." So was there a reason why? Or and they've not came out. So basically, and and it turns up that like it turns out, sorry, that it's the people in charge, people who. The film is not like so basically it's people behind west side story oh. have not invited her to, to the to the to the oscars like ansel elgort's going like i think a load of other folk are going but she <laughs> she isn't it only came out like the other day start of the week maybe tail end of last week it? very weird but no it, it, she was really good i thought that boy i mike faced feist played riff and um, the guy who yeah. uh I was mean. like the leader of the gang trying to get Tony to come back in. I was just looking at his IMDb there. He actually is breakthrough um, originating the role of Connor Murphy in the Broadway musical Dear Evan Hansen. Oh. Which is what you obviously spoke about earlier, Massey. So I'll mm. have to check that out. I thought he was really good. Um, and this was his first major film part. So hopefully looking forward to seeing him. Whether he sticks to, you know, more musical type roles or if he's going to branch out into, you know dramatical acting um we'll have to see but i thought i thought the whole ensemble cast was class um again cinematography brilliant musical numbers choreography brilliant um and and, and, a, and a very very fair homage to the to the original film from the 60s absolutely todd yeah like i just sum it up by like it's a testament to this film that it's not for me at all like it's not my cup of tea the the dance and the musical numbers aren't my type of thing and it's i would still say that it's like it's got to be up there as as one of the the best picture nominees it has to be and like i said about uh what was it uh was it director i think i think this will win best director i think it's um yeah it, it's it's phenomenally shot and brilliantly made like you say the the 
the cast, even like you know the gangs and things like that, the people who maybe don't get sort of their time in the spotlight, are still brilliant. Um, like objectively, it's a it's a fantastic film. It's just not something that I'll ever watch again. Um, uh, you know, it it it's just not my cup of tea. But it was it was brilliant, like as in technically. Um, yeah. So uh, again, something that's going to be hard to look past in what is in a night where we've talked about categories that have been less stacked. This is a a stack category with a couple of a uh, couple of turds thrown in. Absolutely. Just like Austin. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so, we have went through uh, all the best pictures. Uh, of course, we're now going to say uh, who we, th- or what we think, uh, sorry, what we want to win and what we think will win. So, um, Collie, we'll start with yourself. What do you want to win and what do you think will win the best picture? I want Coda to win and I think Power of the Dog will win. Todd? I'm exactly the same. I, I I am desperate for Coda to win, but I think Power of the Dog's too stacked not to. Okay, so with me, I'm going to go a bit slightly different. Um, Fuck off. I'm joking. I'm exactly the same as you guys. Absolutely. <laughs> same. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah I, I really want Coda to win, but I I, I think Power of the Dog's going to going to take it. Um, I never know. I never know with it with the recent surge and um, you know, the interest in Coda and stuff like that. Um, you never know. It could it could end up being what was it Moonlight and was it Moonlight and La La Land? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it could end up being that situation. I hope not. But yeah, no. I I think if if Coda wins, I will be. I I I think I'll be very very happy. Very 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 happy. Uh, I might even cry. Um, but we'll see. <laughs> Stay up to watch the awards, Matthew. Uh, no, it's well past my bedtime. So actually, no. Your bedtime I, now. I know. But I'll be if it's Sunday night into in Monday morning. I'll be driving down to Edinburgh in the morning. So. Yeah. I'm not gonna stay up, but I will. I will catch it. Like I'll catch the highlights. I'll catch the uh, the key highlights of. Uh, Maybe of when Massey's back from his training, we'll do a recap. Yeah, mm-hmm. possibly. Twitter possibly. Or, yeah. or or on stream. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, well, that is us uh, having gone through all the Oscar stream. Um, five hours thirty-four boys. Um, wow. <laughs> I said to Zoe today, I was like, "Oh yeah, it'll be, it'll be definitely under five hours. Be be quicker than clip that." Um. To be fair, even with the twenty minutes I wasn't here, would still be more than clip that. <laughs> so. you, can maybe, you can maybe um share the uh, the the checklist in Discord or something like that if people wanted to have a wee. I know it's obviously really close to the ceremony, but I, th- I think if you just uploaded that into a section of the Discord, if people wanted to even just check off what they've um what they've watched so far, or if they want to watch in the future, I think it'd be a good idea. Um. I've got a, a, my my Discord's not as as like active and stuff. Um, you've got a movies thing in your yeah, you can share it in yeah, that if you want. There, yeah, perfect. I'll do that. Um, yeah, I'll pop in the blank one because I've got one for myself. That obviously, I've been taking off, but I've got a blank one as well. So I'll fire that into. That's the, what I mean. I just a yeah, blank one would be yeah, class. Yeah, totally. I've because I've, I've highlighted mine from when I was watching them, and then obviously I filled in stuff today from when we've been doing the picks. Yeah, totally, totally. Um, guys, anything else you'd like to add? No, no. Well, thanks, thanks so much for this idea. I thought it was class. Mm-hmm. I, again, we kind of talked on it after the break, after the wee break, being like, you know, love to do this in the future, whether that's Oscars next year or, or more or, or sooner. I reckon do like you know a director spotlight, an actor spotlight, something like that. Pick a, a even just a film each, if mm-hmm. ever were to keep it short or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, do like something on Nolan or or anything like that. That would be class. Absolutely, I'm I'm 
definitely keen for that. But again, we'll we'll chat about off stream and stuff like that. So um, that sounds like if Max is not keen for it, I'm taking it as an idea instead. Then if he's not keen for it, if you, if you're if you're not able to do it, I'm saying me and Todd <laughs> will run away with it. <laughs> no, I mean I'm I'm 100 keen for it. Don't don't uh, run away without. Todd's me. given uh, up on the movie thing. I'm taking over, boys. All right? <laughs> <laughs> it's gone from one of the other. Your time, Colin. Yeah, Todd's just writing stuff in a notebook now, boys. He's a oh, lost cause. <laughs> <laughs> don't, knock, don't knock my book <laughs> is that rap like with wallpaper like you would do when you're uh, at school no it's uh what it was it uh matt matt Ferguson? it was something that vice press did it's supposed to be back to the future oh, cool. me, uh, i can see massey with his snide smile there be like mm, i use letterbox <laughs> i can give them a star rating i i've got the power of the world at my hand and i can pop anything <laughs> i want in this film uh, anyway anyway, anyway. <laughs> um right I will, uh, while you guys are here, I'll, I'll just quickly do a, um, I'll do the, the housekeeping, then we'll go for a quick raid. Um, so, uh, firstly, we had, uh, where did we go? Oh, yeah. We had Jamie with a sub, Mikey with a sub, Mikey giving a sub to Lorna, Snez on her bitties, Lids with a massive raid, Terry with a resub, Troop with a resub, Dax with a massive raid, Nantro with a follow, Jack Burton with a follow. Um, Rach with Master Raid as well and Beardy with a fall as well guys thank you so much I really really appreciate you guys I've had a great time um, I hope you guys have as well of course um, like Colly said we'll fire the checklist into his discord so um, uh, I don't have a link for your discord but I'm sure if you're here you probably have if you go to Colly's channel um, let me just do a Most folk are probably in there that will be yeah, yeah Todd is it the Back to the Future 2 Almanac yeah. Percy's asking so it's the uh, design for the hoverboard. Oh, nice. Interesting. Um, but of course, if we're not following uh, these two lovely guys, please do so. Um, that is their, uh, their Twitch is there. Um, but guys, thank you so much for today. I really, really appreciate it. We'll go and do a quick raid. Um, Wooded Cabbage is on, so we'll, uh, we'll go and... Uh, we'll Happy Boochage. Yeah, we'll go and give Wooded some, some love. So... Um, uh, let me just quickly do that. Um, weeded cabbage. As I say, I will pop this on uh, YouTube, so feel free to go and sub to YouTube, and um, and you can watch it on there. Um, but uh, but I've really really had a good time. I've really loved chatting about this. I really loved, of course, watching a lot of movies that I wouldn't have given the time of day beforehand. So um, it's been a very um, a very good uh, sort of. Uh, thing to do so thank you guys so much i really appreciate it thank you everyone that's been here watching chatting i love you all. streaming tomorrow uh i'm not streaming tomorrow no the next time we're streaming is, uh, we will stream we'll be able to stream next week so it'll be the week after so i'll be back in like two weeks pretty much so i know i know i'm sorry i'm sorry but guys thank you so much yes i am a shit bag that's the rain message thanks Arky. yes yeah absolutely um right see you later guys have a good one good night everyone good night